You lot. Episode 53 of Garage Hammer is about to start. The fat manling's got Chris Yu and the handsome manling Grant Veteran, along with the Phoenix Prince, to talk about Invasion Kenosha 4. So, if you're interested in an episode with guests who actually do well in tournaments, then you're welcome to stay. Now, shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome, welcome, welcome! To episode 53 of Garage Hammer. I am your host, David Whitek, and along with me today are special guest host, handsome man Grant Fetter. Uh, that's me. Uh, Yu Tang himself, Chris Yu, in the house. In the, his house. And, uh, of course, the Phoenix Prince is here with us today, too. All hail. I'm pretty sure by a good tournament players, the master engineer meant me. I think he meant Grant. And I, I know. I think he was making fun of me. Plus me. <laughs> yeah, I think he was mocking me. So mockery. Right. It works. Uh, let's see. So, um, you know what? Here, Grant, you're the special guest today. Could you uh, read this little part out under the under the welcome, welcome, welcome? As always, we need to take a minute to thank our sponsors, Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois, Game Preserve Stores located throughout Indiana, and Ursus Den, Custom Painting and Sculpting, and Battle Foam, protecting your... Okay, one is enough, one's enough. Sorry, I just licked this microphone. Uh, that's I think okay. You guys that's Christopher's microphone. He was not. He was. He was making uh, nasal noises. Ro- in it. Rocket chip noises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. So those are our sponsors. Episode fifty-three. Fifty-three. That's for me. me. It's you, Grant Harrison, and me. There's my. I didn't think of a song this time, folks. So I don't know. Shut up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for shame. <laughs> Um, second episode in a row, we have no shout-out. Apparently, Chris left the show and took all the shout-outs with him. So, come on, folks. I know I, I know it's just me, but, you know, we can use some shout-outs. We'd like to people to write in, and you can call out your gaming buddies. You could uh, promote your tournament, whatever you want to do. Maybe you should have a contest for the best shout-out. Or just give <laughs> us money. Or that, too. <laughs> A best shout-out shout-out? Best shout-out shout-out. I think the best shout-out is this one. Why? Because it's mine. Oh, great. Uh, okay. Uh, you know what? Let me give a quick uh, shout-out. It's not really a shout-out, but I wanted, did want to thank one last uh, sponsor, um, Lizardman Jeff and the Circle City Circuit. Uh, Circle City Circuit's not on right now. He used to sponsor the tournament, you know, what's a, you know local tournament update. Um, he's going to be on when the Circle City Circuit starts talking about that. But we, you know, kind of have we, like I said, you know, a bunch of episodes before we said we're gonna rather than, I mean, you know, all the local we have so many Midwest podcasts and they all talk about the upcoming tournaments. So unless it's something huge or someone asks us to mention it, I'm not gonna. The show's already four hours long. I don't need to mention <laughs> it all every tournament in the area because there's a ton of them. We don't go to many tournaments anyway. Oh well, hey, we do our best, and Grant and Chris go to a bunch actually, so. Uh, let's see. So no shout out. So, hey, let's uh, move on to the news and rumors section. What do you say? Ooh. <laughs> Spooky. Uh, actually, tell me, Dave. Tell me all about what's going on. Actually, it's really quiet except for 40K stuff. In the next two months from what I'm hearing, um, the box set should be coming out and the Chaos Legions book should be coming out, which makes sense because the Chaos Legions are in the box set and so you're going to want updated rules for them. 
Um, I'm hearing different things from my sources, which means what I saw on the internet. Um, <laughs> the interwebs. Uh, it may be as soon as August the that we get way. the box set and then September the book, or it may be vice versa, although I can't see putting out the book before the box set, having people run out and buy a bunch of stuff, and then coming out with the nice box set. Um, but So it, it's either going to be August and then September, or... For wh- which book? Uh, Chaos Legions. Oh, okay. So, the so Chaos, Chaos Legions, they're going to be releasing them all together? Is well, that... I, I think it's Chaos Space Marines, but it's they're also okay. going to... Just the Traitor hearing, Legions. Yeah, Traitor Legions. Will be, it won't just be Space Marines. It'll be, if you want to play Traitor Legions, the rules would be in there, too. That's what I'm oh, hearing. Oh, okay. All which, right. which would be really cool. Like the Emperor's Children. Yeah, I've heard, I saw rumors just today uh, about things going on in that chaos book you're going to see uh something similar to the eye of god's chart yeah i don't know if you oh, did, did you cool. read anything yeah. like that so like the warriors of chaos have their eye of god's chart their champions uh in well now that they can challenge are now going to have yeah are now, now going to challenge why not challenges that they can actually well and you know people chaos gods and now with the with the allies you can bring demons back into your list i would love that i like you know i played uh what I want to say, third to fourth edition, where Chaos Marines could bring demons. Uh-huh. And that was just amazing. I loved my my my, well, my I just like the, blood letters. Now that, that you charge. have now that you have allies, I've been reading the book and I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, the Force Org chart, if for anyone who knows what it is, I know you know Grant has stayed pretty much the same, except now you can take uh, one, the one thing that's been added is like you could take like a piece of terrain, like a, a bunker, or basically any of those, uh, you know man-made pieces of terrain that have anti-aircraft weaponry on it so that the fly- you have something that can defeat the flyers because you can only shoot at flyers if you have a rule that allows you to do it. So now there's an... So you can take that as a part of your army? Yes. There's points for, like, the Imperial Bastions and stuff so you can and then add on the anti-tank guns Ooh. so you can get a little defensive thing put in for yourself. I always really loved those. I, re- I, yeah. I had squats... You know, way back in the day, oh, and I had old the, school. Yeah, yeah. The, the thud gun. I I, I always <laughs> loved that anti aircraft. Dub dub the thumper. Dub dub the thumper. That was uh, that's, uh, way yep. different. But uh, have you guys heard any of uh, the Warriors of Chaos rumors? Because that's supposed to be on the horizon in terms of releases. Yeah, I haven't heard too much of the rumors because the rumor is just the only rumor I've heard is that it's going to be out before the end of the year, like or, you know October probably. Okay, I, I do have some rumors for the High Elf, the pending High Elf release. Oh, really? Really? Interesting. Yeah. Well, right, hot off the presses, right have, here. Have you heard when? That's the one thing. Early next year is what they're saying. Because I, I have heard, Phoenixes. I've heard demons for both both systems in like maybe January so this would probably be the next release after that maybe it could be uh, if you want to run through real quick yeah let's hear it let's hear it let's hear it excellent Uh, early next year is what they're saying Uh, the the book is rumored to have already been started but there's no indication of who the lead writer is currently okay um some things as far as the content of the book, uh, Imric, the special character, the the Dragon Prince, is rumored to return. Oh, that's Ooh. good. They uh, got the model. They're still selling the model. Right. Well, they think that that ties in with the popularity of the Calador novels depicting mass dragon combat. I, I haven't read them, so I couldn't say. Oh, they're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, they're talking about a new unit, uh, possibly plastic infantry that could triple for the archers, seaguard, or the spearmen. So you can pick which one you want to build. and One kit for archers, seaguard, or spearmen. Exactly makes, right. Makes it simple. Warriors. Yep. I like that. Just call them high elf warriors. Okay. Jack, jack of all trades, right? Um, there is a suggestion that there may be, a, may be a flying chariot, which would be interesting. Well, will it be able to fly or just hover? 
We'll have to find out. It's not, it's not no lame bat, so it'll probably fly. Oh, uh, that's why I'm still griping, man. Give me a give me a vampire FAQ. Errata that and fix the wording, bastard. So if it flies, then can it march? Well, that's what I'm saying. Good question. If, that's what if I'm it's saying. A chariot, probably not. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Will it fly or hover? Because the black coach, when it gets charged up, it gets fly. But, but it's, it's chariot. a chariot. So, so but then, march. but then, if it can't march, they should give it hover, which is you can fly but not march. That's an actual rule in the game. Be, hover okay means with that. flying without marching. So I'm, I'm saying either if if it's not supposed to be able to march, then just errat it and change the wording to hover because it's the same damn thing. And then there's no there's no debate. Just give it swift stride. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, the next thing is uh, Montrose Caval- Cavalry. I think it's obligatory for all dragon riders. Forward. I would yeah, love to see mini dragon riders. Is what they're saying. The mini dragon ba- riders baby could dragons. look awesome. Yeah, almost like the demigriffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give them those little vestigial wings that don't really. <laughs> They're not going to be little stumps. Well, I mean, just like little wings, you know, like Trogdor wings. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not enough to make you fly, but it's they're there. As they get bigger, maybe they will become flying dragon riders. But right now, they're dragon calf. That could be cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, they're also rumored. Trogdor calf. I like that. <laughs> Burn a name the dwarves. They get an extra. They get an extra attack from that big beefy arm coming out of the back <laughs> of the neck. <laughs> So both High Elves and Wood Elves are rumored to get a Tree Man, too. I don't Ooh. like that. High Elves getting a Tree Man? Why now, would the High Elves get a Tree Man? Someone was saying that somewhere in the fluff, they talk about High Elves on, having Tree Men on Ulthuan. Well, I mean, there's forests there, but are there Tree Men there? I mean, I, just, I don't know. I mean, I suppose they could be anywhere. If they're in one forest, they could be in another. I'm now, not sure to, what I think to, about that. I don't br- like it. To bring up the Mantic, because, <laughs> you know, Mantic has the Elves, and then they have the Twilight Kin, which is the Dark Elves. They don't have a Wood Elf army. Their elves have, on the old list, we'll see what the new book has, but on the, the, the second uh, iteration of the rules, they had a, uh, an equivalent of Dryads, Treekin, and Treemen. That's, that's Mantic. That's fine. But, but for Warhammer, I say keep them separate. Keep those tree-hugging hippies a- separate a- a- from the high elves. Don't knock on the wood elves. My point is... Knock on the wood elves. The only we reason don't live I, in RVs. <laughs> we live in spiraling The only towers. reason I would want to... The, High elves should have the dragons. Right. That should be their thing. It's, I don't even have a... My problem isn't with that. It's that that's the special thing for the Wood Elf Army. Why take away their cool special character and now give it to multiple armies? But yeah, I agree. Everybody's got a special thing. Why do that? They have forest dragons. Especially it breeds poison. You know, I mean, granted, you could use a couple more rare... Rare items in your slots, but why not a treeman? It could be anything else. Exactly, but come up with something else. Give me a, give me something cool. El- some cool. A riderless rare dragon. Riderless dragons would be riderless dragon would be cool. Oh, they're Rawr. talking about uh, dragon princes getting the option to ride dragons now instead of just cavalry. Oh, that would be okay. Well, that'd then, be cool. But uh, don't. Oh, but uh, they have the ones that. But they they're the. Aren't they the mages that know only the fire lord? Dragon mages. Dragon mages. But I'm talking about like fighty knights on top of dragons in a unit of like three or six. Oh, wow. That could be cool. Real dragons or the 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 little Trogdor dragons we were talking (laughs) about? Real actual dragons. Wow. Yeah. Not (laughs) not stumpy dragons. At only 50 bucks a model for the big dragons. (laughs) I think they're 55 now, right? Or maybe maybe we'll do 57.50 for two. (laughs) Yeah. So you can't actually take them. Well, if it's the new filth, you know I'm taking it because that's that's the way I roll. <laughs> I, I have no qualms so about taking it. So broken, I must take two. Uh, and then the last thing here is a, a new Everqueen sculpt, possibly uh, riding some kind of new critter. I would love to see the Everqueen and her court come back. I would love to see. I mean, the fluff behind it is so intrinsic 
as long as they can make it work. Because I know I see on eBay all the time people are selling the models. And, and they go like, for pretty plenty. Well, because they're hard to find. They go, they're they actually quite expensive. I actually bid on a couple and lost out because it was just too much money for a model that uh, I can't it, actually I play know. with. It, it depends on how they look, I, I suppose. An all-female regiment could look cool if they sculpted it right. I, I don't know. I, I, have, I have no worries about their... I mean, as, um, especially because the only times I have problems with those sculpts is when they do the, the, the really bad musculatures like on the like on the legs and arms of the minotaur and stuff yeah okay but I mean most of the female stuff that they I mean the, their infantry sculpts have all been really good lately the latest so, ones yeah yeah so if they're going to do a new sculpt for it as long as they're doing a new sculpt and not doing the eight because those are like 80s models sure. practically so as long as they don't just keep the 80s version of it I'm, op- I'm open to it I guess yeah right uh, so that's it for uh, high off rumors that's that's actually kind of cool. I didn't even see that. Thank you for bringing that. That's sure, fantastic. yeah, that's posted on Warseer for everyone to peruse. Oh, that's why I didn't see it. Um, hey, new releases. Uh, the Forge World new releases in the last two weeks have both been 40K. They put out uh, a new flyer, a new plane, and stuff like that. So uh, not much that I know about. Um, now, one of the new releases, Warpath, which is Mantic's uh, science fiction version um, the the rules on their website are still the 18-page little booklet that comes in all the box sets. But uh, if you're part of their mailing list, they send you, you know, their little MailChimp thing. MailChimp? That's okay. what it's, that's always signed by the MailChimp. It's like, you know, you cannot respond to it. It's just like their mass. Oh, okay. You know, if you want to sign up for their newsletter, they call it the MailChimp. Uh, Warpath's got a new set of rules, and it's amazingly different. And, in fact, Christopher, uh, you guys all remember Christopher Barnett, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> He came by today, and he brought me a set. He printed them up. It's going to be activation-based. Okay. So it's I activate a unit, you activate a unit. So it's not going to be full turn like the other games are. Normally activation-based, you know, I activate, you activate. In this, after the first activation, you can opt to continue activating more units, but it gets increasingly harder. Like there's modifiers to it. You have to roll to be able yeah, to do it or something Yeah, you have to roll like to that. see if you can do it. Uh, if you do it so, you know, you could, you could conceivably activate two or three units before, like, you know, I hit your unit, I don't quite wipe it out, I get it beat down, though. I could try to activate someone else closer out of sequence and just finish off the job. The problem is if you fail the roll, they've been activated, and basically their tur- that unit's turn is over. Like, you tried, it failed, they do nothing that turn. They're stuck. Yeah. So uh, that's just some of the little rules changes to Warpath, but the rule set has gotten bigger. I'm, I'm actually really kind of excited to, to give that game a, 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 a little bit more of a chance now, a little bit more of a try. So we'd have to use 40K minis for that, right? Yes. It's a futuristic. Well, and here's the thing. Christopher and I were talking about this before you guys got here with Mantic. It's kind of cool. I've never been a part. I've never... I mean, I came into, obviously, Warhammer. It's been well-established. All these games are pretty well-established. You know, Mantic had an alternative line, and then they came out with this rule set. And, I mean, literally, this rule set that they're shipping out from the Kickstarter that comes out this month or beginning of next month, this is the first real, like, we're done, this is our rule set. The stuff we've been playing for the last year has all been basically beta testing. And then, you know, we've been testing it and giving Mantic our feedback, and they've been adjusting it. And Warpath is doing the same thing. I mean, Warpath, even this set, only has a list. They have four armies that they've got models for now, but there's only two listed in here. And uh, they don't. They don't have a lot of models for this. So this is, I mean, this is complete beta testing, trying out a new game. It's, it's kind of neat. And apparently they're going, to kick, they're going to eventually do a Kickstarter for uh, Warpath. 
once they've got the rules tight enough and it's ready, they're going to do the same thing they did with Kings of War for Warpath to get their models out faster. Is this a system, Grant, that you would see yourself getting into, either the fantasy version or the futuristic version? I've considered getting into the Kings of War. We'll talk about in my hobby section. I've been painting some of the Mantic Dwarves, but... I, I haven't really considered. I mean, I know there's a big tournament going on at Adepticon for Kings of War. I, I guess I'm just kind of waiting to see if it really if it really catches on. Is is it the fla- not to not to sound negative about it, but is it kind of the flavor with the excitement around the Kickstarter and and with our local meta and a lot of people uh, using the alternative Mantic minis for Warhammer? Is it really going to catch on, or is it just going to be something that that kind of Flash well, the nice yeah. thing about it, though, is, I, like I said, I've been playing it, and Chris has been playing it, and, um, well, actually, you have an Abyssal Dwarf Army now, or at least parts of it, so you could play. The coolest thing with Mantic is if you want to try it out, because you don't remove models from the tray until the unit's broken, if you just remove the tray, you could literally just have a tray that's the right size with the right number of models and have a piece of paper saying, these are them, blah, 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 or have a couple models up front just to show what they are, and, and you could... Play Pro- test. Proxy it. Yeah, totally, but you don't even need a lot of models. Like, if you don't have a model for this, you get something similar. And could, as long as you've got the right size base. Couldn't you just use, like, cut-out blocks of wood that are labeled? Literally, yes. To break it down? I mean, if you really wanted to just go easy with it, like, uh, I, like if you wanted to play the elves, because you have the high elf army. Um, or even if you didn't. I mean, literally, you could take one of the GW, make your own movement trays with the 20 mil bases, cut it to the right size. And you didn't have to have any models on it. I mean, you could literally right. just have a name on it because there is no models being taken off. It's I, I've said it before, and I'll probably say it a bunch of more times. It it it, it looks it's like the, the rules are short, and it looks simple, and it looks like Warhammer Lite. It's totally not. It's a it's its own game. It's got its own strategies, and it's really clever. It's a lot of fun. But it's 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 really its own thing. I mean, there's just so many diff- There's so many differences. I, I'd be willing to try really it. My problem is, if I have time to play, it, it's going to be Warhammer. You know what and, I mean? And that's. I think that's how we all are. But this would be a fun one that you could do. A di- just a sure. different yeah, side I'd be game. Willing to try it. And like I said, I'm going to definitely. Christopher and I are both going to do the the tournament at Adepticon. Now that tournament's for a cash prize. Is that right? A grand. Uh, a grand for first do you place. Think that will make things more competitive, cutthroat, gamey. I'm wondering how, costs. you know, you, with you saying that uh, that doesn't really go hand-in-hand hand with a $1,000 prize or whatever the, the yeah, prize is. you can't is. play you loose know, like can't, that if there's pay. that much money on the line. Yeah, sure, whatever. I'll just, you know, throw away that $1,000. Just scooch the guys. I mean, it's not yeah, I just, I, I just think, you know, coming from a tournament-type background, it's it's those loose interpretation criticisms that Warhammer has. Right. So, well, um, there's, no, there's no loose interpretations of the rules, but it's just like, okay. I, th- if, I thought that was the point you were making. Oh, no, it, it, was wasn't, it wasn't. It's, it's just that it's, it's simpler in that, okay, if this happens, he's, it's just that sort of Alessio, you know what I'm saying, where if, if you can't agree, you know, look, if you can't agree, dice off on a four up, it's this, on a three, a one to three, it's that. There's, it, you could really see that mentality where he's, it's a very tight rule set. It really is a tight rule set, but it's not so complex that every little thing is... It's like, okay, if when you're playing, this might happen, and it can't be this way, so if it happens this way, then just fix Adjust. it. Adjust. Yeah, make the adjustments, 
And the adjustments are going to be so minor. Like I said, that one-inch rule, I mean, how close could you possibly be? And since it's model-to-model based, if you're moving trays or even closer, at least a half an inch away. So you're shuffling that model. Okay. See, that, that's a little You say that inch. now. You know, I could see it you know, being a casual thing, no big deal, play loose. But like Grant was saying, if a grand is on the line, it, it could be a game-altering quarter-inch. You know what I mean? Like then, all of a sudden, it doesn't become a game. It becomes this huge, you know, it's, serious it's, competition. It's possible, but I think with with their movement rules and the way things work, that quarter inch is not going to change things that much. Does it apply additional pressure to you to play the game at at such a high level, though? Like error free, mistake free, because of that cash prize? I think anytime you offer a huge cash prize, it's going to add pressure. I mean. You could play any game. I mean, any game at a depth yeah, of con- poker. You could play Blood Bowl. Could get really, you know. I mean, Blood Bowl is pretty cut and dry. But will that take away your enjoyment? Well, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna, <laughs> dude. Okay, that's let, what I'm let, let me at. put it this way. I've played the game a few times, and it is. It's it's kind of so straightforward. It is. It's, it's it's really a straightforward game. I don't. It sounds like there are fewer variables than there are in Warhammer as well, since you can't really and that, yeah, equip there is. each. Unit with all sorts of different types of equipment, and there's not really magic items. They've are actually magic they've, items? they've added magic items to the new game. I haven't seen all the new rules, but they've they've sent us a they emailed us a copy of like a a, like a, a, teaser? Sa- a teaser, and there are some magic items you can give to units or characters. Um, well, we'll have to play. It. Not I mean, game. Grant and I yeah. are giving voicing opinions here, not having not played the game. So true. We'll have to- Maybe if we don't talk about it, no one will show up, and then we'll win by default. Right. I win the thousand, though. Sorry, guys. (laughs) By default. Um, We'll have a demo day sometime. At some point, we'll get some lists together. Once I get the rule book, we can we'll we'll get it tried out. I'll have you guys over, and we'll we'll give it a shot. I mean, I'm I'm definitely willing to give it a shot because Mantic is, I mean, a huge supporter of Bits. They I use a lot of their figures. They're a great company, um, so I'm willing to support them. I, I just don't know if my your cast dwarf arm is mostly mostly uh, mostly Mantic dwarves. Yeah, yeah. it looked uh, really nice, by the way, for the 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 1600 point army in two weeks. It was really I liked it a lot. It looked thanks. really good. Did we talk about the um, the Forge World Bull Centaur release? Uh, when did they release that? Um, well, it, they... I mean, didn't that come out around the time that all the Castor stuff came out? No, the Bull Centaurs? I think that was like... No, oh, like no, 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 a week no. ago. Oh, oh that, well, they're not out yet. That's right. They're not out. We just... No, we didn't talk the about news them. and rumors. Yeah, I think this is still the news and rumors section, isn't it? Well, yeah. Mantic and then... The Mantic news. news. <laughs> yeah, we were doing <laughs> garage, garage Mantic. Oh, hell, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about that. I've totally forgot about that because that was like a week or so ago, and I haven't seen much other than the pictures. Yeah, that's really all I've seen, too, is the pictures. But I just, The models but, look great. They're, they're huge, Amazing. awesome models. But I just I have a problem with the 50 by 75 base. I Are don't we know. certain that they're 50 by 75? I mean, they that's, look that big. That's what, that's what it looks like. It's what uh, I think Ben Curry said it on one of the... Uh, on one of his daily shows, was that it was a fifty by seventy-five. I, I just—they don't get enough attacks for that size of a base. Two attacks plus a stomp. Two attacks plus a stomp. I mean, they—they they are tanks. I mean, they—they they really are tanks. And I mean, I found that out this weekend. I took a unit of four. I mean, they're tanks. So I mean, two up armor save, tough five. That's pretty heavy. Okay, that's not bad then. Yeah. But still, it's a—it's a huge frontage. They're going to get a lot of attacks back on them. They, it's a bull yeah. centaur. It's a bull with a giant dwarf on top of it. A giant dwarf? Really? Did you just say that? Do you realize a what you just said? A wide dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> 
a wide one. Thanks, Harrison. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I don't know. I, I think that's that's I know they shouldn't have to take those things into consideration, but things like um, uh, people well, who no, do want to use do. The, <laughs> when they want to use the old models, though, I think I think there's so many of those older models out there, and they're just going to look stupid on fifty by seventy five bases. Oh, because those models are smaller because they're made for the fifty they're, by. They're, they're made for cab they're made for bases. Cab bases. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and fifty Ugh. by seventy five is pretty darn big. They're going to be swimming in that. That's that big base, yeah. yeah. Isn't that kind of how the demigriffs look, though? They look pretty small for their bases. You know, in the pictures they do, but when you see them up close, they look okay. If you do the base nice, it's not that bad. It's not nearly as bad as people they do, said they, they were do. They do swim on those a little bit, though. I, I agree with you. They don't fill them like the Mornfang. Right. Know, well, I mean, nothing. I mean, that's part. I mean, part of it is I think we keep comparing it to Mornfang. Mornfang are on the fifty. What are they on? Fifty by? Are they fifty by seventy fives as well? No, they're are uh, seventy five by hundreds. Fifty by hundred. But those, I mean, those Mornfang are. I mean, they're they're. I well, mean, they're both monstrous infantry. Yeah, but monstrous cavalry. So. Yeah, but I mean, you look at the size, and there's ogres riding them, and they're small compared to these things. And ogres are eight to ten feet tall. It, that that's a huge model. It's in some way, though, they should visually be comparable. Though. Whether right. the demigriff is like well, rearing on its hind legs or has more armor or whatever, make the demigriff a little bigger. Or once again, I agree, the base size could have been a little smaller. I think if the base size would have been a little smaller, those demigriffs would have been total one pluses in every army. That's Good. probably why they did it. Well, maybe you got to temper that's, it somehow. That's right? true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because they are—they're working. They seem to be actively working to not have one pluses in their lists. Just look at the Tomb Kings list. After how they performed though this weekend, I think I will probably still take them on fifty by seventy fives. I now, just now have to remodel them all. Well, and now I mean, are you gonna? Let me ask you this: Are you gonna actually pull off the cavalry base that they're on, or are you just gonna put the cavalry base on top of the fifty by seventy-five and then add a little green stuff and flock it and base it? And because that seems like a lot, especially if you got those slotted bases with the metal bits. Well, do you want to rip all that apart? Or I'll have to put my mine of the spiders. I don't know the, the, the half oh, right, spider, right, right, right. half dwarf, and they they oh, sit right, up yeah. on the rocks. Right. That's so cool. they're going to be. I'm just going to have to make a bigger rock and a fifty by seventy five base. <laughs> going to need a bigger rock crawling on there. Do you have what size do you have them on now? Fifties, forties, forty mils. Yeah, okay. yeah. I just looked at them comparably to uh, a, a monstrous infantry. They're a monstrous beast, is what they're classified as. And there are other monstrous beasts. Some eagles are, come on a forty mil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That are that are qualified there, and they're. I you like know, eagles. Well, that's the thing. Only I mean, two attacks. They do get a stomp. Um, they need to have those things defined. I remember before, I, when I first started playing, there was a, a GW had one of the things on their site. Someone had sent me the little link, and it listed all the models and what their base sizes were and their type were, and that's not a bad thing to have. I mean, just because... I mean, even if you're not talking tournaments, I mean, you want to have it on the right base size. It's kind of important. Right, it is. You know? The way the game works, so. But I, I guess I do. I, I, I like the sculpts. They do look really good. They look more like tanks than the old one. The old ones sort of look. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? The other ones were just in that that old chaos dwarf cartoony style. I don't mind the big hats and I don't mind the curly beards. I just they looked more like they didn't look like they were bulls. They were about the size of a regular horse calf, a little bigger than a horse. Now they look, I mean, in a bull and a horse, I mean, you unless you're one of my students, you don't confuse those two things. Um, <laughs> uh, so having them be that big and beefy is really nice. It's Maybe cool. that's, that could be another reason it's on a bigger base. Is a bull is just that I mean, much bigger. It's that much bigger than a horse. A lot yeah. more beef. Yeah. <laughs> Meat. So I, I guess that's, 
that's all the uh, news and rumors. That's all the news and rumors. Hey, folks, we haven't gotten any voicemails either lately. So if you want to call and leave a voicemail about an upcoming tournament, about your thoughts on the show, something we talked about, or just want to say, hey, one seven five seven gh show 6 That's one seven five seven gh show 6 You know, I got this email, and, uh, you know, I've had a few calls, but I'd like to get more than just Johnny Hastings drunk dialing the show. So uh, feel free to call in and leave a message anytime. All right, why don't we take a quick break? We've been going about a half hour. Let's take a quick break and come back, and then we'll do the garage manager section. Chaos Rock Superstore. That's right, folks. Chaos Rock Superstore. Your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to, because at Chaos Org Superstore, what you see is what you get. Chaos Org Superstore. And we're back. Back, 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 back. Back for the attack. I'm going to edit so much of you out of the show, Harrison. Oh God! Okay, so uh, back from the commercial break, and um, before we start the garage manager section, brought to you by Chaos Arc Superstar. I just wanted to mention one of the guys on our forums. He goes by the handle of Danny Darko. Started up a garage hammer painting motivation competition. Now, the competition is really more for bragging rights. It's not like a big show competition. We haven't hammered out all... I mean, they hammered out all the details, but I'm not even 100% certain. It's on my forum, but I'm not 100% well, certain. Well, they, they, they feature a different unit type every month. I think uh, the, yeah. the, the, pa- the past one was uh, actual unit, infantry unit. Yes. They've done characters, monsters. So basically, you know, I've been doing... I was trying to, for a while, right before uh, Depticon, we were doing our hobby, you know, the hobby commitment. And a lot of people on the forums liked that idea and said, you know, I'm going to commit to it. And if I have to put it up on the forum and say I'm going to do it in this time, it kind of keeps you working on your hobby. So every month they pick a thing. Like last, the first month I think it was a character model. Yep. And then this month it's a unit. Or last month I think it was a unit. And then uh, you can go to our forums and vote for which one you like best. And whoever wins, it's it's mostly bragging rights. Um, and then I think at the end of the year, whoever wins the most, I might give some sort of a prize to. Nice. Um, so uh, I was actually supposed to vote. I think I, I think because I think they said I, I count as three votes. Wow! I'm not in the contest, but my you favorite three kids. normal men, huh? <laughs> I'm a big <laughs> I'm a big boy. But uh, it's something like I haven't actually even voted yet. I feel bad, but it's been you know with everything going on with the summer vacation, I've been stupid busy. They've actually uh, they also talked about having for monthly winners creating a badge to put in their email, in their signature on the oh, forum signature. I could, yeah, I could whip... Uh, well, well, yeah, I, I kind of... If you can think of a badge symbol, I can... creating something. Yeah, if you can, yeah, if you can create something, I'll, yeah, we'll definitely get it, put it up there and okay. let them get it then. But so, if, if anyone wants to, I mean, it's, you know, go join our forums. Um, obviously, they're free, which I just realized now that there are actual podcasts that have based, not like not like the Snake Eyes section of Bad Dice or the Saucy section for Heel and Hammer, but just their forums aren't free. I mean, Colin Graham, who's a great guy, you know, he's from Scotland. We saw him at uh, at uh, uh, Adepticon. Um, he bought me a gift. He got me a, a one-year subscription to the 40K, the Free Buddhas forums. 
You have to pay for that? Yeah, there's an annual rate just to be wow. a part of their forums. I had no idea. So um, our forums are free. All you have to do is you have to go and introduce yourself. You just have to go to the – you can't post anywhere prove, prove until your you – humanity, right? Yeah, so you, it, it's, it's basically one of our robot filters. Um, but, I'm uh, a replicant. You, you have an issue with robots jumping on the forums? I have no issue with them. I am a robot. But uh, I just – you know, you don't want your spam bots all over your forums. Ooh. But so uh, – Chris might like those. <laughs> spam bots? Well, yeah, it depends how you cook it, I It's suppose. a robot that just gives you nice cooked spam all the time. I like that. That's genius. genius. You, need, you need a rice bot to go along with it. A rice bot? Oh, he could be the robot. bot? Well, my students said in 10 years we're going to have robots to just follow us around and tell us the time. You can have a, an, an, an add-on to tell you the time and give you spam. You can get a spam bot. That is the greatest idea I've ever That's heard of. Life. It's 8.30. Spam. It's 8.35. <laughs> spam. Spam. Maybe we can get Ryan Nickel to uh, create that robot for us. Or he can help get Hormel to sponsor the, the robot creation. They'll be getting a lot of free press. Next tournament I go to, I'm going to get one of those old school spam t-shirts. Yeah? Just for him, huh? Well, just for cool. everyone. He's going to be at Screw City. Then I'll have to work then. Yeah. Excellent. Next time we record, when we're all here, I'm going to definitely make some spam. I got a couple of cans up there. We'll just have spam snacks while we're, while we're doing the show. Spam, 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 spam. Keep on saying more things like that. We'll hold you true to that But so yeah But just join the forums Go to the painting competition Guys if you want to Join part of this whole I promise to do this Grant you should have joined in You could have gotten a unit in there You you can do a unit in a month Easy Get in there and get a little You could have got your unit in there I just just held off like three That's what she said (laughs) (laughs) Oh I could have gotten my unit in there Real easy Alright guys Uh, the garage manager section brought to you by Chaos Works Superstore. <laughs> whisper, whisper, whisper. Okay. Uh, so. Sweet nothing, sweet nothing, sweet nothing. <laughs> so, um, Ooh, Chris. We've all been <laughs> doing a little modeling. We've been doing a little modeling and painting. All of us have. Harrison, why don't you tell the listeners what you did? 1,600 points. <laughs> Nice. Some a that, lot. Some of that was painted, though. That's, I mean, true. I painted, uh, fi- I've painted five sword masters and two white lions and every white lion base that I could find. Yeah, he had to do all the basing because I just painted them but didn't base them. Because that's well, all you had to do for sixteen hundred. That's pretty good. You to, did you have to paint your your knights or something or your? I didn't take those. Oh, because I was way too behind on them. Oh, but dude, you were telling me how you did do all this painting. And you painted seven models and base tw- base thirty. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, that's progress. I ain't going to complain. But I don't like uh, well, seven we, models. We, we can't all be a machine. Not, but you've done a lot else though, because you've been painting your Kador Jacks, and you've been painting, oh, painting yeah. your Cricks. Yeah, I've been doing that too. Yeah. Painting Cricks is a pain because there's too many, um, like little jaggedy parts, and it takes me forever to actually get in those little cracks and get it exactly how I need it. Keep practicing now, and by the time you're a teenager and able to Golden go to the t- tournaments, you'll have you'll have way more skills than I have. So, that's good, though. How about you, Grant? Well, you painted up a whole 1,600-point army, too. Ooh, me. Yeah, so I waited until uh, bits. I didn't get any practice games in with my Chaos Dwarves. I decided I was going to take Chaos Dwarves to Invasion Kenosha uh, as a start, and then... Because you know if Grant doesn't get in his practice games, he can't possibly win. Oh, yeah, I'll get yeah. tabled every game. I know. 19-1. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> I love how he just ignores that and goes along. Okay. <laughs> so I 
I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't get any practice games before bits, so I didn't get a chance to uh, really decide what I want to take in my 1,600-point list. And so at bits, I got in a practice game there and uh, did did well with it, except I killed my own sorcerer lord uh, or sorcerer prophet. Cascade? And, yeah, I cascaded him off the board. Uh, no, because when he, when the sorcerer prophet... Miscast. He, he turns a stone. He then also has to roll a toughness test, which he only fails on a six. So he miscast, did a wound to himself with that, failing the ward save, and then rolled a six for his toughness test, doing the final wound to him because he had already had one on him. So the, the idea Blow being up. every time you cast a spell, you turn more into stone. Is that right? Every That's time the you, idea. If okay. you miscast, but your toughness goes up. By, you take the wound, but your toughness goes up by one because you're literally turning to stone. You're, you're, that doesn't help if your all your wounds are gone. Well, no, if it's your last wound, you're screwed. But if it's your first wound, no big deal. And it, it, it it, it's a little harder to hurt you. It, it should be when you die and you're that tough, you turn into a little, like, piece of terrain. You just Ooh, stay there. Cool. You just stay you're there, You're a yeah. statue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, they so. can line a bunch of you up, and then your spirits will be there, and you'd be a ghost fence. <laughs> you worked hard for that one. That I, know, I really had to stretch to work in a ghost fence reference. That we'll talk more about that in the gaming, though. As far as as far as what I'm learning about the chaos dwarves, but they, um, so I played that game. I thought I did well, and that was against uh, Mr. Michael Jordal on the on the forums. And he said he said Grant, you know, I, I think your list was fine. I think it was really good, actually. Go ahead and keep you it. had so, a decent list. So I mean, I, I decided to keep it. It was a chaos dwarf list with all. Um, all close combat, so no shooting. It was sixteen hundred, and I did take a Kadai destroyer, so it's a big. That's a all eggs in one basket kind of list there. Um, How much is a destroyer? Uh, Three hundred and twenty-five points. Oh yeah, so that's, that's a big investment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. in sixteen hundred, and and it it allowed me to not really get any chaff type units because the wolf riders are rare as well, so I could only take one unit of wolf riders. And for seventy five points, so that made up my full four hundred points of rare. But uh, but yeah, so so modeling uh, really just took a. Um, go ahead, tell people about because I I didn't get to see your models until we were. I mean, except for the stuff you posted on Twitter, I didn't get to see your models in person until we were at Invasion Kenosha. Um, you used some decals on the on the shields, and I, I was hard pressed. I, I looked at them. I go, "There's no way," because. It wasn't that you couldn't paint that nice of a deep, but they were all so exactly the same that I'm like, there's actually a couple different skulls in there, but it looks very uniform. But, yeah, I mean, right. I could, but I, but as I was looking through it, the ones that were, I mean, I could tell there was a couple of different ones, but the ones that were the same were like exact. So that's what I was like, are these decals? You couldn't have painted that. And it's like, but where'd you get the decals and how did you get them on? Because I saw no that little the telltale edge line around the decal. Well, that's that's the finishing. I guess that's the finishing touch. So going through, I basically decided I wanted to paint the whole army purple because I've always wanted to paint a purple army. I never have, and I'm never going to play Dark Elves. Just because you're into Prince. Oh, it is. Purple Rain. I love love Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Let's go crazy. Let's go nuts. (laughs) Whoa. That's what she said. Okay, so... So, uh, so yeah, so I decided, I just, I basically went out, bought all brand new G-Dub paints, um, black primer, you know, kind of the, the cheaty, cheesy way, and then actually did, <laughs> did all the purple, um, starting with their base color purple and then moving all the way up through their layers. And then, um, I even talked to Chris Yu and I was, I said, uh, 
you know, how can I make this pop a little bit more? And, and he just suggested going up to white with some of it. So I went to pretty much almost a white. I think it was a, it was, it wasn't a white. It was bleach bone mixed with the lightest shade of purple went all the way up to there. And that, that made it pop a little bit more, but, uh, but yeah, did the whole thing. Uh, I think it was 47, um, there, there it is, 47 models. Oh, that's <laughs> right. You told me that. That's right. 40, 47 models in my army, and uh, I got it all done, in, and, and I did it all a spider theme. So I took four bull centaurs. They're half spider, half dwarf, um, 36-ish um, uh, Infernal Guard, and I used all the Mantic Dwarves for that. Just the regular Dwarves, not even the Abyssal Dwarves, because they have very, very... Uh, Chaos dwarfy type beards already, anyways, on the Mantic Dwarves. They're the shorter, thicker beards, so they do look a little... And honestly, the, it's funny, because if you're playing in a, a, a GW Warhammer tournament, the Mantic Dwarves are different enough from the GW Dwarves that they could... To- I mean, they look like a completely different breed. Yeah, so you could yeah. totally use them as your... And I, I picked them. I picked doing those versus any other, like, versus... Uh, Changing some of the because I didn't want to use the Forge World ones. Um, I, well, I, yeah, they're, well, they're, they're expensive, expensive. Yeah, but um, I like these because of the shields. And like you were saying, you know, I, I liked that this, these flat shields that they had were going to create a real uniform. And I could do either some freehand on there, which I did a little bit of freehanding on the uh, uh, basically on the reflections, so kind of highlighting a little bit. Of, Freehand, I guess you'd call that freehand, but then um, also using the decals. So the secret to the decals is you buy um, a product, it's called Microsol, and you put the Microsol on first. And where do you get this? Uh, I had got it at just a local uh, a hobby shop. It's actually, train shops. Yeah, yeah, right. it's like a, like a train shop. So like a Hobby Lobby would have it or Probably, Michaels? I don't know where it would be, but they probably have it. Okay. This is at an actual place that they just did like... Model trains, model uh, tanks, model, you know, a lot of okay. military modeling and stuff like that. So that's where I picked this up. And um, it, it's just, it smells like it's kind of an alcohol-based stuff, and it's really thin. It's a consistency of water. And you you rub it on the model first. Um, you take your water transfer uh, decal, which were, they were just the really, oh, they're like 15-year-old Chaos Space Marine transfer sheets from, oh, is that where, from okay. GW. Yeah. Okay. And then... Um, then you put it on there, and then you put the microsol on top, and it almost like melts that transfer right to the um, right to the model. It's really good for if you're doing um, like Space Marine shoulder pads. If you're putting the decal on the Space Marine shoulder pad and it's a rounded surface, your decal isn't gonna. You know, it's, gonna, it's not going to wrinkle. It's going to wrinkle. That's what it's going to do unless you put this microsol on it. Almost like, uh, think of like a shrinky dink or whatever. It almost kind of like uh, oh, vacuums it to that shoulder pad so you don't nice. really get the wrinkles in there. I like so. the shrinky dink reference. Because <laughs> as soon as you said that, I got it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, it's going to mold it right to it. I Boy, remember uh, those. Yeah. You remember those? They had those Yeah. Out? We had some, when I used to work at the toy store when he was a little kid at Sandy oh. Brady. 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 I got one a whole, there's a, we have a, in fact, I think I still have it in the, I might still have it in the prize closet, but they had a mobile of the Harry Potter, the Hogwarts, the different you schools. You have a prize closet here? Yeah. This, the one in the storage area, and my left side storage area over there in the basement. Uh, I used to work at the toy store, and so whenever stuff would go on clearance, I would just buy it. And so whenever we have to go to a, a party for a, someone who's got a little kid, 
I just I've got you like just go to the prize closet. You go to the prize closet and look, <laughs> look for age appropriate. That's and just, awesome. <laughs> I just I got like Crayola crayon makers in there still, and I got a bunch of little you know like the the farmer and the Dell board games and stuff like that. I just call it the prize closet. Any, go the, anything like worth of worth value collectible items in there? Not really. I mean, some of my stuff's in there. Like I would buy like I had some collectible Harry Potter stuff that's going to go to eBay pretty soon. We had a prize closet in college, but that was way different. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Don't ask Harrison. Okay. Just to, uh, just I to bring need, it back. I don't need to ask. <laughs> I, I know. I actually, it was. There's I have a bottle of Microsoft Solution too. That I was just looking at the other day, and I think as a finishing touch, I don't know if you do this, Grant. If you spray it with a uh, gloss varnish and then follow up with a matte varnish, right, yeah. it, it you gets can't rid of that even, outline. You can really of the decal. not see the outline at all. Well, I couldn't, and that's when I was looking. I'm like, "How did you do this?" And you're like, "Yeah, I painted them all." And I looked over to yeah. you. You're giving me that smile. I'm like, "You liar!" <laughs> <laughs> no, the um. Uh, yeah, if you hold them up in the light, uh, when you're looking at it from, you know, looking down at the army from, you know, your three foot, you know, tabletop glance, you can't, can't see it at all. Okay, but I was standing at six inches away and I didn't pick up a model, but I got down at eye level with them and I didn't notice, I mean, there was no, there was no direct light shining on it to show it off. I, like you said, I I suppose I could look for it, but if the fact is, if I get that close and I'm still not seeing it, that's pretty damn awesome. I did many... Space Marine armies with the, I, it was like muscle memory just came right back to me as far as doing the transfers because they're kind of a pain in the butt. They really are the water transfer, the water slide transfers are kind of a pain to work with, and and I, I felt like it was just like riding a bicycle. I slapped them on there, but I did when I worked for GW. I I probably did. Well, Three different ultramarine armies, uh, you know, several, so many space marines that all use those transfers. I stayed away from them because when I was a kid, and I used to build models. I used to like to. I mean, that's what got me into the hobby. Was just I actually, and everyone's heard this story before. Listen to the show. Um, Heather was getting sick of me playing Xbox all the freaking summer, and said, "You need a hobby." And we were at the mall, and I uh, walked by and saw the Lord of the Rings set, and said. Dude, I'd like to build and paint some models. That would be fun. I had no intention of even playing. I just wanted to build and paint models. But I always stay away from decals and transfers because I remember as a kid cutting them out, getting the water, getting them on just right, not breaking them, not messing them up. But they were such a pain. I granted, I was true skill. I was Harrison's age, and I mean, it's. I mean, I'm not. It could be frustrating. It was frustrating and difficult. So when I saw yours, that actually, like, ooh, that's if, if 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 they're that good and you've got the stuff that can do it that well, I might want to give that a shot again. Yeah, it, it it works pretty well, and it it didn't take very long to do those at all, and um, so just to kind of put a cap on the conversation because I know I've been talking a while, but I got a lot done in two weeks. No um, kidding. You know, it's really just going back to that speed painting where, um, you know, everything I, I got everything ready to go, and then just had my paints all lined up, had my paint station set up, and then I mean, you you really just almost assembly line everything. And, uh, um, I mean, I did use a wash, so I, I got to one point, and then well, I, used, I used a, <laughs> I used the new one, so I used the Agrax Earthshade, so I used half that and half of the, oh, what's the new purple one called? I don't remember I what it's called. It's, it's the new purple shade. Yeah. Just I a half idea. and half and washed the whole model, even with the, the, the base color silver and everything, and then picked out highlights on everything. Just one highlight on all of the dwarves and all the basic, on the... The Kadai, which I use in a, a fire-breathing Arachnarok, I, I did more layers of highlight on that. But um, on that, that's pretty much all of the 
mean, yeah, a whole well, you had, army is you had kind of the 47 same thing. models in the whole army, you said, right? Uh, so, yeah, so, it's right around there. I just enjoy with saying the display 47. Base. Yeah. But yeah, with the and display, display base as well. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Good work. I mean, f- and 47 is not an outrageous number to try to get done in tweaks, but you did have a, a really a, a good level of detail because you're spider. And I got to say, I mean, I know I'm not I'm not a big one for going out and doing a lot of conversions. I know some people do it because they want it to be their own. Some people do it just to save money. I mean, I know part. I know you you uh, have promoted yourself as the thrifty army builder. <laughs> you know, like you. I mean, you, I remember last time you were on. You're like, I've never actually. Uh, ogres were the first actual retail bought right, it at a right. retail store. Models you bought, um, but it is those abyssal dwarves are hard to put together, and and if you because they're the the they're the metal add-ons to the plastics, so they're a little right. more difficult to build, and it's a little expensive. You know, and the obviously the, the to go to Forge World to buy build that same army would have cost you at least triple. Um, well, I like the man. I really enjoyed painting the Mantic Dwarves. I feel like with the level of detail that they have, and with my painting style, it worked really. Like I, I felt like I was able to make them look good and look great. You know, look look pretty darn good tabletop with with. I don't want to say minimal effort, but with you know not having to put a ton of oh, effort right. into it. But I mean, I, uh, when you said you were going to do spiders instead of bulls, I was you know because everyone you know that's the theme of the Chaos Dwarf Army is bulls. I was kind of like I, I, I was I was uncertain as to how it would turn out. I mean, I know you do good work, but I was just like, I wonder how this is going to look. And then I looked at the finished product, and man, turned out, turned out good. It did. It turned out nice really work. well. I Thanks. guess I mean it's it's really weird because I I'm I I like to consider myself a pretty creative person, but I, I'm also the kind of guy who I don't do a lot of conversions on my models, and I kind of paint them to look like realistic, like kind of like they look in the book. Um. As, as I, real as VC can look. I always I I, well. I always say that I'd be a great art forger because I can I can copy anybody's work really well. Um, I just I think it's just easier for me to look at something and almost duplicate it than to like I would have never thought to do spiders instead of bulls. And even if I had, I just don't know. Like when we were looking at that guy's demon army that we both played. Just all the bits of conversions he did. It's like, I would have never thought of that. I think that's my next big project, my next hobby thing once I finish Dave painting all converted army? No, not an all converted. I'm just going to try to make one thing. In fact, uh, well, here, we'll get to, when we get to my modeling stuff, we'll talk about that. I don't want to turn it aside. So you've got your stuff pretty much done. And yeah. like I said, it, yeah. looked, it looked great, dude. It really did. Thanks. So, Mr. Hugh. Uh, following up with you know preparation for Invasion Kenosha, the same, you know, working on the orcs and goblins, getting them ready. And so, you did quite a bit too, didn't you? Yeah, those goblins. I mean, that I, was I did. Uh, yeah, so I, I needed to brighten up my color scheme because the one I had before was just the kind of classic red hood, green skin. So I needed to get something brighter because I tend to paint dark. Yeah. So I, I yeah. went with something brighter. It's like a, an orange hood with the old school kind of jagged flames. No, which looked great. I, I love that look. Yeah. No, thanks. I, I we, really liked it. You, you came over for we had a paint night here. And, and I got your opinion on which one. And we sat around talking about that for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And actually, the one you chose was not the the fir- my first opinion. Well, you felt it would it looked too bright and too primary color uh, at first. Like. And then, but then when we discussed what the other ones looked like and what you were going for, we both agreed. And you, I said, you know, you were right. You should go. And then looking at it, the finished product on the table, dude, I was really impressed. It, it was another Thanks. one that just looked great. Thanks. They they look the goblins look meaner than they really are. <laughs> I think that's the the net effect there. Yeah, I mean, I just look at them like blue with red with a with green, and then a bit of orange Some flame. Yellow, right. Yeah, I'm like, wow, you got all the primary colors, and then the 
I always call green the sub-primary color. I mean, I know it's a secondary color, but like whenever you do your TV stuff, the, the colors the, that the, the TVs, yeah. they're, they're not yellow. It's red, green, blue. Right. They don't go with the yellow. So when I looked it's, at it, it's a basic like, color. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was looking at it going, wow, it, it's so, it almost cartoony, but it didn't wind necessarily up with that effect. It just looked really cool. Thanks. So yeah, yeah that la- last week leading up to Invasion Kenosha was a real whirlwind of characters, trolls, uh, you know, goblins, finishing up war machines, finishing up the uh, the wolf cavalry that I've had for years but never put shields on them or a standard. I added shields and a standard to those. So Nice. Very nice. Just kind of bringing it all together for the tournament. Cool. And it, and it turned out well because you had some really gorgeous models. And I liked your display board with the the very orange display board. that looked. It wasn't the red lava. It had more of the orange to match your army. More of the orange, yeah. And then the big jagged rocks that looked like teeth on all around the display board looked Looks really like a cool. big mouth. Yeah. So do those, um, do those goblins then mesh well with your orcs? Do they look good with that? I mean, do you have the bases done the same? or The bases, the bases I've been kind of experimenting with slightly different colors. So I'll have to go back and make them all the same. But uh, overall, it's you know it's the green skin plus the orange highlights to make them pop, to kind of draw everything together. So the savages I have and the black orcs follow the same color scheme. Okay. Yeah, because at first when it was so orange, it was so different from what I've seen with your other orc army. But then I thought about it, like you said, and all of his savage orcs are green with it's all the orange the, highlights. It's all orange highlights. So I'm like, okay, that'll that'll totally uh, it will mesh at least at some level. Right. So it'll it'll. it'll I have really cohesion. like the nameplate. Badonkadonk invades Kenosha, spelled all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's how goblins roll. Every army needs a good nameplate. <laughs> That's a free point. That's an easy point. Hey, mine's still here somewhere. I, mine was not a name plate. Mine was a, a a giant display. There's the teacher in me. <laughs> I went and bought a trifold. Did you board have that? Not for Invasion Kenosha. No, for no, no, for yeah. bits. Okay, yeah, yeah. I no, that. I didn't have any name plate at Invasion Kenosha. I didn't know if there was a point for it or not. I didn't have it. Um, probably because I I could have brought my other one, but I wrote. For blood in the sun on it, so that would have ruined it. For <laughs> Couldn't you just paint it over it and just scratched it out, and like written out. in red, like be like a book of I history, you know? For <laughs> I think it would have been better if you just put some like gray duct tape over it. Oh, great, thanks, Harrison. So let's see my modeling. Um, I, I've been working on some of the zombie bases, and I've been well. Once again, I only did what I had to because the hobby area is getting more and more there. I've been doing, this has been the summer, the summer of 60 has turned into the summer of home improvement, and the summer of, it's actually only been the summer of 6, I'm kind of disappointed in myself, but we won't get into that here, I don't, this is not my therapy session. Summer of 60, I was telling that I, I planned on losing 60 pounds this summer. Ah, gotcha. And uh, with going to Disney and all these other things, I'm down 6. At this point, on my little chart, where I should be, I should be at 30. Because I'm halfway through my summer break and well, oh, get on it. I'm working on it. I've been doing real good today, so it's, nice. one, it's one day at a time. It's like the drunks, except I, I go to my Weight Watchers meetings. Except instead of you know, I just worry about what I eat, which is hard. But whatever. Um, I all I knocked out was I did a few more of the zombie, the wood, the water effect bases, and then I uh, painted up a Vargulf because like the night before, or yeah, I think Friday morning I was talking to you. You know, I think a Vargolf might do better than a Mortis engine because at 1,600 points. It's a lot of points for one model at 1,600. It's only. what? How many is that? 275, right? No, no, no. It's 220, but then I give it the tones. It's 240. It's actually only. 240. That's a bargain compared to a Kadai 325. Well, it's 175 for the Vargolf, but I was worried that, A, it would be easier to shoot 
The yeah, the Vargolf's one seventy five. But the Vargolf is kind of badass. I never fielded one before, and it's actually a really good model. Uh, you you know. fielded one against me in the old edition. D- did I? Yeah, I killed it the first turn. Oh, okay. <laughs> Boom. That might be why I don't remember I it. I just remember that because you were so upset because I, I think the... Oh, that's the, right, because it was the first time I the, ever fielded yeah, it. The, and you're like, boom. I'm like, the I, disc rider came up and did the blood-curdling roar at it. Oh, that's right. And I was I like... I rolled well, an ungodly number of sixes. <laughs> that's yeah. right. I took it off the board. I'm like, well, I never used this model before, and I still haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But the Vargolf is pretty good. But uh, it was just that thing where I know... like. I'm not a I'm not a player who goes in with a, I mean if if there's chaff you expect it to die but for that point it's not something at a bigger points game I mean I expect it to die late in the game and it always makes its points back but at 1600 points could I afford to earn 300 and lose 240 it's you know what I'm saying the spread with fewer points the spread's smaller so sure. I I didn't know if I wanted to give that up so I painted up a Vargolf that Friday night looks good thank you good thank you. Um, that's it for modeling. Any uh, any reading? Anybody done any reading? I mean, the gaming. Obviously, we're going to talk invasion. Not you. Not you. I read a little bit of. I read like the first couple of pages of the new Dark Eldar book. There's not much to review about that because first the, couple the of the rule book or the or the, a fiction. The, the it's uh, called Path of the Renegade. And that's a Dark Eldar. Yeah. Oh, okay. You bought it for me. I did. I, <laughs> I had a gun, but it was Path of the, and I knew that, and there was an Eld, it was an Eldar-looking Eldar on the cover. So I, I asked you for it. Yeah, so I didn't know it was Dark Eldar. <laughs> <laughs> He's just grinding the other day. I know <laughs> you got this for me. Don't you, you don't remember, know? dude? How many times has someone asked you to get this for me? I don't know what it, it was. A it was a Black Library book he wanted to read. Here, read it. Shut how up. is it? Eldar, it was black and they had black armor and like green eyes. You're going to bed real soon if you keep this up. <laughs> so uh, I actually have almost finished the uh, Gotrek and Felix anthology, which has been really good. Uh, by the way, if anyone is a Gotrek and Felix fan, um, one of the short stories in there, um, I don't know if the short story was written first because some of these were written a while ago. Um, but I think it's about the fourth or fifth book. Uh, there's a couple of chaos sorcerers. They're twins. And uh, they actually look into Gotrek's mind and they see flashes of what made him a slayer. And there's a short story in there about those two wizards. A lot of these stories in the anthology aren't necessarily about Gotrek and Felix. They're about they're like told from the perspective of the people and then suddenly Gotrek and Felix show up and kill them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But in this one, you have the two wizards who, and it, it, if you read the story, like I already know what happens here, and this like fleshes it out more, but it really fleshes out how Gotrek Gurnison becomes a slayer. And it's really kind of sad, and uh, I don't want to spoiler alert it. I may do later. I mean, I know one time I did, uh, you know, we sat and I spent time doing a, like, sort of a, a book series review. And uh, if I do it again and, and revisit Gotrek and Felix, because there's been like six more books since I did it, um, or that I've read, uh, maybe I'll put the spoiler alert up and go through that. But it was there's some really compelling, great stories in there. Uh, and then I've just been reading the 40K rules and the 40K fluff, because I've been enjoying that a lot. I, I just pictured, have you ever seen the SNL skit, Punched Before Eating? No. If you get a chance to, YouTube it, whatever, I just picture... 
got you know that you're telling the story of of these wizards or, or of these sorcerers and of whoever, and then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, Gotrek and Felix just come in, you know, guns blazing and knives <laughs> <a> chopping, <laughs> and they're just dead. Like an axe so. comes swinging off stage and <laughs> from off stage and cleaves. Well, I mean, those. No, I mean, and some of the story. I'd, I'd say there's. I think there's ten stories, and like three of them. One of them was told from a, a Skaven point of view. And you're getting all the scaveny stuff, and they're sort of he's like dancing around and hiding from Gotrek and Felix, and so it's it's some of the stories are it's just it's just interesting because you're sort of getting other people's perspectives, you're getting to see them through other people's eyes, their descriptions and how they see them and how how sort of frightening Gotrek is to most people. Um, it, it was it's 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 been really good. I've really enjoyed it, and of course. You know, Nathan Long, who is the current writer of the series, he's got two short stories in there, and they're they're both excellent. And he's his he does some fantastic work. So but that's been my reading. So um you know what, let's take a, another break if no one's got any other reading and then we'll come back. Nope. Because I think all our gaming is gonna be our invasion Kenosha chat. So why don't we take our second break and then uh, come back? Is your name a killing word? Is your mother a hamster and your father smells of elderberries? Did it turn out that those were the droids you were looking for? If you know what I'm talking about, chances are you're a gamer. What better place to get your game on than the Game Preserve? The Game Preserve specializes in analog games of all types, like board games, family games, chess sets and jigsaw puzzles, and especially hobby games. They carry the complete GW line as well as Magic the Gathering, D&D, and Heroclix. They have gaming space for tournaments, game nights, and demo games just about any night of the week. So stop shopping at the jerk store and be one of the gaming elite. And visit the Game Preserve with four Indiana locations to choose from. Two in Indianapolis, one in Bloomington, and one in the gaming capital of the universe, Lafayette, Indiana. Visit them at GamePreserveStores.com or call 765-448-4200. Game Preserve. If you're not shopping here, the only winning move is not to play. Back, 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 back. Ha-ha. Once again, I didn't back, actually back, back, back. warm any of my co-hosts, so they're... We're catching up. Put your Wait. headphones on, boys. Wait for me, guys. Time to play. All right, so Invasion Kenosha 4. IV. Um, okay, before we get into games and our overall thoughts, just um, thank you, John, for running a great tournament. Uh, yeah, it was a good yeah, time. Yeah, thanks, John. And as, I mean, I know we, we tend to always do these big two-day, five, six-round type tournament things. Um, for a one-day event where it started at 9 and we were done by 6 o'clock, it is so much fun. It is one of the most fun tournaments I go I go to. And I've gone to both. You know, the last two years I've been going to tournaments. I've gone to it both times. Um, it has great food, <laughs> lunch and dinner. And breakfast. Dude, yeah, we had and three. Breakfast. Yeah. Danish. I mean, he, had a, he had a bunch of food there for breakfast. There was a, And you could go at any time and grab it. And once it was put out, it stayed out all day. I mean, there was food all day. I mean, it was 20 bucks a piece for us to join in. I know. I said to Harrison, I said, I, I might have. I might have broke even just on the just food. Just on the food, just, for sure. I mean, it was... And then we got so much stuff. <laughs> yeah, and then the the, the, the swag bags were really pretty nice, too. The so. famous swag bag. Yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, I mean, there was an Avatars of War model in each of those. Those things run at least 15 bucks. The, so the best figure, part was when everyone got their swag bag, and they're looking at their Avatar of War, and people started trading like crazy. Yeah. We have this. I'll take that. And, and it was cool. And, and it was like, it was one of the things where the first time we were there and we were trading, I was trying to trade on the down low because I didn't want to like hurt John's feelings. I think John's he like, purchased that. Oh, he did. 
Hell, I opened up my bag. I had a Empire Witch Hunter Which equivalent. Was an, that was an awesome model. I wish I had a use for it. Yeah, it you. was an awesome model, but I didn't have a use for it. And uh, I was my first game was against Robert Elmer. And Elmer had a High Elf Lord, which I knew Harrison wanted. He'd seen it before, and he doesn't play High Elf, so he plays Empire. So I swapped him, and I said, here, Harrison, give me yours. And I got the goblin, the, the one that looks like Rob Grom the, the Paunch, the big fat goblin. Oh, that's an awesome one. He's like my favorite goblin so, yeah, ever. yeah, we were just trading up like crazy. I want that one. Well, I didn't know you wanted <laughs> it. It was awesome. So, but uh, no, the food was great. The, the scenarios were great. And to, to explain to people, because I know not, it's a 24-man tournament. In eight, three pods of eight players each. So you get separated into little eight-man groups. So it's three rounds. So you get a winner in each group, gets a trophy, and then you have the overall winner of the tournament as well. But it was kind of interesting because, okay, you have three rows of four tables each. Each row has its own different terrain, but it's identical on those tables. And so the scenarios were depending on what row you were at. So, like, when we first started playing... Uh, the, we're going to run through this list. Uh, we discussed it as by scenario, so it's not confusing for the listener. So this was actually the first game Grant and I played. Second game, because you guys were in the same pod. Yeah, because we were in the same pod. Harrison was in another pod, so this I was actually second. Harrison's second game on this scenario, because you moved the three rounds. You moved through each different set of tables and did that scenario. So there were three different scenarios running. For each round, you you did each scenario, each, but each pod would jump to the next table to play the next. Exactly. Scenario. Whether you like being on table one or whether you're worried about that sort of thing, it, it, I think I'm just bringing it up because it added to that laid back sort of atmosphere. Because it seems like almost every game I was next to you, Grant, and you were doing way better than me, but I was just sitting on the table right next to you because we were all just playing, and having a good time. No, but you were just being Dave and just just you know drawn, <laughs> was, drawn and uh, drawn <laughs> midway, the, uh, midway. Mid- midway machine, midway machine, cascading all the way. I did not cascade, luckily. Although I did miscast one. Cascade, living up to your namesake. I don't. <laughs> that I don't want that namesake. I don't. Names are not it. chosen; they're they're given. I, I was saying I don't want that name. Not that I don't want it as a nickname. I don't care about the nickname. I don't want every time I, dude. Cascade. Seriously, eight miscasts in a row. I cascaded off the table. That's not a that's not a record. I, I want to. You're looking keep. at it in the wrong way. If you think of it as a positive, then <laughs> I positively lost it. eight games in a row. <laughs> there you go. Due to cascade. Maybe there you, go. you could roll someone so. else's miscast. <laughs> oh, cascade. Yeah, we got a miscast. Why take it over here? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'd be the most hated man in Warhammer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Moving okay. right along. Okay, I got to cut that out so I don't get hate mail. Uh, okay, hate so mail. Now, the first scenario was... I hate you, Dave White. <laughs> I hate you real bad. Get in line. You'd <laughs> be getting behind all my students, Mrs. Whitech, all those people. So, <laughs> so the first scenario was called Doorway to the Abstract. Um... And basically, you had uh, two... There was a river running right down the middle of the board, a mysterious river. You almost didn't want to touch it. Uh, and it was running from, from deployment zone to deployment zone. So it was running, you know, so it divided... Cut the table right in half. Cut the table in half. You had a river right in the middle of your uh, stuff. And then there were two um, Mar- objective, flags, objective markers. Yeah. Basically, they were two feet in and... Uh, from each table edge. So it was, you know, just 24 inches in from the one side, 24 from the other. There were the two objectives. Uh, a straight, regular victory points game. It was on a 12-0 scale. It wasn't a 20-0. 1,600 points, which was nice. It was a 12-0 scale. Uh, 
your secondary objectives were those two objective markers, and it was just hold, be, you know, be the unit within three inches closest without being in combat with, that, with, be, with, with, with a, a banner. Standard. With yeah. it, you had to have a banner to claim it. Um, so there were two; they were worth three points each. And then the battlefield modifiers, which were the same for all three rounds, was if your opponent's general is dead or fleeing at the end of the game, and yours is not, you got one. And then if you have a unit in your opponent's deployment zone at the end of the game and they don't have one in yours, you got one. So there was six points for the secondary goal, three for each. So it wound up being a 20-point round. Twelve points in battle points, six points for the secondary objective, and two for the tertiary objective. And I, I liked it this year knowing what I knew from last year. When I came in last year, um, if, if I would have spent more time looking at the rules and actually figuring it out, I would have understood, okay, well, I've got to go for these objectives. But mm-hmm. um, last year I did not – I left feeling like, man, I, I really should have gone for these objectives because they were worth so much. They, it, it was almost like they weren't secondary objectives. It's they 40% were, they, of the of the total points you can earn per round. Right, and really when it's when there's a, such a disparity between getting zero and, you know, not often did you get a 12 nil on right. the battle points, but there were a lot of times that you didn't get any goals. But you could get a 12 goals, nil so. and your opponent gets some of the goals and suddenly it's a 12-8, you know. Right. And, you, and it's like you pointed out, though, uh, but is that a case of, you know, he posted all this stuff. We should have been reading. Right. Like, well, right. I went to bits. I pulled out that first thing. And you're like, didn't you go through and read all the scenarios? I posted them. I'm like, yeah, I totally kind of blew that off. Oh, <laughs> oh you got to do that. You got to well, do that. And it, but that's, that's a good lesson to learn because I'm, you know, being – me, I just like I'm painting my army and I'm just going. You know, I'm going to have fun. And you point out to me right before the first one, Dave, go for the objectives. D- don't forget to go for the objectives. I hadn't even thought about it. And then I sat down and looked at this. Oh, wait, I can do this. I can guarantee that I'm going to get at least three or four or five points out of that twenty. So, and that becomes a just go and read, read what the <laughs> the TO is posting it all online, not because he wants to brag how awesome he is, because he doesn't want you to be surprised. He wants the player base to prepare. Yeah, and I, I, I should have prepared a little more. Um, but, you know, like I said, Grant telling me that really actually helped me out. Um, so, all right, so th- that's, that's, the, that's the game. So, uh, Grant, why don't, you, why don't you start this one? Kick, kick this one off. Okay, well, because yeah. this was my first game. So, like we said, it was each different pod did each of these games. So this was my first game, and I got to play a game against Andrew K. Um, K- Carolus. I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry, sorry for butchering it, <laughs> Andrew. But Andrew's uh, a local Chicago land player um, who does come to some of the tournaments. Usually smaller one days. He doesn't do any of the, the two day tournaments. But uh, the last two one day tournaments I was at, he was at both of them, and and I dodged him both times. He's a Tomb Kings player, a great painter, uh, and and a great player as well. He just uh, very smart. He's on the the. Illinois, uh, the IWFB forums is usually uh, somebody who, anytime you ask a rules question, he's on it and, and has uh, quotes from the actual rule book and is very good at all this. I can't remember what his forum name is. Do you remember? Chris, no, uh, but yeah, he is on there pretty active. So um, I knew this was going to be a tough game, even though I I know that the meta of the Tomb Kings is a little bit tough. But well, what's in your list? We haven't even covered. Oh, we that haven't yet. talked about that. Okay, we haven't so, talked about our list. So my list is is pretty straightforward. So I had a <laughs> um, I had a sorcerer prophet level four. He all he's doing is toting a dispel scroll and a. Um, 
uh, and a love uh, four up ward talisman. Okay. So um, I, I should have given him an enfeeble. Uh, what's the 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 rod that lets you re-roll earthing the rod. earthing rod. That's it. Um, I should have given him one of those, but it would have helped me one round. But w- with how I equipped him, oh, I gave him the blood of Hashit too, which is that close combat oh, use item. Oh, yeah, that, Christopher um, loves to use that. It's That's basically a- like, a, like a close combat metal spell is what it is, and it's 20 points. So adding all that up, I already had a lord that was uh, 390 points Yikes. in a 1,600-point oh. game. And so, you had the... The three hundred twenty-five point could die. So. And the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and you know some of these choices were done because I could only get so many models painted in, in a certain amount of time. But the so he was. I mean, he's he's huge. But if you lose him, uh, which is pretty easy to do, uh, it's gone. So I had him. I had a unit of thirty-four infernal guard. I equipped them with the shields, uh, so that they get a three-up. Armor save, and so shield and hand weapon, and a parry. So with toughness four, just you know, they're they're chaos warriors to kill. Even tougher because they also get a five up ward against anything flaming. Oh, so that, which yeah. did come into effect a couple of times. So um, the so I gave them that. The I also had a unit of bull centaurs. Only only four. They're they're so good. I know no! they are. And every every time we talk about it. They have weaknesses, and we'll, I'll talk about Ooh, that a little shiny. bit, too. So they, uh, the bull centaurs, though, I took a unit of four, pretty much always running them two by two because you really don't lose anything other than two strength four stomps. Um, and I equipped them with shield as well because they do get a parry um, because they're monstrous beasts. It only says that the cavalry don't get the parry. So when you're equi- equipping the monstrous beasts with, with the shield, they still get the parry as well. So right. you got a two-up, six-up, um, and it's you know phenomenal with them. Now, they don't have the dark shard armor, so they don't have a five-up ward against flaming, but still with toughness five, a two-up armor save, six-up parry, they are pretty... They're not really going to need it. ...pretty tough. They're, they're tanks. Are they three-wound models? Three-wound models, nice. yeah. And they, oh, they, yeah. How much are they apiece? Uh, I don't remember. The, the four of them was 200 points. So about, so about 50? 50 points apiece, yeah. That's actually not bad for a three-wound wound model yeah, I mean yeah and that's why I think that the 50 by 75 is okay you just have to be a little bit more careful with placements and 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 where you get them stuck in so you'll run them four wide and then you know you get around any of those hundred hundred model units and really get those stomps and that punching yeah, and yeah, yeah. That could, or like I know you ran them two but I'm saying you could run them four. well the two wide what I did is because that minimizes the number of attacks back so because exactly. they don't dish out a lot of attacks so what they're good at is is not taking wounds so you you, you know you get them in you, they're really good for holding pretty much anything up is what what their plan was and they they did they did the job well so um, so that was those what else what am I missing oh and all I had on top of that was the Kadai destroyer can't really upgrade that with anything so it's three and 25 points and a unit of wolf riders with uh, just a banner uh, because I wanted the extra banner to be able to claim objectives or, or, or whatever. Um, and they're fast. That's a nice thing to roll oh, up yeah, at that. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're a move nine model. So uh, that that was my army. And and in this game, um, it, it was it was great. I, I don't know if anybody's heard me do a battle report before. I, I usually keep it short and sweet. Um, usually only the key things really stand out to me. So going into the game, I know I knew that the Casket of Souls was going to be my worst enemy uh, because the Kadai... Um, 
uh, you know, he basically makes a three dice leadership check and takes wounds. He gets basically no saves against those wounds. So that's uh, that's that's pretty rough against that Kadai who's only got a leadership eight. Um, so I knew that I had to to take out that. Right, right. Well, no, and the rest of my army is, uh, well, really a 10 because I had the Sorcerer Prophet in there who's a 10. Oh, that's right. So, you only had like the three, four units, so. Yeah, they're, if they're all sticking close. So um, basically we, the, the river in this one, this is the snare that has the river up and down the middle. So I split my forces. I actually, I waited until I saw where he put the casket down before I deployed my final deployment, which was my Kadai Destroyer. And I was actually able to, um, I think the range on the casket's only 48 inches. So I put it. I put the Kadai Destroyer way in the other corner, so if he gets the first turn, he wouldn't be able to, you know, get that first turn, you know, edge and, and roll that spell against the Kadai. So um, uh, I was able to protect against that. So I did not get he didn't get uh, uh, casketed off the first turn. the The first turn or two were not completely eventful. Um, really, just kind of kind of closing the ranks. He didn't really move up. Um, I did get my Kadai around the side and positioned him behind a forest. So he took the far left flank and positioned him right behind because the only thing he had threatening me on the left-hand side was his giant unit of chariots. So I was able to position him within charge range of the chariots, but directly behind a woods. So if he charged me, every chariot would be taking a dangerous terrain on the woods, and chariots take, uh, I believe, D6 wounds if they fail their dangerous terrain. So at least killing one or two, and it made him think, and he actually didn't wind up charging with the fear of, of losing those and going up against a giant flaming beast from hell. So it worked. It so, worked. Yeah, so, yeah. It, so it, it did work. And um, he, he, I also got him to back up his skeleton unit to exactly one inch away from his casket, so his casket was not able to actually turn to face the direction that he wanted to shoot my Kadai. Does it have far to turn and face flank. it? I, did, I have no idea. Yeah, have to, oh, yeah okay. it has to be in its line of sight. Right. Oh, okay. So, so you could turn it. I kind of thought it was just one of those stationary things that just threw out the spell. Okay, I didn't yep, know. Yeah. Um, so, so the... Um, it was a it was a great game, and then I here's the turning point of the game. I cast Ash Storm on his unit of twenty archers, uh, and <laughs> on his unit of twenty archers that also had his uh, Archon the Black, which I didn't even go over his list, but he took Archon the Black, which is a, a, a special character, level five Lore of Death. And he also had his Lich Priest in that same unit. So it was just a bunker unit for them. So I cast Ash Storm, which means that they cannot cast magic except on themselves while Ash Storm is cast on them. Yeah, you can't see anything, basically. It's literally yeah, just that's black what it ash everywhere, blocking your vision. Yep. So they, Can they shoot? The, yeah, they can, it's a minus two to shooting, but they suffer no, no modifier, penalty. Right. no okay. penalties. So, um, but my, my intent was to stop the magic. So he goes, well... I could just leave the unit, and they're not affected. And I go, oh, my God. <laughs> so so he jumps out Archon the Black and his buddy four inches away uh, from the unit so that they can cast magic at me and get a, a direct line hitting both my gigantic unit of dwarves and my uh, bull centaurs with the large 
pit of sh- or uh, not pit of shades. Purple What's sun. the purple sun? Right. And I'm I just go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't think that if he jumped him out, they wouldn't be affected. But yeah, jumping him out's dangerous though. So so he jumped him out, gets it off. It's not uh, not irresistible force. I didn't or irresistible force. Yeah, it's not double sixes. So I um. Uh, so I roll. I think I only had like three dice in my dispel pool. So I rolled those. Didn't pull my double six. I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. I just lost the game. Well, wouldn't you know? He happened to jump his guys out four inches away. So no lookout. Not sir. three inches away, and he rolls the misfire. Ouch! On the large purple sun, oh. so it lands on top of Archon. He fails his lookout, sir, and his buddy fails his lookout, sir, and they both go jumping into... Well, they don't get a lookout, sir, if they're four the, inches away, do they? No, no, they, they failed their initiative or, test. Oh, okay. They take an initiative test, right? Oh, so they both got sucked off? So they off? both got sucked off the board. Oh! Insta-killed. Insta-killed, right. Yeah. See, that's... That's the, bad. Yeah, it's pretty... And, and, and I just... You know, he kind of looks at me, and I look at him, and we're like, okay, crumble time. Oh, yeah. So, I, you know, I did find out, though, that crumble isn't as bad as it used to be. I don't feel um, I don't play against many Dave you and I haven't I haven't no. played a game against you when you've lost your general and uh, I don't think I have it all in this edition with this version of crumble it's not that terrible because you just d- roll your leadership right we have two d6 but those things are like leadership four most of his stuff was leadership eight though well our, okay uh, maybe tomb kings is different but yeah, with me yeah. it can get dangerous I've got a few things that are leadship five the better the unit is usually the higher the leadership yeah his chariots but zombies are didn't too, take any wounds it, it all melts away yeah, yeah it's just so it uh, it was pretty the next turn though however um, I rolled snake eyes for my magic so this is this is my following turn after he sucks his characters off I um, uh, rolled snake eyes for my magic phase. I'm like, ah, oh, well, that's okay. I can at least get something off because he doesn't. So I roll. I'm going to roll a, an ash storm on uh, his unit of chariots. Didn't even really need it because I was able to sandwich his chariots between my Kadai and my uh, large unit of dwarves. So I didn't really need it, but I just wanted to make sure I solidified that that win there in that combat. So two dice, Ash Storm. Of course, I roll boxcars. And then, of course, I cascade my wizard <laughs> off of the table as well. <laughs> so our, our story was that Archon the Black goes flying off the table. You know, he, he said, you know, skip this. We're out of here. These chaos doors are too tough. He goes flying off, and then my sorcerer private says, hey, wait a minute. I'm coming after you. And he just uh, flies off whip, whipped himself off the table after him. So um, It's always those spells that you don't really need. Yeah, you don't really right? need. Yeah, of Come course, it was, it was only two yeah. dice. Only two dice. Box cars on those dice. And then I roll a, yeah, definitely uh, killed my own guy. So I did wind up whining. Or, oh, I, I, I wound up, up whining. 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 <laughs> I wound up winning that game. Um, oh my guys I was able to get some of the objective points. I believe that one was a, I, I want to say a. Uh, 14-4 in my favor. That was including the objective points. Because it was actually pretty close. I mean, because like I said, my general was 400 points yep. virtually. So, And he still had, um, all he had left was one unit of the sepulchral stalkers left on the board. But that still was only about a 900-point swing right. uh, it, it, for the game. Yeah, you so. needed almost 1,200. I think it was a little over 1,200 to get your 12-0. Right. Okay, uh, you know. What? Oh, I saw, I saw that one. Isn't the one? Isn't that the one where you were um, play when you actually played a turn with no models on the table? We, we I actually played a full turn of mine where he had no models on the board because 
both of his sepulchral stalkers didn't come up until. Uh, oh, they were still the under the sand. Yeah. So you were just. Oh, God. Everything else was dead. Everything else was <laughs> wow. dead, yeah. All right, you know what? I'm going to take the second one since this was my first game, too. So we'll just do that. That sure. way, whoever played. Uh, I played. Uh, Robert Elmer challenged me, Swiss Dictator. I've never actually gotten a game against him, and he's been trying. We've been trying to get a game in against each other at different tournaments for a while. It just never worked out. So he challenged me. He was playing a Mono God Warriors list, all Nurgle. Uh, he had a Chaos Sorcerer of Nurgle, level 2, uh, unit of 17 uh, warriors with the Mark of Nurgle and the Standard of Discipline. He had an Exalted Hero of Nurgle with uh, the Talisman of Preservation. He had a unit, another unit of 17 Chaos Warriors, Mark of Nurgle, three units of five Chaos Hounds, the Hell Cannon, and a War Shrine. Um, we started deploying. I started doing the same thing. I started taking my... Oh, what did I have in my list? Real quick. My list was the... I took a level 4 Master Necromancer. I still haven't figured out how to play VC without... I mean, I need magic. I need magic, otherwise a lot of my stuff gets killed and goes away and never comes back. I'm Like I, the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean... Lore of life. Yeah. I've, yeah, there you, you go. Know, so much of my stuff just dies so easy, though, so... Uh, so I had a Master Necromancer. I gave him the Talisman of Preservation and the Black Periapt to carry the the dice over. That's kind of become, I've, I've really come to, come to like that. It does, it helped out a lot to, that day. Uh, I took a level 2 Vampire BSB. He had the Heavy Armor with the Ward Save. Um, it was the 5-up Ward Save so that I could give him the Dragon Bane Gem and the Biting Blade. And he had Always Strikes First. I had a unit of 32 Skeletons. Uh, two units of 30, about 30 zombies, five hex wraiths, a spirit host, two fell bats, crypt horrors, and a vargulf. Um, so when I was playing against uh, Elmer, what wound up happening was I put a couple of my chaff units on one side to kind of see where he was placing, and he was kind of trying to straddle the river until he found out what it was. It wound up being a, a fear-causing river, which basically meant pretty much nothing. nothing at least not for me that that's what our ours was too so oh. him as tomb kings and me with my re-rollable leadership 10 it never really came into effect right so now uh basically you know he had he was pushing forward his two units of the chaos warriors he had the sorcerer in one and the hero in the other we kind of both went forward i actually went back very close to the baseline because i wanted to grow more models because one of the things i didn't realize was the Mark of Nurgle gives you your opponent's minus one ballistic skill when they're shooting at you and minus one weapon skill when they're fighting you. Now, most of the things now you see in the list say to a minimum of one. That doesn't say that. Zombies are weapon skill one. <laughs> and I had these two big blocks of zombies that I was using kind of to slow people down. But he had to roll to hit me, but I wasn't even allowed to attack him. He was hitting on threes, and I had a weapon skill zero. So no, I had no, weapon no skill, attacks. Huh? I couldn't hurt him. I and find it odd that zombies are affected by um, flies and pestilence and muck. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of weird. But it was—I mean—but it affects them more than anybody. Of course, now his warriors are all weapon skill five. Most of my army's weapon skill three. So I, he was hitting on threes. I was hitting on fives almost the whole game. It was really kind of brutal. I got the Vargulf into the side of his hell cannon. This game wound up being a six-six. I only beat him by about about 100 points. I got more than him, and it was 160, I think, he needed to get past a 6-6. Six, six. 
took out his dogs. Uh, I didn't want to fight those Nurgle warriors. I knew that I was going to be hitting on fives. I knew I had skeletons, and the stuff that I had that could actually hit him well was still a little fragile, and he had more models than me, and they're Chaos Warriors. I didn't want to just lose these smaller units, so I just kept raising dead and speed bumping him, and you know his, his warriors are coming down, running, trying to get to me, so I throw a unit of zombies an inch in front of him at Hang an angle. Away, go that so way, go he charges, way. and it's like, well, are you going to overrun? No, I don't want to overrun because I want to get to you, but then I reform so I don't get to move forward. Okay, I just... I was speed bumping him yep. the whole game. And not giving up points doing it. Right. I finally got into it with... I had run the hex race through his uh, one unit of warriors and killed a few. Finally did run the skeletons up with the two with the vampire character and managed to kill a couple, uh, a good amount. And I had enough where he couldn't... You know, when he won, he wouldn't crumble me. I started killing them and actually won a combat. The crypt horrors and the skeletons managed to break them. He runs eight. We both pursue seven. Ouch. And now the only models left were the champion, so I got the banner, and his general. But, you but they the were fleeing. the units. I didn't get the points. Uh, that sucks. Uh, I got the Vargolf into the side of the Hell Cannon, got it down to one wound. Didn't get <sighs> the points for it. So it was a 6-6 six, six where had I done, had my pursuit roll on either of them been a little better... Or had I killed the Hell Cannon, those two things right there would have swung the game about six, seven hundred points. The Vargolf beat the Hell Cannon in combat. Yes, repeatedly. Really? Four up regen. Uh, his 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 his. Uh, it's like a the, the Vargolf's actually got really good stats. It's uh, we are not able to thunder stomp it. And the Hell Cannon only has four or five attacks. Five attacks. It's got four or five, but his uh, I got a weapon five attacks, strength five, weapon I think. skill five, strength and toughness five with four wounds. So I hit it, and uh, it's, it's easy. I've got regen. So the, regen the, the, the few wounds he got, there. I regen almost. I almost. I think I failed one regen save. Yeah, but he's tough six, isn't he? It was, well, that's six? why I was only wounding him one or right, two right. wounds. Uh, I mean, I'm you know weapon skill five, strength five. So I was. Oh, the Vargos is weapon skill five. Oh, that's big. So, so hitting, I was hitting, hitting on threes, on threes. I think. Yeah. Um, I managed to get it down to one. I don't think his. I don't think the the crew. Uh, they, they never did a wound to it. Mm, they just they okay. couldn't wound it, and I managed to just. I, so it was just me and the Hell Cannon punching each other. I got it down to one wound. I only had one wound on me, but once again, so it wanted to be in six six. I did grab an objective, um, parked eighty zombies on top. Of, by the end of the game, my two units of zombies each one had seventy, one had eighty, oh, and I had fifty skeletons. I just kept regrowing them. Dave, I, I can't believe that. You haven't once yet said, oh, the warriors, I hate them. Two units of warriors, a hell cannon, a war shrine. <laughs> I looked at this it. This is a net list. I hate it. It wasn't really a net list. It kind of was. I did kill the war shrine. <laughs> I did manage to kill the war shrine. Well, I looked at it, and I said, okay, it's not all corn and zinch, and there was no zinch on a disc. Um, and basically... With but he made your guys not able to attack. I couldn't do it. Well, that's what, <laughs> well, that's what I was doing. It's like, uh, here... Uh, raised dead, twelve zombies. I killed them all. Okay, he. They never got. They never saw combat because I just. I like. I, 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 as it should be. I can't beat them. They're not going. I just took them out of the game. Uh, so that was a. I won that one eleven six because of the objectives. But okay. it was otherwise it was a draw. But uh, yeah, I didn't realize what a pain in the ass it would be for my army to fight Nurgle. I was like. Ah, it's Nurgle. That's not that bad. At least it's not corn or something like that. A little underestimated there on the Nurgle. <laughs> <I'm an eat. laughs> so uh, let's. Uh, why don't we go to uh, you, Chris? 
Me? You? Yes. Okay, I was uh, rocking my goblins. I could run through the list here. Sure. Uh, I went with a goblin war boss as my general. I had the plus one leadership on the BSB, only a level one shaman, rocking a dispel scroll. So kind of a calculated risk there, going light on the magic. Very light on the magic. Uh, squig herd, uh, 20 models, 15 squigs. Two units of goblin wolf riders, uh, f- full kit. Uh, soda. Two cokes, two diets. Uh, go full, ahead, go full ahead. kit with shields, champions, and everything. And I'll, I'll tell you, those wolf rider units are great. The extra um, attack from the champion and the standard. As chaff or as just uh, how as many chaff, were unit? Uh, five. Okay. As chaff, but also they, you know, if you get them in the right matchup, they could do some damage against oh, yeah. uh, you know lightly armed archers or, or whatever. Uh, a horde of forty night goblins with uh, bows and three fanatics. Uh, two wolf chariots uh, individually running around. A unit of six trolls, and then the gunline portion here. Two spear chukas. <laughs> uh, two Doom Divers, a Rock Lobber, and then two Mangler Squigs. So uh, I was going up against uh, Brian Hodge, who's an old-school Warhammer player who kind of fell away, uh, started playing a lot of War Machine. Yeah, in fact, I, I, don't, I don't think I'd ever met him until Saturday, but I know uh, I'd seen him on Twitter talking a lot. Right. With, yeah. Yeah, so he's a good guy. So he may be starting to come back to Warhammer. That'd be cool. Yeah, um, we're yeah slowly he, moving he was just on machine. Twitter asking for a 3,000-point game. He may be going to the Screw City GT. Woo, yeah. buddy. So we'll see. Yeah, buddy. You get him, and then you get uh, Steve Leckman, because those two hang out quite a bit. Getting Steve Leckman back, that's like, that's the, that's the, getting, that's like the, holy, have come full circle. That's the holy grail of pulling right. people back to war, to eighth edition, after eighth edition. Started. So, Brian was uh, using his high elves, uh, so I was looking forward to this matchup, since I played both armies. Right. Uh, he had a level four with death magic, which was going to hurt me quite a bit. He had a BSB... Uh, 25 spears, 16 archers. A little different build here. Two units of five reavers, which I never use. A uh, unit of 18 white lions and two great eagles. So he had a very maneuverable army. Okay. So uh, basically what happened is he moved his reavers through Vanguard and their 18-inch move right up in my grill right away, right in front of a bolt thrower. So right up in my grill. Right up there. So I, There's the U-Tang coming through. What he was trying to do is what you do sometimes, you and uh, Barnett, is move his unit of fast cavalry on both manglers and kill him right out. But he didn't have quite the movement to do that. So he had to settle for sitting right in front of a bolt thrower to pressure me right away. So okay. what I had to do, I, I could have shot the single bolt at the, the reavers to maybe kill one, but that would do me no good. So I had to chuck a mangler out right away to hit those reavers and it killed them all that's fine but then it was right in front of my lines you know moving randomly so later in the game as it's moving oh, at one right, point it might move through yours it'll that's right. yeah yeah so at one point i rolled a 17 on its movement and the arrow went right through two chariots oh. heading towards my unit of fast cav so boom hits both chariots dead just comes just shy of that uh, uh wolf Rider unit, but that's something I've learned with those manglers. I, I say just take the hit once with a big unit, something that can absorb the wounds, and then it's random. And if, if it gets you, if it gets another unit randomly, then you, take you know the that's the luck. You know, but odds are, you know, three hundred sixty degrees uh, that it, it's it not going to go towards your, your, your yeah. unit because it's random after that. And so. People really feared those manglers, which I, I loved. They, they, they create such havoc, but they they cause havoc and. They do. I mean, how two d six strength five six armor strength piercing. six armor piercing. So minus forty your armor save. So you have to have a two up to even get an armor save. 
And if you want to park on it to get rid of it, it's 3D6. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that is, that's extremely brutal. For 65 points, it might, be, great. it might be some of the best points you could spend in the game. Yeah, the best grenade unit. So uh, I, he had the one spearman block on the one flag, so I, I pressured him and with the squigs and uh, a lot of shooting. was able to uh-huh. whittle that down. And basically, this game came down to me just shooting him all over the place. And the key was to take out the Reavers early and to take out those Eagles early. He parked one Eagle on top of a Mangler, so we killed each other. And I'm fine with that trade because those Eagles are so much more versatile than a Mangler. So that if, True. If, if I have to make that but trade, it's, but I'm, it's worth I'm, the point. It. It's it's worth the points trade off. Yes, Absolutely. The, the Eagles can do a lot, but the amount of damage you are negating by just taking that thing out of the game. See, I think he should have shot the Manglers with his archers. Or or death magic them. Well, yeah, I mean, you could have done that first. I mean, that, that's the first try. But once it starts getting close, you got to have something there. To I mean, you can't afford to have that thing running through your unit, especially if you're running an elite army with yeah. smaller units. You yeah, cannot true. afford. He runs through and rolls at twelve. You're done. Yeah. You know, it's that's it. That's the game. I mean, it's something so small that might not do a lot, but the potential. It's just it's a threat you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. That his lore of death was a real threat. Uh, the one thing that I did have, though, was uh, on my general, which I knew he was going to go for, he had a, the five-up ward save armor, but then he also had the magic resistance amulet to give okay. him MR3. Okay. So he had a two-up ward against magic. So all those death sniping spells, two-up ward. So nice. I'm like, Very yeah, nice. Yeah, bring it on. He did purple sun me once. Uh, that was unpleasant. But, uh, again, a lot of shooting over on the other side to whittle his white lions. Um <laughs> His BSB and his mage, he jumped out of his white lion unit. Uh-huh. I hit that BSB trying to kill him with two dude knifer shots for a total of five hits. Uh-huh. He five up warded all five. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whoa. Five believe that? Up? Five up. Oh, so, that's a beautiful thing. But that I, yeah, I ended up uh, winning that game 17, I want to say 17-4. So you got all the objectives? All the objectives and, and won that game. So, okay. yeah, it was a good game. All right, Harrison. Okay, so what I took was reaching for my army. I took an archmage, a uh, level four archmage uh, with the seer staff of Safri, so I could chick, uh, pick my own spells, and the talisman of preservation. And I took Lord of Life. Okay. So it cost me three hundred thirty-five points, which was a lot. I had a level two mage with the silver wand, so he knows an extra spell, and the talisman of endurance, so he has a five upward. So you had six levels of magic. Yeah, wow. it was kind of ridiculous. And so I, did knew I. S- I knew seven spells. Wow. Yeah, but you, it's kind of required. And he actually decided to take the lore of metal. Because I thought that sounded interesting at the time. Of course, I barely got to use it at all. Hmm. And then I took 19 uh, Sea Guard. Uh, w- and I did buy Shears. Uh, not Shears. Why would I buy Shears? Um. Uh, shields and the war banner. Interesting. The war banner actually did win me some combat. Been cooler with shield with shears. Just giant They will shear in an extra rank. A high elf with shears scares me a lot more than a high elf with a shield. Uh, ten archers, uh, fifteen white lions, uh, and twenty sword masters. You uh, love your sword masters, huh? I do like my sword masters. I hate them. And I borrowed two of your eagles. <laughs> so I hope they did you proud. They did. Only I forgot that a terror geist could fly at one point. So 
Okay. <laughs> Those big wings, okay. Oh. Not sure how that happened. They, they got um, holes in them. How can you fly with holes in your wings? It must be pretty hard. Maybe we should just have hover. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so this was actually my second game, and I played Kyle Frank, who took an Empire Army, and he took uh, Mario's Leetdorf, uh, just basic him, a captain of the uh, BSB with full flight armor and a pistol, and a warrior priest with a warrior priest with heavy armor and the enchanted shield. Then he took thirty-five swordsmen, full command, and a detachment of five archers, ten uh, inner circle knights with full command and the wailing banner. Oh, there's your lower metal target right there. Yeah, I didn't get to use it though, because oh. he had his knights on one end of the vo- uh, the river, and I had my mage on the other, and neither of us wanted to get in the river. But you could, you could read out, reach out and touch them with your Searing Doom spell, no? I know, but I, I didn't actually have Searing Doom. Oh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then ten handgunners with a, with a marksman and a repeater handgun. Then he took five pistoliers with an outrider and a base, brace of pistols. Uh, and five outriders. And then he actually took a uh, level three truthsayer with Lore of Life. So, so life versus life. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we got we got on the board. Me basically the whole game. It was okay. I'm staying. To mo- what half my stuff is over there? Half my stuff is on the other side because no one wanted to get in there. We actually found out what it was when I made his archers run through it. So, what did it end up being? It mm, necrotic ooze. Oh, so they get poison attacks. Poison Is attacks. Right? He was running through it though, and dangerous terrain, all sorts of bad nice. stuff. Nice, good times. And so what happened was, I charged my sword master straight into the, straight into his inner circle knights, and my white lines into his pistoliers, and his pistoliers ran, and I made sure that. I was hoping he'd do that so I could redirect straight into his knights um, with my uh, white lions. That's the matchup you want? Oh, yeah. You don't want to get those knights charging on you. You want to keep them at the lower That's strength. Exa- so. He actually did charge me and then rolled box. Well, and with then the, he rolled the uh, elves, snake you're eyes. striking first. So. Yeah, but still, I don't want plus two strength on me. Uh, you're still only toughness three. Anything's going to tear you tear through you. But I want, anyway, I can, want as much ahead. armor save as I can get. <laughs> uh, strength four, toughness three isn't as bad as something higher. I mean, you know... Yeah, yeah, but I you're mean, still hitting first. Yeah. If you get the white lines in with the knights, you're in good shape. Yeah. That's true. So I killed like five knights and did a wound to Marius Leetdorf. So that made those guys start running. Nice. And then I r- ran my sword masters at them and I caught them. That was very f- fun. <laughs> and then that caused his pistoliers to, um, to run and they... They uh, panicked. Yeah, they panicked and like ran closer to the edge of the board. Okay. And then at one point they rallied and my archers shot them as many times as they could. And there was one, and he ran through the river and died. Well, it sounds like this game is going very well for you. Yeah, but that's only one half of the river. <laughs> oh, okay. The other half of the river didn't go so well. <laughs> so, first thing you did on the other half, hand gutters. Ten shots, boom, killed one of my mages because I had him hiding in a forest. On his own? Mm-hmm. What are you, high? <laughs> is this your level four? No. Okay, it was my level two. Okay. Why wasn't he in a unit in a bunker? Because I was worried that I'd get charged 
I didn't want too much stuff getting killed. My life guy, he um dropped a dwellers on the truthsayer, killed him right there. Nice. That caused the archers to run through the ooze, and we found out what it was. Then that caused the swords, the swordsmen to run, and the handgunners for some reason stayed. And then I, and then my uh, sea guard, since they have bows, I just killed the outriders right there. Nice. Yeah, Harrison caused a, a panic uh, wave through the <laughs> army. <Just> Run. <laughs> I'm playing the game round two. Harrison comes running up, and I'm like, oh, did you lose that quick? And he's like, no, Dad, I caused one thing to panic, and half the game, half of his board just ran off. I was like, wow. wow. Hey, that happens. That reminds me of last edition. Or not necessarily seventh, but sixth. Any time prior without the BSB rerolls, I mean, it was a very, uh, it was a very common thing to have triggered panic tests. Down makes sense. Panic. Makes yeah. sense. You're standing there fighting. One unit runs by you, screaming, "We're doomed! Run!" It causes more people to run. I'd run. So how'd how'd your game wind up, Harrison? So then I backed up and I dropped a dwellers on the swordsman, and I killed. His standard bearer, his VSV, his witch hunter. Ouch. Jeez. No, of course, I couldn't actually claim the objective because I was too far away and I wouldn't be able to make it. But he didn't claim it either, which was fun. So I wound up winning, winning like a 14 six. Wow. Uh, wait, I won. You won. Yeah. It sounds like Kyle's were dominating the battlefield. Yeah. 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 I'm a little confused as to exactly what happened. It seems like I was getting reports I, all I just over hear the place. Empire running all yeah, over the place. This guy ran, yeah, and then these guys shot, and then I shot these guys in a river. But, hey, you yeah. won. Yeah, I won, like, 10-4. 10-4, okay. Nice. <laughs> in the end, I 20 nulled him. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> nice job, Learn Harrison. from your uncle, handsome. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you hated high elves. Oh, I, oh, I do hate them, yes. Oh, okay. Oh, just, just make <laughs> well, I have a few words for you, then. <laughs> Watch it. All right, Save um, it for the table. All right. Quick, uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and do round two. Um, uh, yeah, because i got to pee. Okay. <laughs> You've heard him on the show. You've seen his work on our website. He's Brian Steele, owner of Urza's Den. That's right, folks. Urza'sDen.com. Custom modeling, sculpting, and painting. you got a model you don't want to paint? Send it to Brian. you got an army you don't want to paint? Send it to Brian. You can't come up with an idea for a conversion? Give his ideas a try. Heck, you got an army list with models they don't even make? Brian's the man. Give him a call. Check him out at UrzasDen.com. You won't be sorry. Uh, we're back. Back, 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 back. <laughs> the second back, scenario... Back, 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 back. Enough. So the second we're scenario back. was... <laughs> the Ruins of Zinn. And this is another one, straight up, uh, battle line deployment. There was an 8 by 8 building in the middle, and that was a secondary goal, is to control the building. Uh, and six, that's worth how many points? Six. So 12 points, six for the building. Like the first scenario, you had three points for each objective. This is six points for the building. And then, once again, the two modifiers, be in your their deployment zone, they're not in yours. Uh, general is dead or fled, not yours. So... Uh, Harrison, why don't you take this one? Yay. So, I played uh, Jordan Steinhoff. This is my third game, because we're going straight out of order for me. Okay. So, he took a vampire lord with a hand weapon shield, 
and Red Fury, Quick Blood, the Dragon Helm, and the Sword of Bloodshed. And uh, he's a level one. And I took a Necromancer with a Dispel Scroll, who's also a level one. And then he took 30 Skeletons of Spears, 10 Skeletons with Hand Weapon Shield, 10 Skeletons Hand Weapon Shield, uh, 3 units of 5 Dire Wolves, 1 Terror Geist, 10 Hex Rays, and 5 Black Knights. Huh. Very low magic and very low... How many, how many points was his Vampire? 379. Oh. Still he, less got... points than my Sorcerer Prophet. <laughs> But he's got very hitty units. Yeah, and he also opted not to take invocation, which I found retarded. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't have. Oh, uh, it's okay. Nice, it's just a nice. <laughs> he did. Oh, well, here's the thing with the short bus. <laughs> he, he didn't have. He didn't have very much to regrow. And the things he did with a level one, anything that's not infantry gets one wound back plus one for the caster's level. The ethereals don't get the even the ca- they just get one anything vampiric or ethereal only gets one, so for him to take invocation he'd be casting spells to put back one wound or one model. There's no point. Okay, so this is a game where um, this was since this was the Watchtower one, it was so irritating because we were rolling dice and we couldn't actually see what we were rolling without rolling into other people's models. We took out the Watchtower and put a die there representing where it was. Fair enough, that works. Because at least we could see what we were rolling. So what was your strategy going into this game? Because the building is six points, so you want to take that building. I wanted to take the building, and I also wanted to kill the Terrorgeist. Because I was committed to taking that thing off the table. Just to, just to say I, could, I did. Okay. I deployed everything, and I realized, oh no, my white lines, which I really wanted to hit the... Terrorgeist was on the other side of the board, so I was running. So I was trying to kill like the big block of skeletons and all with the vampire vampire lord, while at the same time running from hex wraiths because I don't like them, not one bit. But they didn't actually do anything. Okay, what did what did you have with magical attacks in your army that could take those on? A wizard. Oh, that was it? So you had nothing else that had magical attacks. My wizard um, was metal, and he had the enchanted blades, though, so he could give someone magical attacks, but that never worked. Well, Mm. Lore of Life has that Shield of Thorns. I didn't have Shield of Thorns. Oh, you didn't get that one? Okay. No. I I chose spells, and I chose... um, I chose Throne of Vines, uh, Fluster Stone, Regrowth, and Dwellers. Okay. Maybe you should have chosen it. Hindsight's 20-20. Silence. (laughs) Oh, okay. <laughs> Phoenix Prince has spoken. <laughs> the Phoenix Prince has spoken to the grubby dwarf. Phoenix Prince is going to get edited out and go to hell to bed. <laughs> All right, Five come on. more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> come on, tell us your game. Come on, seriously. So at one point I actually did charge the Swordmasters into the uh, Terrorgeist, and I wound up doing like one wound. Really? Yeah, he made a ton of regen saves. And I wounded Six with Six up regen saves? He yes. made a ton of them? Nice. Uh, and the thing is that I with wounded your, with, with, like with white lions? Sword, uh, sword masters. masters. Oh, sword masters. Even still. They're wounding well, on fives. Six, right? Yeah, they're wounding yeah, yeah, yeah. on fives. Yeah. But you had to hit with, like, all of them. Yeah. I hit, I hit with a... Hitted. I hit with, like, all of them, and then I wounded with, like, two-thirds of them. And he, say, he rolled up a bunch of sixes, wow. huh? Yeah. Nice. That's some good rolling. 
So then him, his block of 30 uh, skeletons and the uh, vampires just walked into the building, which was not good. And you were never able to get him out? No, uh, um, like, I didn't know, I didn't know, I was hoping, um, that there would be more than just wounds, which would count for, uh, combat res, so, no, no just, yeah, those aren't the, yeah, I was <laughs> double checking that on the building, too, how that worked. Yeah, standard war banner, all no, sorts of other stuff, oh, dang, you didn't damage. crumble, you didn't crumble to death, poop. I did manage, um, one eagle did manage to kill, like, eight skeletons and a master, and a, not a master, a regular necromancer. Oh, some character assassination. Nice. I hope eagles are awesome. I, uh, they are really good. But I was never able to actually get the guy, the um, block of stuff out of the, uh, what's the building. It, the building. Okay, so how'd that game wind up? I lost by a lot. Okay. The the one thing, Remaging one piece of advice I might piece. offer is. Uh, for that building, that's almost a tailor-made scenario for for your swordmasters to but go into. But they were dead. They had died that quickly. Yeah, they were killed by the terrorist. Oh, well, yeah, starting from starting from deployment, they should be going for that building. Yeah. It they started screaming straight for the um straight into combat, and then it like screamed one of my mages off the board and stuff. Oh, that terrorist! Something that I always get into trouble with the watchtower is yeah, that I lost like eight four or something. Okay, is, is is Harrison's trouble, which is oh, I can get in the building later, and, and really, as long as you've got no, a unit that can, that can hold it, because they are stubborn, just go right for it. Just yeah. go in there. You know, it's better to be fighting them off than to have to try and fight to get exactly. Back in. Because if they're stubborn in the building and they're just able to keep rolling those leaderships, it's hard to push. You're, them out. you're golden. I mean, even with chaos warriors, I have well, he was trouble fighting undead too, so he. There, was, there is no fleeing. He had to wipe it out. Yeah. And, they just and he had his vampire in there. It was dead. It crumbled. Right. Didn't well, he didn't have him. invocation, so there is no growing it back. Oh, right. But still, a bunch of skeletons and that vampire. You put, the, I mean. Regrow- but if you get your swordmasters in there, 10 models, that's 20 attacks. That should be 20 attacks. 21 right. with a champion. Yeah, regrowth, that's that's re- a lot of attacks. Regrowth but really he, yeah, he didn't me make there. it there, so what do you I would have directed. Like four so was, or five of those models against the vampire. So Kill was, things. So it was eight four plus the six. So he beat you fourteen four. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, Chris, do you want to take the ruin? The next one on the ruins. The so this was a, a, a challenge between me and Mike Jordell, who was a part of the Twisted Troop out of Minnesota. So this was your first game. My first game, correct? Okay. Uh, I, I don't have his exact list, but I do remember he was rocking uh, level four Lore of Life Slon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, unit of uh, against your level one goblin right hero. So oh. I was up against it. Yeah, it's, here comes the dweller spam. Right. Yep. Uh, he had a unit of uh, Saurus. I think twenty five, twenty six. Okay. Uh, two units salamanders. One with two. One with one. A lot of skinks and a unit of six croxigorp. Okay. So we deployed. Uh, my trolls were my my building unit, building assault and and hold. Uh, nice. But as soon as we rolled for turn, he rolled. He won the first turn. Okay. So I knew he was going to take the building and, and hold it forever because leadership 10 slot re-rollable, I'm never going to get him out of there. Oh, okay, right. So that's what he did. So first turn, he moves up. He didn't do the reform into the building, but he just moved up. I moved up my trolls as far as I could. Second turn, he went and claimed the building, and there they stayed. So um, that was basically it. I assaulted the, the building with the trolls uh, a couple of times. Killed some stuff. Killed some of the warrior uh, Saurus. He would just regrow him with Lore of Life. So I knew that it was a 
you know, a long shot to get the that unit out of there. So right. I didn't really focus on that. I focus more on the the other stuff. Okay, all the support units. So <laughs> one highlight that I had was uh, my stone thrower targeted and nailed a salamander. Okay, it's like so good. It's like you know, it hits it, bullseye wounds five. Uh, doesn't go to the doesn't go to the skinks. Doesn't hit a handler. Does five wounds to the salamander. Boom, take it off, son. One less nice. salamander to worry about. So those things, those are, things are gonna they're so wreck brutal. my army. Oh yeah. Uh, Did you just it. say take it off, son? Take it off, son. That's no? what she That's said. That's the Tang. Oh no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> take it off, son. Well, it's not, son. Officially, so basically, what happened no, was that, if it's gonna be that, it's gonna take it off, son. <laughs> by the, by games end, I had won the game by two hundred points. So, that so that's a 7-5. Seven, 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 five. Seven, five. But Mike held the building, so he claimed those six seven, points. 7 And you couldn't kill the general, so that's there was it. no those other two points. That's right. But technically, I did win. The two points one. The two points for each, the battle, those battlefield, getting in, did you get into his deployment zone with your stuff? Uh, I, th- I did. But that one point for your his general's dead or fled and yours is not, it's that, that constant, you want to get that last point, go for go for the general. Right. Go, go for, for the, the throw. Yeah. yeah. And he did. He he dwellered my unit twice, uh, but didn't manage to kill the general. And my level one, man, he held up <laughs> fighting off uh, the level four slot. And he did have some pretty poor magic phases. Well, they're cunning but vicious. Or what is it? What are the... They're, yeah, yeah, that's cunning but vicious, and the orcs are vicious but cunning. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I think when you maybe you guys have similar experiences. I don't know, but if your magic phases, if you roll low on those winds of magic, that's a lot of points that you you're not maximizing. Well, yeah. Uh, if, if I roll low on the winds of magic, half of my strategy's gone. Right. I got to get these vampires painted and done so I could move on to playing something else for a little bit. Just I want to get just this to mix painted. it up. Yeah. yeah. I was actually putting away models the other day. I had all these models out, and I was cleaning up. And I realized I still had a tub of dwarfs out from I don't remember when the hell I played with them, but they were still together. So I started putting them all on the shelves and put them away. I'm like, uh, I'm looking at the paint job. Then the first army I painted, going, I need to strip this entire <laughs> army and repaint Look how it. Far you've come. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've never thought in a million years that I would look at an entire army and be like, I need to strip this entire army there and repaint it. And I'm thinking it now, and you know, except for those. Uh, Rangers that I painted in camouflage, they turned out good. Nice, nice. But, yeah, uh, those did turn out good. But I'm I'm putting them all away last night. Going, man, I miss my dwarfs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but uh, I'm still going to stick. Like I said, I'm going to play with this VC till I get it all painted because that's part of the goal. But nice. Um, so you know, my long term objective is to play every one of the twisted troop, and you know, put a little skull and crossbones for every victory. So I've got one for Mike Jordal. Uh, so you you, you uh, well uh, do you count you won the well you, according to John Gazek's rankings he he put the the results up round by round oh so because he put you went down as a win so you won the battle points but you didn't win you score wise your score wasn't but you won the game right I see okay so so Grant how'd you do in the ruins the ruins of Zin is it what it, what's it called yep Zin? the ruins of Zin uh, okay or All maybe right. you say Zine Zine. Uh, well, it would be appropriate because this was a game against a Zine Charmy. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Bit of a stretch, but we'll go with that. Okay. So, yeah, I played Mr. Dustin Vogel. Uh, he was an awesome, awesome opponent. I, I um, thought I'd recognize him from somewhere, but we talked about it for a while and decided that I've never met him before. So, <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, never met me, Grant. Okay. All right. Um, but he's got a, a beautifully painted army. You talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, pretty much everything in the army is custom. Um, I guess he won best painted at Mary Mayhem last year, uh, as well as um, 
uh, he may have won this year at Invasion Kenosha as well. He did. But we don't know yet. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, well, sorry. there you go. Cats out of the bag. Spoiler alert. He won Best Painted. So um, this was an awesome game. I We don't get much uh, exposure against demons because we don't have a demon player in our uh, in our lot. And... We so we just don't get a whole lot of a chance to play against demons. So it's always a challenge for me coming up against demons. Not because they're hard, uh, which they are, but just because we don't. Yeah, from the inexperience, yeah, really. Um, and it, it kind of proved so again in this game. Uh, I, I did wind up winning the game, so I won't pull the. Oh, I got a twenty nil. But uh, but I, there were a lot of decisions that I didn't know what to do because I don't really know what the uh, what the demons have and the one thing that I remember that they do have uh, like the, the the plus one charge banner the, the the extra charge for the blood letters he actually wound up not having in this game okay. so <laughs> I was like okay I know they're probably gonna charge they're gonna go a little extra far and they actually didn't wind up having that uh, that banner so um, this game was unlike my other game in which the first couple of turns were uneventful. This game started right off the bat where, um, uh, I basically moved my Kadai up, forcing, uh, him to do something, uh, making it a long charge for the blood letters. And I said, you know what? If he's got it, um, which he probably does because I've never played against demons where they haven't had that extra charge, he, he's going to get it. And, and I failed to see, uh, some, some flank charges co- coming from the fiends. So luckily for me, uh, I assumed that the blood letters were going to make it in, but uh, did, didn't necessarily know that he would charge from the sides with these fiends. Well, he tried to sandwich me with two fiends charging as well as his unit of blood letters. Uh, well, as I already foreshadowed, he didn't have that additional charge banner and didn't make the charge with his blood letters, but made both of his charges onto my Kadai destroyer with the two fiends, which became quick lunch for the Kadai because um, the fiends are. You know they're pretty nasty. They 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 do strike first. They have magical attacks, um, but they're more for support. Yeah, they're, they're more for supporting attacks, and they're they're more war machine hunters and things. And against the, a toughness six Kadai that is you know whipping out flaming attacks at them before they even strike, as well as able to um, uh, just I, I was able to divvy my attacks between the two. Uh, they uh, they were both killed in one round of combat, so that gave me a, a quick point edge on him. Uh, he attempted; he did have the siren song, which he used on my big general's block of dwarves to try and stop me from getting into the building, um, and uh, didn't quite. Uh, this is this was a point where he caused my that unit to have to try and charge the Damonette unit which gave me a big decision as far as what to do with my Kadai. And do I take my Kadai and I charge his blood letters and take the, try and take them on solos, a unit of, uh, what was it, let me look, oh, 30 blood letters with full yeah. command um, with a Herald of Corn in it. Do I charge into that unit solo? It was not a horde. It was six wide, though, because I played him later. Right, yeah. right. It was, yes, he had it six wide. Um, it was really a tough choice, and this one choice probably took me five to ten minutes. And you're probably wow. sitting there thinking that, uh, you know, as a player sitting on the other side of the board, uh, you know, you're shaking your head. like what? It, it felt like five to ten minutes. Maybe it was only two to three minutes. But I, I just sat there. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Because either way, if my big block of dwarves 
did not make their charge. And for dwarves, charging isn't that easy. I think I had to roll a nine to to make it with my dwarves. If they didn't make their charge into the into the daemonettes, it opened up a, a a rear charge from the daemonettes onto my kadai, and and the kadai just can't take that type of. Uh, even though it can dish out a lot of damage, it, it can't take that type of combat um, static res. yeah resolution. The static res. So because it's unstable, it'll go away. So it was a it was a big de- decision, and so I actually decided to take the um, uh, take the Kadai into the Daemonettes as well as the declared charge from my the Siren Song from my Dwarf unit, and I'm glad that I did because my Dwarfs did not make it, stopped just shy of the building, and this is still the building, um, the, the kind of pseudo watchtower uh, scenario that we're talking about. So they did not make it. They stopped one inch shy of the building, which was good for them so they could waltz into their next turn. My Kadai got into the Daemonettes and my I had to give up my wolves right in front of the blood letters to, to stop the blood letters from charging my Kadai, uh, getting a, it was a, like a rear or side charge basically on, on the, uh, the Kadai. So I was able to Stop that charge from happening, and the rest was history. Really, there the the Kadai um, did stick around in combat, wound up wiping out the uh, the blood or the I'm sorry the, the Daemonettes with the Herald, wound up wiping them out. Uh, turned around to face the Blood Letters just in time for the Blood Letters to get a charge off on my Kadai. They held up for the rest of the game, and uh, finally, while well, while my uh, my unit of dwarves was sitting pretty in the watchtower. He just gave up on the watchtower and said, well, you know, I'm not getting out a huge chunk of dwarves out of that watchtower, even with the blood letters. So um, he charged the blood letters into the Kadai, and they just held it out for the rest of the game. And the final roll of the game, the final close combat round, bottom of turn six, he does two wounds with his blood letters. I had already killed the Herald out of that unit, but he does two wounds onto my Kadai. Um, I, you know, with my four up ward save, I need to make uh, just one of those ward saves. I rolled my two dice, failed them both. Ouch. So very last roll in the game, I lost the Kadai, made for a super epic finish, you know, turned the tide a that little was, bit more towards his favor. You know, right at the end, I just throw my hands up. Yep. I'm like, oh, and then yeah, that was pretty winds huge. Up, winds up being a double, double high five in the air for him. You know, I, I, it was, it was a great game. We fought it just hard. And I mean, models were coming off the table left and right in that game. Um, another, this game is another game is a game where my bull centaurs really came into effect. My, my one unit of bull centaurs held off, um, a unit of flamers, uh, got into combat with a unit of flamers in the front who they're, they're not great in combat, but they have strength five attacks, um, held off a unit of flamers as well as a unit of flesh hounds in the flank and eventually a unit of furies in the rear and the bull centaurs held Wow, all of those attacks. Yeah. You know what? Once again, we talk about, we don't play a demon player. I saw the, I saw the, the, the flesh hounds of corn. And I'm used to dire wolves and chaos hounds, so I was like, "Yeah, whatever for them." And then I'm like, "Oh my god, these things are, these things are tough." Yeah, I always forget. I always think, "Oh, they're just they're just dogs. They're just hounds. Nope. They're not going to do much." Oh, no, those no. things are rough. They're, they're like yeah, wep- they're, they're brutal. Four strength, five. Two attacks, MR three or something. Yeah, yeah two wounds apiece. It's just. They're, they're they're nasty. They're nothing nice about those flesh hounds. They're expensive though too. So if they're they're good targets because they're they're still only tough five, tough four with a five up ward save. So if you can put enough attacks into it, um, they'll uh, you know don't shoot them with magic. 
Remember, remember that against uh, flesh hounds. Don't shoot them with anything magic because they've they've got a, a magic resistance. I think three. So I think they've got a two up ward against magic. But anyway, so that that game wound up uh, me winning. I took the building, um, and I think that one again was about a fourteen four somewhere around there. Fourteen, yeah, right right around nice. there. Okay. Uh, I played Matt Herbold. Um, I played his vampire counts. His vampire counts on vampire counts, and one of the things we both agreed on is we don't like to play mirror matches. Like you don't necessarily want to play vampires <laughs> on vampires or ogres on ogres. I played him at, at Adepticon uh, for in the how you use it. I played him on the bottom table with Skaven on Skaven too. So oh. <laughs> mirror match there, bottom table. So he's got a master necromancer level four with the talisman, a dispel scroll, and the ruby ring. Um, a level one vampire, extra hand weapon, the night shroud. The night shroud's forty points. It only adds a plus one to your armor save. Like everyone's like, oh, it's so nice to use with, like necromancers. But everyone in base contact, it's always strikes last. So that's not bad at all. Um, seed of rebirth. So he got the six up ward save on it and uh, red fury. He had one Cairn wraith, fourteen skeletons, thirty ghouls, seventeen grave guard hand weapon sheet. No great weapons. Uh, five Black Knights and a Terror Geist. Now I know I play VC, but I—I I mean, since we actually talked about it, like in the book review, I haven't actually built my Terror Geist. I never used one. I never played with it. It's a good a model, and it's a good thing. But it's one of those things where you look at it and it's like it's—it's it's tough and it's got a lot of wounds, but it's still got no armor save and a six-up regen. That's it. So I've kind of not. And plus, I've been doing so well with the Mortis engine. You know, if all things being equal, I just haven't gotten to it yet. So I totally never even. You know, Never really considered it, sounds right. like. Right. Yeah. And uh, I didn't realize, I mean, I guess I totally forgot that this, the Terror Guy Scream is not the same as a Banshee Howl, which I thought worked the same way, and it's it's slightly different. It's but a, it's, it's a, a boosted version of it. Yeah. Right? So, um, okay, this one, I got I got to go first. I moved up. He moved up and then tried to Van Hells himself into the building. Uh, I stopped that. Uh, I got my big unit of skeletons into the building. And uh, we start, you know, trading blows. Back. First, I'm moving my Vargolf up the side, trying to get up, the, you know, run up the side and see what I can cause. Terror guys, boom, lands in front of it, screams, rolls. He's got six. Uh, he rolled a seven. No, he rolled a nine. So that's 15 minus the four from my leadership of the... <laughs> so 11 wounds I had to save from the scream with my regen. I saved seven. Which means I took four wounds, which is exactly how many it has. Take it off. Yep. Crap. So then I'm kind of running around. I'm checking out. I've got this unit of crypt horrors that I'm like, do I go after his knights or do I go after his ghouls? And I'm trying to figure out which to go. I'm like, ghouls get a lot of attacks. Maybe I'll go after the knights. I didn't want the knights to charge me because I didn't want to get the uh, lances. The lances. The getting the, yep. Yeah, getting the extra strength. Um, he did wind up getting that charge off against me. Um, but I managed. I had the level four able to help to re to regrow whatever wounds they took. So they were holding that off. The game just kind of went back and forth a bit. Um, his unit of graveguard had his vampire uh, in it. The skeletons were way in the back with the necromancer, and I was trying to get them with the bats. I tried to get to them with the hex rays. I did manage to run the hex rays through the unit. But not actually get into into it enough to 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 to, to destroy it. Um, basically, it winds up becoming outside the building. There's a huge battle between my skeletons and his grave guard with 
are two characters in it. Um, he manages to kill my general, the necromancer, and I start to crumble a bit. Um, I, I actually get desperate and run the, the zombies into his flank. He's like, are you sure you want to do it? I'm like, you've only got two attacks, three attacks on that side. Um, my ranks are going to disrupt him to get rid of his rank bonus. Ranks, charge, so flank. I Flank, so I had all this stuff to slow him down. I was winning combat. Every combat I kept winning by one, but it was not enough to... I mean, I had some... I mean, there, there was some bad rolling here. We were laughing. Um, you know, my skeletons are hitting on hitting on fours, wounding on fives against his grave guard. So I pick up and I go to roll my to hits, and I get... Like, almost everything hits. And then I pick up to wound, and I didn't get one wound. I had, like, I mean, literally, I had, like, wow. 11 hits, and I rolled no fives. So, no, it was just, I, that That was, uh, the, the zombies. The zombies were what was saving to me. I pick up the zombies. I roll eight zombies, because he's only three deep, so, or whatever, two deep. I roll eight zombies, um, uh, five up to hit, five up to wound. I roll, like, you know, eight hits. I'm like, woo! Then I roll like two wounds of damage. Oh, so the whole thing kept going like that. I moved the zombies into the building, and I was—I had everything right there, so I was trying to regrow them. One of them I just failed the roll, and the other one he managed to dispel, so I just couldn't regrow them. He attacks the building with ghouls. He's got the Karen Wraith with three attacks, the the Ghast, which so that had three attacks, and then the other eight all get their two attacks because they're at the so building. That's twenty-two attacks. Yeah, twenty-two attacks. Okay. Finally, uh, we, the last turn that the, of the game, we're in the combat. He manages to kill them all and move, or the turn before the last turn, kills them all, moves into the building. It was eight to four, and then he got the building, and then my general was dead, and he had a unit. I mean, he got all the bonus points. So I lost eight four, and he got all the bonus points. It was brutal. It was really brutal. At the end, I said, "Man, that terror guy is kind of broken. That's terrible. That's a that's a horrible unit. I'm going to have to have two of those yeah. on my next list." <laughs> it is pretty good. It is. I mean, I didn't realize it was two d six plus his wounds. And in the beginning, I mean, unless you can knock two three wounds off on turn one before he gets that scream, six wounds. I mean, so it's anywhere from eight to sixteen right. against your leadership. Now, granted, my leadership on most of my army is crappy, but even against, I mean, high elves are mostly leadership eight. Well, but, well you know, I think they'll do really well against uh, mediocre leadership ogres. Yeah, Mornfang and that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. But I mean, even against something with a good leadership, not, not if you got a double iron blaster, though. See, and that's the thing. That, right, but yeah, if you, you well, have to, if you're going to one up the terror, you got to you got to go first. You got to go first and fl- and fly it up there really fast and get at it. Right. So, but but even against uh, dwarves. You know, leadership nine or ten across the board. Well, I mean, all he needs is a roll of two, and he's at eight. You know, your average roll is seven. That's a thirteen. Thirteen to start, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can really do some damage against. Uh, it's, funny, it's funny that you never uh, considered it, though. You know, it was I didn't have it built yet, and it was one of those right, things so that I, of, I just out of sight, out of mind. Kinda, something? yeah. Okay. I mean, I was working with the Mortis engine, and then I had taken the challenge to take the Coven throne, and it never hit the radar. So, so might we see uh, a T Geist? On your uh, workbench? Yes. Yeah, turn can, it on. Machine. I'll crank out 250 zombies, no problem, but this is a little more intricate work. It's not just... Uh, 
I'm not just cranking well, it out. This, this is, is where you use those Windsor Newton brushes, right? Yeah. Have you used those I yet? I have been using okay, them. They're good. very nice. Good. They're very nice. I still, I've, I've been trying to do some freehand painting, and even with the Windsor Newtons, I'm having a lot of trouble with that. I'm going to have to tap the both of you for your freehand uh, painting. Water down knowledge paint. and layers. That's the key. Stop. I can't get them thin enough, and I can't get the lines right. I just, I'm, I'm having trouble with it. But let's not dwell on that. That's, this show's going to be long enough as it is. Uh, okay, so that was it for uh, round two. So let's go to round three. Okay, uh, the third and final scenario is called The Flags of War, which was, I thought this was kind of an interesting scenario. Um, the way John had it set up was a diagonal deployment, but instead of going like the one in the Warhammer book, which is corner to corner and then six inches either way, he just had you measure along the long side. You had the, you had the, the one corner for your deployment, so you had the 48 inches along the short side, which is the full side, and then you went 48 inches along your the, the long side of your deployment zone, and then you just drew a line from that spot from four feet down to the corner. So you had like this wide gap, which was easy to measure and put out. It was just from that point to that point. Um, there it were th- made them, what, what's the geometry, term? equilateral triangles? Is that what or um, what, what's a triangle with? Isosceles. Isosceles yeah. triangle, is that what it is? I or or oh, no. it's a parallelogram in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> the middle is a parallelogram. Yeah. That it is. But uh, so, But what you had was... At the top and the bottom of the board in that no man's land was a big, uh, what was it, lava? Was it uh, two oh. pools of lava and then carrying quicksand. quicksand in the middle? So you had this stuff to get through, um, but it was the diagonal deployment. So uh, the main goal was still victory points. Secondary goal was to have a higher percentage of standards at the end of the game than your opponent. So you took out his as many standards as you could. If you took out all his standards, it doesn't mean it's it's a modified blood and glory. Just having a higher percentage at the end than they had, um, and then the same two battlefield modifiers. So that was the that was the that was the scenario. Okay. So all right, Harrison. Yeah, your turn. I played Paul Wagner from Whis- Wisco Dice. This is your first game, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he is Wisco Dice, correct. Okay. Uh, so he had um, a tyrant on a... Uh, he had the crown of command, which he didn't use as from what I've heard the whole tournament. Uh, the dragon bane gem, warrior bane, the armor of destiny, and an iron fist. And then he had a hunter with a blood vulture and the Arabian carpet, which I found pretty hard to kill. And then he had a bruiser with an iron fist, heavy armor, and a lookout noveler, and uh, the dragon hide banner. So he was a PSP. Yeah. So okay. then he had two. Um, so then he had two iron. Um, uh, thirteen, thirteen ogres, with two iron fists each, um, a standard lookout noveler and musician. Uh, and then he had one mornfang. Uh, with, um... How, how many Mornfang in the unit? It doesn't say here. Six, uh, 60 times what? Uh, one twenty. I think it was right? three. Was it three or four models? Either three or four, okay. uh, Mornfang. Uh, with an Iron Fist, uh, Heavy Armor, and a Standard. Okay. And a Dark Emissary with the Lore of Shadow. He was level three with the Spiral of 
the spiral of oblivion and the staff of darkness. Okay, hold on a second. Let's let's stop right there because this is the first time this is actually coming up. We didn't mention this. John went through the Monstrous Arcanum and the Storm of Magic rules and picked out, went through each race and said this race can have some of you know, he there was a this limited a limited use of he was allowing Storm of Magic monsters um, as rare choices. So um, Paul's list was uh, a, a unit of a big a big block of ogres, about four characters, a unit of Mornfang, and then the Dark Emissary, which is actually another character. It's a wizard character with shadow. It's treated as a rare counting unit. Counting as a rare ah, unit. Okay. So his three units were a character and two two units, and then a bunch of other characters. So it was the, the, basically a huge block of ogres, uh, 13 plus three characters, I think. And then uh, the Arabian carpet, uh, dude. Dude, Oof, so he's mind razoring a bunch of ogre bulls. Yeah, Oof. he didn't mind razor though. But, but you could. could. That's just scary. Yeah, he just didn't. So how did the game go, Harrison? We're going to keep this. Let's try to keep the just. Well, hit, let's hit the highlights. Well, here's definitely a highlight. Uh, he forgot to put his Mornfang on the table because he thought him. Because at the top it said Saber Tusk, but in the unit entry it said Mornfang. So he thought he had a Saber Tusk, but brought the wrong army. So he didn't put his Mornfang on the table at all. So I got those points, which was nice. Okay. So then what happened? So then I basically forced him to charge um, his big block of stuff to charge me over the quicksand, which um, made his general fall into it, which was nice. Is that a uh, initiative test? If they fail, it they die. I think or so. I strength test. I think it's a dangerous terrain test, actually. Oh, yeah, I think that's right. Uh, DT, but that dangerous terrain don't normally only do one wound. But I think on that one, the quicksand if you fail, it, you just yeah, it's die out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then I um then I had a ton of stuff going at, and I killed this BSB too, and then uh, he eventually ran through my big block of stuff and killed. Um, both my wizards, and he basically tabled me from that point on after he broke my big block of um, uh, sea guard. So he had a big block of ogres with several characters chopping through everything, and yeah. then he also had the hunter flying around on a magic carpet. Yeah. That was a separate one, and then... Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> that was... It was mean. And then he had the dark emissary sitting around and, and just... Throwing shadow magic at stuff on top of mm-hmm. it, so uh, that one that one actually went pretty quick for you, didn't it? He kind of yeah, but I now, was done within the hour. Now, like like myself, Harrison and I have both had trouble finding the right answer for ogres. Um, we've been hung up. I mean, I've I've, I've won a, I've I've lost more games to ogres than I've won. Let me put it that way. And I think Harrison's had the same problem because I remember we were playing and it seemed like oh, about forty minutes into it, he came over. He's like, "Yeah, I just totally got." Hmm. He's like he just trampled through me. And that was after I put all my stuff away and on the display board with the <laughs> appearance card. Hmm. <laughs> See, on paper, what I think, what I would have done is probably focus on either the white lines or the swordmasters, get them into combat with his whatever his main unit was, mm-hmm. probably that big block of ogres. Oh yeah, flesh to stone them up so they'd have boom, a hard boom, time, boom. yeah, wounding you. But you wound him pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, there's just yeah. so many characters in the front though, doing all that damage and hard. I mean. The, the, did you focus on the characters to kill them? Because you, you, those seem to be the only people you managed to kill. Well, uh, I didn't, like, um, the guys that could attack it, I did, because okay. they were a lot of points, because they're ogres and characters. And so I actually did kill them. Mm, so 
Yeah. And then, uh, hmm. I forgot what I was going to say. Okay. Yeah, I got... If you managed to kill those killed. characters and stuff, I'm wondering, he didn't 12-nil you, did he? No. No. It was like 10-2 or something. Oh, okay. And then uh, he got some objective points? Yeah. Okay. All right, so that was a really quick game for you. Yeah, it that, was. that kind of stuff. And that was your first game of the day, wasn't it? Yeah. Ugh, that's 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 a brutal way to start your campaign, your tournament off. Uh huh. All right. Well, um, okay, actually, on this one, Harrison, um, thank you for talking, talking with us and talking about your games. But this was your last game, and it is getting late, and you got an orthodontist appointment in the morning. So yeah, say good night, Gracie. Good night. Hey, I'm not Gracie. I know it's a it's a. I know what it's from, but I'm not Gracie. Okay. Good night, Gracie. Good night. If a game is only as good as the person who plays it, then the best games can be found at Unique Gifts and Games. Collectible and classic card games, board games, RPGs, tabletop miniatures, hobby tools, and more all found within. And so is an amazing community of fellow gamers, as well as dedicated gaming tables, terrain, and a library of open games to try. It's also your source for Unseen Lurker, the independent tabletop wargaming magazine. Stop by for Warhammer Fantasy Mondays, 40K Tuesdays, and War Machine Wednesdays. Demos and tournaments are alive and well at UGG. Check their website at uniqueugg.com for their calendar of events or call 847-548-8270. Don't forget about the rewards program, their convenient location in downtown Grays Lake, Illinois, and their friendly staff. Unique gifts and games. Great gamers mean great gaming. All right, and now Harrison's uh, off to bed, so let's get on with the rest of us. Um, who wants to take their uh, the flags of war, their next scenario, with the lava? Mine's the quickest. I'll go. So I played <laughs> I, I, I played the uh, the player that you just played. You played Matt, the vampire Matt list, Airbowl, yeah. The, yeah, the vampire list with the terror geist. And again, walking in, when I walked into Evasion Kenosha, there were two things that I saw that I didn't want to play against because I was like, oh, those will, you know, those kind of negate the Kadai bonuses so there was the terror guys and the and the uh what's the the tomb kings thing that i played a casket of souls so and i played against both of them then so i'm like oh man so i'm going against up against this terror guys so i walk up to the table i go oh man the terror guys he goes he goes oh man chaos dwarfs (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like oh yeah you're right but he knew what he was coming up against because he's starting. Uh, he actually just bought himself uh, about a six hundred dollar investment into the Forge World, you know, wow. minis to to get himself a Chaos Dwarf army. So he knew it pretty well. Um, in fact, something I didn't mention: what I did for all of for all of my opponents is I actually printed up a list of army builder of just the the basic units with no upgrades not even like like i just put one chaos dwarf one sorcerer prophet one of each thing on there and i handed it to my opponent and i said here here's so that you can know the stat line of these because not everybody's got not, not everybody's got tamarcon you don't really see chaos dwarves that still much not as but, common. um i went to to give Look him his you, he, did you give him a cookie with the list <laughs> i can't i can't tell you what i gave him so the <laughs> That's what she said. Expli- <laughs> Explicit tag. So the um, uh, no, but I I went to go hand him, and, and I'm like, well, do you know the chaos dwarves? Then he's like, oh yeah, I know exactly what they do. I'm like, oh okay, all right. So so no, so now not only do I not have the benefit of him just not knowing uh, chaos dwarves, but he's also got the terror geist, which is going to uh, munch my kadai. So um, that is what she said. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh. If her terror guys is munching my kadai, I'm just leaving. I'm not even getting into that that quagmire. <laughs> <laughs> that kadai is on fire. <laughs> oh. oh man. Uh, it's it's burning with something. <laughs> That's a uh, Oh no. <laughs> Burning, not itching. Anyway, the uh... pull together, boys. <laughs> Keep it on track. <laughs> Harrison goes to bed. And the wheels come off. Exactly. <laughs> the so we both uh, castled. We both castled. This is the diagonal deployment. Uh, I have heard about this on Healing Hammer and Bad Dice so many times. I've, I've never seen. I it. have never played a game like this where we both castled in the very back corner because I I said you know what I've played against Dave too many times. If I get stuck, he had two casters with the invocation of Nahak. If I get you know stuck in, I'm never going to get any points off any models. And and you know my my couple of giant you know I've only got two units effectively or three units with the bull centaurs and they're just going to get stuck in with all of his units of zombies i'm not going to play that game so i'm just going to sit back here and i know that he's going to swoop in my terror guy so i'm going to try and control where his terror guys comes and swoops in and that's exactly what i did um i I was literally in the very back corner of the you know maybe a foot out by a foot out and make a triangle there um that's where my army sat and he with no war machines (laughs) can you believe it so the only thing i had with any range to him was my flames of asgore spell which is really anywhere on the table in line of sight but uh, that's the only thing i had against him and he did the same thing he started castling and then by the end of deployment we we both kind of go oh my god now what are we going to do? It's you know, a non-game how, how do game. we how do we get across the board? So he makes the attempt. Finally, he sees that all I'm going to do every turn is flames of Asgore his um, his terrorgeist because if it hits directly on the center with the flames of Asgore, it takes a toughness test at minus two. If it fails, it's taken off the board. So he sees that that's all I'm doing. Um, for for the game for the first two turns and he goes well skip it I gotta I gotta come flying in so he comes flying in to try and uh, terrorgeist my to, to to howl at my um at your my, no not my kadai because I I put my kadai in the very back corner of the board so there was no way that he could get to him without. He he couldn't land. I placed all of my models so oh, that well, he couldn't land within no. eight inches of my Kadai. So uh, to try and prevent that scream, so the the he he tried to scream at the what are they the hobgoblins my hobgoblin wolf riders and he wound up killing three. Uh, but because I was in the generals uh, in my general and BSB's range, I had a leadership ten panic, so they didn't wind up panicking. They stayed on the board, and then next turn I was in Kadai range, so I could I could charge with my Kadai on the roll of a nine in order to get that terrorgeist. I rolled uh, rolled my. Um, uh, ro- rolled my charge dice. I rolled my nine. Got into combat with the terrorgeist. Wiped that out in one turn. And then at that point, he's got pretty much his entire rest of his army sitting uh, a good thirty-six inches away from me, and just the the terrorgeist dying on his own. And I'm up by two hundred and fifty points. So I said, okay, <laughs> that's that's. And, and and he said to me, I was thinking about actually moving stuff up, except he actually said to me, he's like, you know what, Grant, I would do the exact same thing. So that almost. Uh, 
vindicated that to me or, or validated, validated yeah. that to me in my own mind that, okay, I can do this. So I just, I just backed up and stayed in my corner and he had to come and, you know, try to charge for me or charge forwards to me. And now because that was the fourth turn already, he had three he's turns to get to it. me and he, no. he couldn't make it to me. So, nice. um, it was pretty much a non game. We were down in about half an hour, 45 minutes. Wow. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were playing next to Dave. He said, yeah, he actually offered, he's like, why don't we just rack, why don't we just, Roll some dice and just play it out because we got nothing else yeah, to do. Yeah, I'm like, we could play for like, you know, if it, yeah, that was six turns. But we could just play for ten, just to roll some dice to kill some guys and sure. see how things would do. Wind up if you actually got across to me and and he and, and he was like, nah, it's the last game. We'll we'll go ahead and pack up. So uh, it was fun. It it was a fun game as as. Uh, as a, much of a non-game as it was, and, and we kind of both knew at setup what kind of game it was going to be, and we're like, "Oh, okay." Well, well you, you just made one fewer mistakes than he did. Yeah. That turned out to be that turned deciding. out to be the win. Yeah, yeah really. Um, because and and truly, it could have wound up just being a six-six just draw if we just sat there and my flames of asgore never did anything so he was banking on that he could swoop in with his terror geist kill my entire unit of of wolf riders that would put him up a couple of points and then um uh you know and then he would draw he would back off yeah withdraw to the back yeah but he didn't catch that he was within. Did he? He just took the risk. I think he took that risk. I think he just took that risk of getting charged by Kadai yeah. on a nine. Or maybe he didn't see it was at kind of an odd angle, um, and because I did leave myself a path that my Kadai could charge through, um, but not big enough for for his unit to land in. So um, very crafty. Yeah, I'm I'm a crafty sob. Um, nice. Yeah, and that 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 was the end of my game. So I won all three of my games very with, my, cool. with my Chaos Dwarfs. Dwarfs. In their, Very their nice. first outing. I keep calling them dwarfs. That's uh, a, la, cranky. a la cranky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my game was against the guy you just played with the demons, against uh, Dustin Vogel. Once again, yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful army. Tons of conversions. He says, yeah, I'm like, dude, there's just so much in there. He's like, oh, that's what happens when you're last semester of college. You only got to take like two classes. You yeah. sit around <laughs> on eBay just buying bits. He did. I mean, his, his blood litters had crude heads from... The 40k from the Tau, cool. Which actually kind of looked cool. And then he would take off all the swords because they didn't, you know, they won't rank up. He took them off uh, at the hand, left the bottom half of the sword on, and then used white lion axes. So they all had uh. axes. I mean, every and all. I mean, his furies were not. I mean, they were all made from a bit, uh, you know, kit, different kit bashing. Um, his uh, flamers were kit-bashed. His fiends were kit-bashed. I mean, everything on there was very unique, very individual. He's got a great display board, too. Multi-level. That was the coolest thing. His display board was, like, it was like a, it looked like a pillar of flame, like a long spiral, and then on top of it was, like, it like looked floating like, a, like, rocks. like floating rocks. And they were all at different angles. They weren't even level. He had magnets in there so that when you put the models and the units down, they would hold on, even yeah. if it was, it was a very cool display. Um, I castled in the corner knowing that demons were gonna kind of tear up a lot on my on my army um i had to hide my ethereals as best i could because they had no defense against because he's got all magical attacks um he was kind of building a little bit back and then realized i was castling and then pulled the rest rest of it up as close as he could um it was. I was playing a little gamey. I did a little summoning of zombies to sort of speed bump him along the way where I could. But for the most part, what happened was he pulled forward. I threw what I could in the block. 
Um, I didn't want to give up the banners and give up the six points, so I just kept growing those units. Once again, I had this huge, you know, five wide and ten or twelve deep units of skeletons and zombies. Um, he made quick work. Uh, he couldn't get a lot of my core units, and he just he he wasn't able uh, to get the uh, the crypt horrors. They went in and they they were fighting the the corn hounds, the flesh hounds, which. Once again, I didn't realize we were that tough. I thought it would go quick. And we're in a couple of rounds of combat before I, I finally wiped them out. And then he siren-songed my, uh, from the demonettes, he siren-songed them. And he had just, he, right after he put on the spell that gives them the plus one strength flaming attacks. Oh, ouch. The flaming sword. So yeah. I'm like, great. So wait a minute. So now you're wounding on better and my regen is just out the window. <laughs> I just now that was, through those like, Well, actually, paper. that was near the end of the game, and he had a couple of bad rolls, so they they were able to live. Basically, he took the Hex Race and the Spirit Host pretty quick. He was able to get them really easily. Yeah. Uh, the Felbats died. Yeah, that, that was another thing, too. He had his magic was fire as well. So when I was playing against him, oh, yeah. Chaos Dwarves don't really care as much about fire attacks. So I mean, not only did the base unit have five upwards, but um, my Bull Centaurs are really high toughness, and the uh, Kadai Destroyer is a two upward against He would start so. off throwing fire at my. Crypt horrors, and I either had to, you know, I had to constantly try. Now the nice thing was he only had a level two, so I was at an advantage to the dispelling, but it was still rough. Um, this is where the black periap kept coming in. I, I most of my magic phases, I had like ten to twelve dice. Just so saving it for the dispel, and then I would save two for the dispel. Um, so basically, I lost. Uh, I think I lost the Vargolf. Yeah, I lost the Vargolf, the Hex Race, the Spirit Host, and the Felbats. That's it. Um, but then what else did I have? Zombies, skeletons, and crypt horrors. So they all lived, and my characters lived. Um, I only managed to get... I got his flamers. I got one fiend. I got the flesh hounds. Um, this game <laughs> came down to... I got 405 points off of him. He got 402 points off of me. So it was a 6-6 draw, but I won <laughs> three points. By three points. <laughs> And because I hid in the corner, he was in my deployment zone. I wasn't in his. He got the sure. bonus point. But for the most part, it was kind of a non-game. I mean, I was chewing away at his stuff. Um, and had I finally decided, I just, like, really do I want to engage zombies into blood letters? I mean, I had enough where he just couldn't do enough. To Eventually, at the end of the game, I did hit him in the flank with the zombies trying to do something. Because he only got, like, three attacks into them. And they got ten. Still, and he's like, you know, I was just. I'll take them off the back. That's fine. Uh, I would think, if anything, zombies are what you want to throw into blood letters. Let right, them kill I just, all, they all they want. It's so well, cheap. it was one of those things where I didn't want to lose any. I didn't want to lose the banners because I didn't want to lose that six points for that. Um, but it was nice because I threw him in the flank, and he was gonna. He, I mean, he was moving those blood letters and trying to charge and get those crypt horrors out of the way, and then make it just all my weak right. units. But the zombies did what they do best. They hit him in the flank, and. Nobody moved for the rest of the game. It, it doesn't seem like you have that much hitty power in your army. I mean, I, 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 at least in the last couple of armies that you've taken, it, it seems like you've got, well, you've got the Crypt Horrors, and you've got, in this one you had a var, the Vargolf. The, the Vargolf and the Vampire is pretty hitty. The oh, level yeah, 2 well, Vampire yeah. was pretty hitty. Um, though that's part of the problem. Well, last time I didn't get any good hitting power because I had the damn stupid throne. Um, but Terrorgeist. <laughs> I'm telling you, the Terrorgeist is nice. I, I've been avoiding... I forgot how good the. Uh, I really because in part I haven't painted them because I really I've I've got a scheme in my head for painting my uh, uh, grave guard, 
and I want to have them because they don't have the uh, they have killing blow. They don't have the magical weapons anymore. But I still want to paint them with that that nice you know the shine on the on the, the supernatural glow. Yeah, on the you know or the you know because the weapon's got a curve. I want to get that in there. So I haven't really been playing with them, and I just I forgot how good. Graveguard are, you know, even though they don't, you know, even without, I mean, I took them all the time when you had the four of regen banner because you knew they'd live. Now, um, you know, well, you think about because uh, we have our four thousand point slobber knocker, so yeah. think of, maybe that's the time you, you use that terror guy. So I don't know if I can get him built in time, I'll definitely take him because he is okay. a cool. It is a cool model. So I just, I, I really see, especially with your love of of just bogging people down and keeping them entrenched. I mean, I, I can just see. Um, using units like those, those uh, the Cryptors and the Terror Vargeists, the, the, yeah. those are the ones with the wings. Right, really just holding those back, getting your you know pushing the zombies forward and getting them entrenched, and then you then you've got the freedom to bring your var, your 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 Vargeists, whatever hammer units, well, whatever yeah. hammer units you have, just around to the flanks. I Blood mean, Knights would yeah, be good. here's my biggest Blood Knights, con- maybe, the biggest yeah, concern too. that happens with that is, and one of the reasons I try to get, the, I let them come up and try to get the zombies in the flanks. Is because you kill a ton of zombies and then the combat. If you win the combat by say five, oh, each unit, yeah, takes, each unit five. takes those. Yeah. So suddenly that unit of six. I mean, if you win by six because you're chopping up zombies, suddenly that unit of of six uh, cryptors is four cryptors through no fault of their own, but because they're crumb. I can't afford to let the smaller units crumble because zombies are getting chopped up. I kind of got to try to bring them into the flank. I mean. I know I'm not playing them to the best ability. I'm I'm still trying to learn how what I can take to sort of play my style and make this work. Right. Um, Don't you think you, you can make up that difference in damage done by your hammer unit in the side, though? I'm hoping so. I'm I'm hoping so. I mean, it depends. I mean, I mean the Vargas are strength five, right? Yeah, strength yeah. five, strength toughness five. four, Frenzy. no save. That's their weakness. Their they, vampiric. They don't have any save. I don't believe so. I don't think that's they do. okay. Yeah, we yeah that's why I kind of like the Cryptors because they're strength. They're not. They're only strength four, but their toughness five with the regen. And if I've got the engine next to it, it becomes a four up. So try those Blood Knights again because they have great save, great attack. The only thing they're not going to disrupt anybody. Well, I but guess so many attacks though. Yeah. Strength yeah, seven or whatever it is. Yeah, they're strength five, strength seven on the charge. Yeah, yeah that's kind of horses. I think are two attacks each. Yeah, and they're like strength four. Yeah, weapon so, skill I don't four. Know, something worth trying. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm I don't know. I'm going to bring something in. The bigger point games will be able to play more. At, at sixteen hundred, it, it was it was a little rough, you know. I mean, like I said, right. I, I, you had to really pick and choose. It was cool. Well, go ahead and do your last game, and then we can get into Grant's topic and get uh, and wrap this up. Okay. So the last game I played against Matt Jajak, who's uh, from Wisconsin. He was playing ogres, and he had a very soft ogre list. Uh, but he was basically using what models he had painted, which was uh, a Firebelly for his general level two, a Bruiser BSB. A uh, unit of 11 bulls, uh, full command iron fists, 8 iron guts, uh, a unit of noblars with a groin biter, uh, 5 lead belchers, and a giant. So, no, uh, what are those things? Uh, no no Mornfang and no cannons. What are those cannons Iron called? blasters. Iron blasters. So, I, and this is the one where it was the quicksand in the middle, which he avoided, and then the two pools of lava on either side of it. So, he didn't want to get into those either. So, I had two little funnels where he was going to try to get through. And that's where I parked my manglers. So if you're going to come through, you have to survive that hit. Okay. Opening volley uh, with my shooting, I hit the giant with a spear chucka for three wounds. Then followed up with the goblins and their bows and three more wounds. So dead giant, 
Whoa, take it off, son. <laughs> take it off, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So then on that other that same flank, he had the uh, eight lead belchers, which he rolled up, or the eight uh, iron guts, which he rolled up, and uh, he charged my trolls. But in doing so, he triggered the fanatics. He ran through one and landed on two others. Oh, oh so no. yeah, he so lost that's eight, uh, eight d six because they each do uh, two d six. Five, it was five d six. Oh, they each do one. They each do a d six of damage, but and if then you land on it. It's, it's two d six. Yeah, so he ended up losing. Uh, I think it was six ogres <laughs> to those uh, to those fanatics. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was, so that's it was fifteen. <laughs> yeah. Right. So on the other, so yeah, so they won that combat. So on the other side, his fire belly was in the uh, the unit of lead belchers, and my uh, the one uh, mangler was moving up. He, he did, tried a three d six fireball. He rolled like five hits and failed to wound. I think he wounded it once. Okay, it's pretty sad. His shooting didn't do anything. So I rolled for the distance on the mangler, hit it, rolled for damage, box cars. So 12 hits there, stripped it down to uh, just one lead belcher and the general. A couple of doom divers and spear checker shots later, general is dead. Yeah, that's the game, huh? Uh, it was and it wasn't. All he had left was the big unit of 11 bulls, which I tried to tie up with my two units of uh, wolf riders. But due to animosity, they both charged in, <laughs> got wiped. So he rolled up, and he actually got it. He charged my trolls, which was like mid-table. Beat them, overran, uh, and tried to get into my goblins, and I couldn't. I couldn't help it. So he had, he got into combat with my goblins. So forty goblins, fanatics already spent against his eleven bulls with a uh, bruiser BSB. So I knew I was in trouble here. What I should have done was reform for more ranks. I don't know why I didn't, but he ended up charging. Uh, he did enough. He, it basically boils down to he needed to kill one more goblin to break my steadfast, which he failed to do. Oh no! And yeah, the, the clincher is the spell. I hate that. The one spell that I had was uh-huh. uh, Gorkle Fix It, where he has to re-roll sixes to hit into wound. Oh! So I made him re-roll two successful hits, and those ended up being misses. Oh which, no! Yeah, so I held steadfast. <laughs> so, so Gork fixed it. Gork did Gork fix fixed it. it. So that was a, a very fun game. Uh, managed to hold on for the win there. I think it was a seven-five. Uh, but uh, yeah, good time. That was a good one. The Real one nice. goblin held on. Okay, so um, before we take a, a break, let's go over. So um, there was, I think there was like nine awards. Uh, there was the three best pod, the the winner of each pod. There was the best overall. That's four. There was best painted was five. Best monster. Best painted monster. Best uh, hobbyist. Best painted model. Oh, and then there was, I think, one other award. I think and it then was, there was the best team. The one award, the Golden Stein, which was a combination, I think, of sportsmanship and painting. Well, that was best hobbyist. Yeah, the, was that the best hobbyist? Yeah, okay. the Golden Stein was the best hobbyist. So there was nine or ten awards, including best team. Now, NW2 took best team. That's right. Uh, so that was that was a really nice one. Uh, got a nice little sword. Well, it was a chopper. And it was That's a not chopper. Its words. It was a chopper. Oh, it was a chopper. And uh, you guys were nice enough to let Harrison take that one home. That was really sweet of you guys. Because he looked at that and he was like, oh! and then Grant went up to pick it up and he's like, oh. And I'm like, don't worry. I'll ask Grant if you can have it. He's like, could you think? It is it? cool. It is a cool little sword. Um, well, I thought we were all going to come up. I'm like, come on, guys. We got to. And everybody just kind of sat there. So I just oh, held like it a, up. A said, club thing. Yeah, yeah. Said, said, you know, NW who? NW2. Woo! And the nice thing was that got said. 
Oh, oh that, wow. that got said to the point where people were getting annoyed because Grant Fetter, best uh, one-hour uh, pod. Now, Harrison didn't win his pod. That went to uh, Paul Wagner, who also won best overall. No, actually, Chris Chris, Chris Walker. Walker won the pod. Oh, oh Chris Walker won the pod. Yeah. Oh, okay. Who, who He came in second overall. Oh, okay. Uh, Chris, you won his pod. So there pod was two. of the ten awards so far, NW2 had three of them. Uh, Grant, you got the Glorious Monstrosity Award, which was the best painted monster from the from Tamarcon, Storm of Magic, or Monsters Arcana. So yeah, yeah, so you won the best painted. That was for your Kadai, for my Spider Kadai, your Spider Kadai, Spidai, Very, uh, Spidai. <laughs> or Kiter. Did she say that? Oh, oh God. What did she say? <laughs> I was going to say that's what she said, but I'm like, that doesn't necessarily make sense. So maybe she said it. I don't know. Um, so Krantz got two trophies. The The team's got the sword. Chris, you got the best pod. You got the best painted miniature overall in the painted miniature contest. For the Goblin BSP. For the go- which is gorgeous, actually. And then you got the uh, Golden Stein for Golden the Stein. combination of sportsmanship and... Uh, and hobby. And hobby. So yeah. it was basically... So it was like best... It was, it so was your like paint score. It was your paint score paint and your... Sportsmanship score, yeah. I Oh, suppose? and that was the 10th one was best sports, because you had a best painted, a best sports, and then you had the golden time for the best hobbyist, oh, which okay. was a combination okay. of the two. So overall, Chris, you walked home with three trophies. Mm-hmm. Grant, you walked home with two, and the team took one. So of the 10 awards, NW who? NW2. Took six of them. So that was that was kind of a hell of a thing. It is see. funny because the, uh, the IWFB guys, Illinois Warhammer Fantasy Battles, were giving us uh, a lot of a lot of flack. Some, some like, Twitter grief. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, NW Poo, boo. So I think we're going to arrange like, a plus. NW Poo. Because they're mostly um, Southsiders. Right. South side of the uh, of Chicago. Oh, so is that where the is that where the? Because I'm like, really? What? Where's this hate coming from? Well, yeah. So I think we're going to do a a cross town kind of you know club challenge, Northsiders versus Southsiders. Sounds good. Sounds real no. good. So that was the overall. And then the the raffle went off, and there was a lot of lot of cool stuff given out there. So the deal was, if you brought in a towel to be donated to the animal shelter, you'd get a raffle ticket. Yes, or you could just buy tickets for a buck a pop. Okay. So, um, yeah, we did that. And there was a lot of wonderful prizes. It was, all in all, it was a fantastic, a fantastic day. Yeah, I had a ton of fun. Great food, great people, great games. As far as one-day tournaments go, and that's honestly, I think a majority of the tournaments I've been to have been one-day tournaments between UGG and this and other stuff. Best one-day tournament I've, I've, I've been to. I mean, just everything. The, the, the food, the fun, the laid-back atmosphere. All the avatars of war, the, yeah. the swag bags. Yeah, I mean, he's got... Uh, I don't know how he gets all those people to donate stuff. He, he spends a lot of his time on this. You can you can tell that he just... He puts a lot of his time in. He starts um, um, almost as early as we do for bits, and he puts a lot of his time and effort, and it's pretty much a one-man show. I mean, even even loading up in in, in the morning, I, I you know, shouted over, John, you need some help? No, he just wanted to do it himself. He wanted to be the host, um, and that's something that I've talked about that we really like, too, you know, uh, with bits. We, we want people to feel like they're a guest in our... You know, in our event, and and he really does that, and he he, he embodies that as well. He wants you to feel like a guest. Anytime um, I'd ask him for anything, he would come over and help out. He's you know su- such a great guy, and he runs a really great event. Um, and it's I inspiring as well. And I've never had bratwurst pizza before, but 
Yeah, how, how was good. that? That was pretty damn good. Really? I a didn't little, try a little that. Heavy, there was onion with it, too, I think. It was a little... Like, the onion was a little heavy, but it was That's sweet why onion. I didn't try it, but it was retrospect, tasty. why didn't I eat it? Am I worried about it offending it, gamers with, well, my, with onion bro? Well, that is, really. and the fact is, you know, give it a try. What's the worst that could happen? You don't like it? You don't finish it. You never know what right. happens after a tournament there, And the Jardinier pizza was, was kick-ass, <laughs> yeah, too. outstanding. I'd never had Jardinier... Actually, oh, yeah, I had Jardinier pizza at your house that one time. That's why when you said you ordered it, I was like, yeah. So, um, well, that's that's that. That's the whole tournament. One day of a hell of a lot of fun. Looking forward to IK5. Uh, yeah, I am too. And honestly, I think John really does start setting this up like before, like, you know, before the end of the year. Because he already had dates and stuff set up way early. And this year, and he actually had Jordal come down. I mean, he was... How far is his drive? Probably five hours to come down and play in this. Um, I mean, I recommend anybody within a, a, a two, three-hour drive, you know, come on down. I mean, come down next year. Plan to put this on your schedule for next year. I don't know how much John wants to ex- expand it, but, uh, I mean, I, th- I think it's, it's, I don't it's even, worth the time. I don't even know that he's necessarily planning to expand it. I think he's very comfortable with the three pods of eight, but he, yep. he does want to fill it up. And he'll be he, happy had, to he had room to move up to another pod this year. He just never, since it didn't fill up right away. Right. Um, so I mean, I, I think he would want to do because right this year is twenty four with a couple of drops, but um, next year, you know, if we can do a thirty two, the more the merrier. I, I mean, I, I I don't know if he wants to. Well, That's here's the, the thing: thing. sign ins at nine, the first game's at ten, right? Isn't that yep. what it was? Yep. Ten to noon, and then one to three, one to three. and then three thirty to five thirty. We were done by like six six thirty. You you can you can start off early in the morning and still get home before before the news. You know, I mean, uh, or, or you can hang out and do open gaming. And the thing is, he was there. I right. mean, we were the last ones there, and we didn't stay necessarily for open gaming because I had to get Harrison home, and you had. To, but uh, he said he's like, well, I'm going to be here till eight or nine o'clock. If anyone wants to stay and get in a couple more games, you know, feel free. That's I mean, it's just it's a really cool the whole the whole day is just like just come in game. And to to kind of uh, tip off to what we'll be talking about next, the sixteen hundred point games really kind of lend itself to uh, comping itself. Uh, you don't see a lot of the really heavy combos, and and at sixteen hundred, other things become a little bit more powerful, like. Like like level three wizards is rares, but um, you know some things do. Well, become. that's 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 John throwing in storm of magic stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which was which was an interesting twist. Now, I I didn't take anything because the stuff that I was allowed to take, I didn't have. But right. uh, did you guys see a lot of storm of magic monsters? There wasn't a ton. Or there wasn't a ton. Not against There's definitely I a cockatrice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mike Jordan had that. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. was a cockatrice that, was fun that to kill. you'll probably hear about on Whisker that was Dice. Fun to kill. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he actually got to heroic killing blow a unkillable dreadlord with that. That's cockatrice. awesome! Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, oh, speaking of the storm magic, though, that is going to be my. We talked earlier about the. You know, I am going to try to do a scratch build model for something that doesn't exist, which will be the first time wow, I've done some scratch build model. I am the Necrofex Colossus, a giant undead. Uh, construct, yeah, and it's the size of a giant. It's it's basically just it's it's going to be just all sorts of body parts, like a Frankenstein's monster made up of yeah, complete corpses. dead bodies. Oh. Yes, corpses. that's, just, that's yeah. grisly. So, sounds like a fun project. So, well, I'm thinking if I can build a quick frame and then take all the extra bits I have from all the zombies and stuff from Mantic, kind of build it together and then get little wood and try to basically look like I built like almost like a wood fence around it with the little wire to hold it, like sort of like a 
holding like it all like in a with trellis little, almost. Yeah, with little yeah. bits kind of sticking almost like picket fence space in, you know, with just kind of bits around it. It might kind of look pretty cool. Sounds cool. It's it pretty cool. ambitious. I, I look forward to seeing that. Uh, I'm going to start it. I don't know when, but uh, I, I think, you know, I want to I want to start doing more hobby stuff, and I've never done something like this, so this would be something neat to try. Quick break, and then we're going to get back and talk about comp. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. BattleFoam, protecting your army. All right. Back, 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 back. Baggity, back, back. So uh, with Grant as the special seconds chair today, not that you're not special, Chris, but we weren't certain if you were coming or not. And well, we're actually sitting in the same chair right now. Yeah, there you so. go. So the, 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 Don't put your hand like, there. Like, Really? <laughs> Those aren't two pillows. <laughs> we won't tell anybody else it's a futon. We'll just let them think of us sitting on each other's laps. <laughs> Wait, scoot over a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's the spot. <laughs> <laughs> you guys wanted to go there. So. Oh, With you, any day. All right, so Grant decided for his topic he wanted to pick up some comp discussion because of uh well there, there's been a lot, a lot of yeah there's been a lot of discussion lately about comp um, <laughs> there always bits. is a lot there, yeah. there always is bits brought up some questions because we ran a soft comp which we'll talk or a, a, a player scored comp basically or an opponent scored comp and we'll talk about some of the differences uh in a little bit but that brought up some some talking points and <laughs> and uh i was just telling chris when you ran upstairs to use the little boys room um I don't do those kind of things. Grant sent me the uh, his talking points and her comp discussion. What? Comp, short for army composition. Then he actually starts giving me definitions. And my personal favorite is hobby, which is H-O-B dot B-Y. He's got it broken up by syllables, so I know how to pronounce it. It's just copy and paste from dictionary.com. Oh, <laughs> but I didn't spend that much time doing that. But I did like this. You got the right up here. A hobby is an activity or interest pursued for pleasure or relaxation and not as a main occupation. Uh, and then you have uh, a game, a competitive activity involving skill, chance, or endurance on the part of two or more persons who play according to a set of rules, usually for their own amusement or that of spectators. And then composition, the harmonious arrangement of the parts of a work of art in relation to each other and to the whole. Warhammer's art. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I nice. like that. I, I like that. that. In the dictionary, they give several different right. you know, definitions for different words. And those were the words that I – those were the, the definitions that I really want to kind of use as a base for our discussion and that we um, – we agree that uh, we're we're in a hobby. We're agreeing that that the game that we play is really all it is is just a set of rules. It's a set of rules created by someone, and if we choose to play by a little bit different set of rules, as long as we agree on it, we're still playing the same game. Then, um, but you have to kind of agree on that set of rules before you're playing, and then uh, just just composition. Really, all that is 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 that that um, it's a, a harmonious set of parts working together. So when you change that comp, 
you really are changing the full game that you're playing. And and that's something else that I, I want to talk about when we're talking about um, hard hard comp as far as actually limiting army restrictions um, and and when you do things like that um, how you change that balance how is the balance changed so um, really just kind of want to open it up first to you guys and see how do you um, define comp in Warhammer like what is your idea of what comp should be not necessarily whether it's hard or soft or anything like that but what is there a reason for comp? Are you for it, against it? Kind of off the bat, so when we're talking about these things, we kind of know what, what standpoint you're taking right off the bat. You can take this if you'd like. Comp to me um, means tailoring rules so that both players have a better overall experience. So that it's not so lopsided that the game is over uh, you know, in the bat of an eye. Okay. Better overall experience. Sure. Um now, I first was introduced to comp from listening to Podhammer because we'd never played. We just played out of the book, you know. Um, and I've seen so many different types of comp from where the TO gives a list and says you can do this or that or this is banned. You know, comp can comp to me is often um, just uh, it, can, it can be anything from a simple rules tweak. Um, well, what, what is the ideal that it should represent to you? To me, what's I, the ultimate goal here? I don't know. My, my ultimate goal is no comp. I just don't. I personally, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I, but if it is there, what do you think it's it's there for? If it's, I mean, if if it's there, I mean, if if a game needs it, really to see. Here's the thing. I like what you said. It's to help everybody have a have a have a fair shake at at a, at a decent game and have a good time. But I don't know that it ever necessarily turns out that way. See, and that's, I mean, I, I like that definition, but most of the time comp is the guy who's running the tournament adjusting the rules to the way he thinks it should be. Really? Okay. So you think it's it's a lot more tournament-based. I just think... Well, there's I, a different comps everywhere you go. Yeah. I mean, look at UK comp is so strict compared to what we play. I mean, look at ETC. And no offense to anybody who's in the ETC. I think it's an amazing thing. Warhammer players come from all around the world. But I looked at that ETC comp that when it was up on the Warhammer forum, and to me it looks like that's Seventh Ed. They just remade Seventh Ed because they preferred that for their tournaments than Eighth Edition. I mean, that's honestly what it looks like to me. And if I mean, and if that's the way you want to play, God bless you. I mean, I remember seeing comp lists, and one of my, one of the ones I really liked was the one. Uh, and Podhammer had talked about it was. They had this list, and I forget who I forget who did it. I used to have it in my phone. Is it WPS? The, the, yeah, the Warhammer, Warhammer Player yeah, Society, okay. and they had a list of, you know, comp. You get your comp. You knew your comp score walking into the game because they said if you take this, it's this many points. If you take this, right. it's this many points. If you, you took was softer, that eighth edition, or was that no, no, seven, it was seven, way seven, six and seven. Yeah. If you Nobody took softer has, units, you got bonus points. Right. If you took harder combos or a lot of power die, the you more got power docked. dice, the more you got docked. Uh, and it was like you, you started off with, I think it was like 2,000 points, and then you could add or lower points, and then you take that total and divide it by 100 when you're done. And so you could have anywhere from no points to 20 points. And so you knew your comp score going in. And then they would take that, and basically whatever the difference was between the two players' comps, and the final score, I think the player with the lower comp got half of the difference added to his score. 
So if you had a mm, twenty or something like that, they did yeah. that at Deputy yeah, Championships back. Or no, whoever had the higher score because the higher your comp score, the better like you that. did. So if you brought complete filth, like in seventh ed, if you brought total vampire filth, you, your comp score might be zero, and your opponent's got say a comp score of twelve, he would get six extra points at the end. Right, because that there was half the and difference. You got half of that, right? Okay. Because the odds are that you know. So play, the difference is twelve. So your your that you score get half is six. Right. Um, I've seen that. You know, I mean, there's and that was actually really interesting because you could kind of know what you were coming with, and you could try to build to to a plan. You know, kind of it was almost a game within a game. Here, here's the problem, though, with comp being what it is, and every everyone you know, humans, we're all human, right? Uh-huh. No one person is, or no one committee even is going to know top to bottom how to rebalance the game. Yeah, you, know, you know what I mean? The, there is no wrong answer. So there really truly is no right. wrong answer to really what comp. I mean, I guess maybe maybe there's there's no right answer. I guess there could be very wrong answers to, to what comp oh, I've is. seen. I mean, I've seen some comp lists that, that have people have looked at. Well, and, here, and this is what winds up happening is a lot of people, and I noticed this when you see the guys talking uh, from the U.K., are you going to this one? No, I don't like that comp list. You know, so they've got so many different comps and so well, many yeah, different terms. You have the luxury of choice. It, it, it does add some nice variety because I know, you know, I mean, if you're really competitive, you know, maybe you don't want to go to all non-comp tournaments. If everybody is really competitive, then you start seeing that one net list and it becomes everybody taking, you know, triple Mornfang, double Iron Blaster Ogre lists, and it's it becomes less fun. I can see if you're playing really competitive and you're going for hardest lists and best players, how no comp whatsoever could, some people could see that as, you know, we don't want to do that. We want to limit it and give other people who might not be doing that, you know, win-at-all-cost sort of scenario type stuff play. Uh, to me, <laughs> I mean, honestly, when we have comp, here's my idea of comp. Special characters, yes or no? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah well, that's that is exactly true. right. And honestly, if you say no special characters, and I know Christopher and I, Christopher's like, that's comp. I know it's comp, but when you say no, if if your only comp is no special characters, I pretty much say that's no comp. I mean, for the, for all intents and purposes, we've been so used to not playing them for so long that that's Which pra- is changing, right? Yeah. I mean, it's practically no comp. In fact, now I think the no special characters, at least around here, has become the exception rather than the rule. Right, right. It's almost a play the game as written, um, and I think that's championed by a few people in our community that yeah. really stand for that, and I think that that those voices have been heard. Um, and, and I really don't see in our current, you know, in the tournaments in the area, I, I don't see it affecting the game a lot. You still see a good mix of, of armies at the top tables, but I, something I want to ask is we've been talking about tournaments a lot, what do you think about in friendly play? What do you What do you think about comp in friendly play? If we're just playing, like you mean, like in our campaign, so or we're just not. Um, we're not. Let's just say a it's pickup Friday game. night Federcon. Everyone night show up at Grant's house and play, and we're not practicing for a tournament with, um, you know, with a certain comp. No comp. Why so would we? No comp. No comp. Not needed. It sounds to me like the accepted in the UK is. Um, that they they pretty much default to like a like a South Coast GT style comp. But let's be honest, the people that we hear from and the guys who are on Twitter, these guys are at tournaments every other weekend, right? So they're, so they're, they're always practicing. They're, they're, there's no there's no friendly pickup games. Even a friendly pickup game. What do you want to play? Well, let's let's play this set of rules because I'm prepping for a tournament. It's a friendly game, but it's still a tournament prep game, right? Whereas for us, most of our games, you know, up until recently have been... Campaign or casual. Campaign or casual. On the campaign, the, same, the only difference is you get a couple extra points for your gold. 
Uh, but for the most part, it's we're still playing pretty much uncomped. So really, you know, like I said, it's a it's a set of rules that we agree upon. And I actually played a game where we comped a little bit. We we both said, you know, what, we're not going to take a level four. Um, and I don't know if you remember, it was me and Ryan. We said, you know what, I'm tired of every game having a um, having a level four in it. Let's just let's just play where our general our armies are led by a general. No lord level led, wizards. No lord level wizards. And we play. I, I would say it's one of the most fun games that I've played in a while, uh, just because it was different. It was something different. Because otherwise, uh, I'm always taking the slaughtermaster as my general, pretty much, um, as opposed to the tyrant. And uh, and this way, it was like, well, hey, I, I know that I don't have to worry about him having a level four to try and oust my magic. I could take a little bit different army list, and. Well, but you, but you could you could take that uh, that risk upon yourself and not have it enforced as a comp rule and just say, hey, you know, for this game, I'm just going to roll the dice, and take no mages, or you know what I mean. And just but every time I think about doing, I could that, get blotted by magic, right? Yeah. But you you could, but you feel you feel better going into the game. You know what the meta is going to be. You, you don't you don't feel like you're taking a risk by taking different things. You know what I mean? I, you shouldn't feel like you have to I take some no, risk. I think, I think that risk is part of it, though. I that's... have no problem taking a couple level twos, but every time I think to do that, I'm like, you know, that's fine for my magic phase, but he's going to take a level four. Well, you know, this Invasion Kenosha, to me, was a good microcosm of that, you know, just going up with... Because all of our practice games, everyone had a level four. I thought, oh, man, should I rethink my list? I'm going to get totally outclassed in magic here. Just the level one with the with the scroll. I played against a level five, a level four, a level two, but he was a master of sorcery. So, <laughs> so yeah, magic uh, in my games really wasn't not that huge of a factor, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I, comp to me is is someone telling me how I should play a game when I don't necessarily want to play it that way. But don't you think that? I mean, but I mean, G-dub when you're is, is telling you know we're we've already agreed on a sure, way to play the, the game. Sure, that's the baseline universal rule, and right. but, you know, by percentages and and coin unit allotments. I think we Dom- can all agree to that, yeah. right? And right. I think yeah. that's that's and that's the one thing that I Domus, think we need. that's all we need. Doma said it, and I like the way he worded it. He said it really great. He said, you know, in the Midwest, we've all agreed on a comp, and it's called Eighth Edition. We're just going to play it like it's written, and and just work with it from there because. At least this way, everybody's walking in every time knowing exactly what you could face. And it's up to you if you want to. Right. Now, then we start getting into player-scored comp, though, and that's where if you if you want to take the filth, you got to be ready for your opponent's if they're it would you your opponent's mercy as far as that score so, is concerned. So you don't – so would you say you'd be opposed to um, – I, I kind of put it like, uh, to, to, would you be opposed to spice up your Warhammer love life by trying a, a, something different by agreeing to a comp and saying, I, I you know, would hey, try let, it. Let's, let's play a game where we do this. So let's, yeah, yeah, let's play sure, a game where we try that. I, I would try it. Um, well, and I've said, I, he'll try anything yeah, once. Yeah, I will try anything once. <laughs> and it's, the, yeah, it's not my preference, though. Well, right, okay. but I think, I think. Now, I, everybody knows I'm more of a hobby gamer. I'm more of a fluff gamer. Um, we've been playing the campaigns, and the next campaign, I would love to run a campaign where 
either we have teams or depending on the outcome of the first game might give you a special bonus in the next game where they're not necessarily all just a perfectly balanced game. And that is totally comp and fluff and play. I mean, hell, we're going to play our 4,000 point game. Should we just limit ourselves to our, our signature lore? Uh, do we take, I mean, we've been asking the same questions. Should we just take vampires and high magic or should we just take whatever we want? Should right. we allow special characters? I mean, that's all some sort of level of comp agreeing to a base set of rules outside of the main set of rules. Um, and we play that kind of, you know, I mean, not all the time, but we you know, I do it quite a bit. We're fortunate because we have several people in our area that we can play with. But, um, you know, growing up in, in Rockford, Illinois, I, I, had, uh, I had a couple people I could play with. And, like, Ryan was my the guy that I played with, you know, forever. And so we played so many games of orcs versus dwarves or vampire counts versus dwarves, and they became the same. So we would always try different types of uh, uh, hidden setups and, and would always try and change it up just a little bit. So if, if you've got a regular opponent that you're always playing with um, and and you find certain combos that actually kind of work well against them, um, it starts to become a little bit stale when you kind of know what that, that opponent's going to take. I think doing that for variety's sake and mm-hmm. to change things up, is is fine, and I'm for that. But to assume that you're improving the game overall, right? Well, you know what I mean. To think that you can improve the game over writers who are paid to create this game in the first place. Do we? Does someone out there think that well, they're making a better experience? I don't know. I, I've That's, heard it said before, and I think Brian Steele was one who said it. Is no game ever survives the players after it's been released. Everybody finds mistakes and problems and this is broken or that's broken. Remember when 8th edition first came out and so many tournaments had that two sixes is irresistible force but you need three sixes for it to be a miscast because everyone thought that the miscast chart was so broken. Dude, right. that's gone. That doesn't happen anymore. I mean, there might be small, uh, might be small pockets <laughs> somewhere of people playing that. But I mean, that I think that's a great example of where we looked at the rules, or we as the Warhammer community, not us, but this group looked at the rules and said, "Oh, this this miscast table is just so over the top. It's brutal. It's broken. So we're going to change it." And it was, I, I, it wasn't it, needed. It was wrong. It wasn't needed. They, that was wrong. That was well, wrong. What do you think about like the, the, the lookout surf for those game all you know the dwellers below and those super spells? Do you agree with that approach? You know that one's a small one that I agree with, but I remember when we were talking about it for bits, the logistics of it, especially with the thirteenth spell where they might turn you into rats. Where does that guy go if he got a lookout, sir? That, that's, yeah, He's one inch away from the unit. Where's he going to go? Box. Yeah, and that's you the think thing. you're fixing one thing and you, bake, you break every, three others. Every time you change one of these little rules or you change a wording on something, you know. It, it, you got to be careful. It's one of You're the things you're messing gotta, with the harmonious arrangement <laughs> of the parts of work of art. Rocking the boat. Well, I mean, it's one of the things you got to give credit. Love or hate War Machine, which I'm coming to like a little bit more. At least I, you know, I'm kind of playing with the models, and I've been taking Harrison to War Machine night at UGG because he loves it. You know, say what you will about the game or the players or whatever. That <laughs> you don't. There's not too many rules discussions, you know, and it's not too many. You know these people are playing and they know what they're getting into and it's and it's pretty tight. Um, I that just, said, yeah, I, you know the war, number of Warhammer players out there globally or even nationally is so much larger than that's true. But it's players. also why, been why around three times as long. It's been around for thirty years. But as if it's a superior ten. rule set, don't you think people would flock to it? That's, well, it's a different way to play too. I think a lot of us are. I mean, I'm used to playing with Warhammer. I've seen the mechanics of War Machine, and although it's a fun game, 
It's also a skirmish level game, which is, I mean, I'm I'm looking for big War, armies. Warhammer has 15 years on War Machine at least. That's 20. You know, 20 years on War Machine? It was 25th, yeah. War Machine just hit 10 years, and we're at about 26 or 27. So, yeah, 15 years, yeah. Yeah, so I think... We, like I write the goddamn game. <laughs> like we, me and Jervis. <laughs> we hung out. <laughs> hey, he, he mailed me a letter, so I, know, I can jealous. say we. You and Jerv. You, you call Jerv. him Jerv. Yep. <laughs> the Jervinator. Me my boy. <laughs> so, um, so, so really, so the Shun. question to me, so Chris, you say that... Um, so, so you seem to think that taking non-optimal choices is good, and that you should take risks. That's what you were saying earlier. That it's on the player to do that. Yeah, You're if saying, you want to well, do, why a, don't you do that if, and you take the risk? If you want to do, is take that self-imposed risk. But in in a tournament setting, though, it's you know, may the best man win. True. So my question is that um, is you know the tournament system is that idea able to sustain the idea? That points costs are a hundred percent fair, and it seems no, like we not. make these. We, it seems like we make these judgments that these that points costs are not fair, but yet we say, you know, these these artists are or the, these people have created this game that is right, and we should play it by that. So I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here. Oh, I understand. Well, part um, of it is you got the comp, you got a, you got a difference between the main rule set and then the different writers writing the different books. Because let's be honest, everyone wants to put out a really good book. Everyone wants their book to be liked. I mean, one example, and I'm not even going to pick on the Hydra, but just the High Elf Spearmen that are, what, six points apiece? Or the Dark Elf Spearmen are six points apiece? How yep. much are High Elf Spearmen? Eleven. Uh, Eleven? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're the same damn model with pretty much the same stats. Is having Always Strikes First as opposed to Hatred worth a five-point difference? You know, I mean... It, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I think we can all agree that there are some of the old, and it, it winds up happening because you know, you got 15 books, and if you're not going to put out a book every couple of three, four months, the oldest books have a tendency to not necessarily be able to stand here, up. Here's the thing. Here's my problem with that comparison. So the, the, the high elf core are severely overpriced, right? I think we can all agree to that. Yep. But all these comp systems, you consistently see the Book of Hoeth being banned. Techless being banned, you take those, those things away. Obviously, high elves are going to be a lower tier army. Yeah, high elves suck. Well, then why are you taking away the one thing that makes them precisely? Good? Precisely. Well, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of comp, so I'm agreeing with you 100. Um, percent Well, I think I just heard this, and I, I don't remember what podcast it was though. But in, in that that argument specifically, is that um, every army then would take techless every high elf army you came up against and that's not true because we do have you know there there are some people that will blatantly go against the grain because they can but most people for <laughs> tournament yeah it's dave's raising his hand over there but most people just like seven out of seven dark elf armies at bits took the pen of Calith, uh you know i bet six out of seven or seven out of seven high elf armies would take techless if allowed um Maybe possibly, not. Yeah, maybe possibly. not because of how but, many but points even he at, is. At Adepticon, where it was uncomp, special characters were allowed. You didn't see techless high elf lists dominating the top ten. Although a right? techless list, a techless list did win best sportsmanship, which was <laughs> awesome. right. see, I got best sportsman techless well, bitches. Either here um, or there, but you know what I'm saying. You're like you don't see techless lists all of a sudden coming out of the woodwork to dominate, right? So, yeah, I, mean, I don't see, know. And here's the thing. And if, here's the thing. The biggest argument against Techless being in every list is not even so much that he's broken. Because I've seen te- people lose with Techless as often as I've seen him win. 
because if you can get at Teclas, he's got no defense. He's he's a he's a brutal wizard with no defense. He's kind of balanced in that way. I mean, he's a little cheap on points cost, but what I'm saying is brutal he's wizard. He's got a weakness. No, right. So I've seen him win as often. The problem isn't, oh, they're going to take Teclas and dominate. The problem is... Do, it's the same problem I have with the when I was when I went on my rant in the middle of freaking Disney World about how I hate ogres, which I don't know what brought that on. <laughs> so you were riding the teacups and ah, I oh, hate I ogres. I won't ride the teacups; they'll make me puke. <laughs> but, just uh, dawned on you. <laughs> but, I, mean, I was I don't know what I was doing. But I was just like ah, oh, I was reading Twitter and I'm like I want to kill every ogre. But the thing is, it's not so much that I hate the ogre armies because they're fun and I have one. And actually, I'd like to play it once the hype for them dies down a bit. But I don't want to keep. Playing the same list, it gets boring. And if you play a bunch of high elf armies, and every high elf army has techless, you start to you start to get bored playing with against it. And I think that's whether you can win against it or lose against it. If you keep playing against that same list over and over again, so are you relying on comp to change to force that player to change their build habits? No, I'm not at all. But I'm saying, I mean, the, I think I think that people are personally. I'm I'm more of a you know people ban tech list. I'm even more of a, I don't want to get bored as I'm worried about power levels. But I know I'm sort of the weird man out on this. I'm sort of on a I, I know I've taken a little tangent. It, so it's the intent. So the intention is to make a better experience for everyone, right? That's I think intention. so. Yeah. But the result is you inadvertently nerf things that you don't think that that, that, that don't need it. Well, and it, and it becomes it becomes local meta because I, how how often does Andy on Ohio Hammer say that high elves are one of the worst armies out there? He wouldn't bother comping them cuz they suck. Whereas you go to other tournaments and they comp them. I've you know, I mean you can go to tournaments where they have all sorts of weird wacky comp just to make it a fun well, weird day. Yeah, so so that brings up a good point. It's it's how do you how do people enforce comp? I mean, how do different tournaments do that and that's really the heart of what i wanted the discussion to be because um it was a question at bits um about this what i call the 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 soft comp so um that would be the first kind that i would talk would be the the play so players scored so your opponent scores your comp and there's pluses and minuses to that um but really the reason why i see for enforcing that is that it it doesn't limit your army choice whatsoever, but can still cause you to think, eh, if I take that, my opponent's probably going to think well, I'm and Let's a- talk about the way we had the opponents. We, once again, we, like I'm in the Council of Four all of a sudden. <laughs> but, you know, we as a the royal we, um, <laughs> you... <laughs> Uh, is that when you go pee in a golden throat? No, the royal uh, we. That's toilet. the big Lebowski. The royal we. Who's we? Someone with you? You're supposed to be alone. I mean, the royal we, man. We ranked our opponent's list. You, you ranked it from one being really hard and filthy to five being fluffy. But we also had part of the comp. Or was that mostly sportsmanship where you ranked the opponents one through five? Well, there was five. comp as well. So, okay. there, so, so there was um, you ranked one through five, whether you, you know, how filthy you thought they were, five being the filthiest, mm-hmm. one being not so filthy. Or no. Well, see, and five being the fluffiest, right. one being the worst, and, and then you had a couple of yes or no questions. I got to say, as a player in it, it was a little hard for me. If you go with no comp, you're just going straight points for the thing, you know, and then maybe paint scores. Re- really, then the, it, what matters most is the extremes. Which was right. the fluffiest? They get the most points over five games. They're going right. to get the highest. score. But here's the thing: the whole point is to give a bonus to the people who came with lighter lists, right? And maybe took a beating. They get a little bit of a, a little bit of a bump, so they got a chance. But, like, I played Relian's list, and I know a lot of people gave Relian a one. He had a bunch of... Uh, two Gracier's. He had two uh, Gracier's, yeah, sure. and he had this. Now, 
I actually rated him a little better than that. But I didn't. Even, everyone's like, well, he had two grace years. How could you possibly give him a two? And I thought about it. I'm like, our first four turns, he never got more than five power dice. So he never rolled more than a five. So hit, magic was not a factor in our game at all. So even, like you said, you know, you spend all his points on it. And so I was like, wow, this list really wasn't that hard. The one warp lightning cannon blowed up. The other one shot me a few times. I, I held off the help it. I didn't find it. Or you get players who, oh, you kicked my ass. You're, you, I couldn't possibly lose to a light list. One, your list is filth. And you run these risks. It's almost like I almost wish that, and you don't want to do it because you don't want to treat your players like they're morons. But I almost wish there was like almost like a little five minutes in the beginning saying, okay, now listen, just because you lose doesn't mean it's filth. I mean, how is it? Because everybody's got a different idea, you know? And that, that's the problem. So that's the problem with that sort of a scoring is that there's no, there is no standard. So where somebody who has a lot of experience and knows all the armies and knows, um, you know, what, what a, a filthy net list looks like and what a, um, you know, what the optimized combos looks like, they may be able to be a better judge but if you're just a fair weather tournament goer um you may not know uh you know a net list from adam and and be able to judge that accordingly and and because you're playing against a skaven player who's um you know both warp lightning cannons blow up on turn one and he never fires his doom rocket because his guy dies you know you think well it wasn't that bad of a list i'll give it a four so um yeah it's all you, know, you there, almost there really wanna... is no trade lists and really look it over i mean it's it is it, it's hard but then what are you going to do you have everyone turn in their lists early when you go over you guys comp it I, I think the way we have it set up is the best because the community more or less polices itself right and they, they're encouraged like you said you, to kind of behave i did have somebody make a suggestion though as a way to do that is to find a way to uh basically drop the the, the highest and lowest of everyone's scores and i think that's gonna that would bring everyone more toward an average but then so you out of really, the out of the five you, votes, the, you only get three. Well, we'd have to figure out how to do that. There's got to be some way to to work that in points or or whatever. But that way, you know, you don't get the one guy who rage tanks you because he lost, or you don't play against your buddy in a uh, one of your games and you both give each other fives just because, even though you got a nasty list. Uh, so. Once again, this is one of those things where it, it comes down to people. If you're playing against your buddy. I mean, let's face it. If we're playing against each other, you and I, we know if we're taking a harder list or a softer list. And if we both give each other fives just because we're both playing, we both want to get points, that's a question of your your integrity there. That's, an, you know, that's give, a separate, that's yeah, a separate, that's a separate discussion. discussion and, right. but, I'm, but I'm saying that's kind of where that comes in. Um, like I said, I think it's kind of a necessary evil. Like I said, the one reason I really enjoyed the WPS system was that here was the list, and once again, they were completely tinkering with the with it, saying you know what was hard and what was soft. But you knew walking into that tournament, I'm taking a ten point list, I'm taking a zero point comp list, I'm taking a twenty point comp list. I know what I'm coming in with. I know what to expect. I know what the bonus is. You don't have so to worry about it. That would be another type. So that would be the TO score. But that is a nightmare. It's not even the TO has to score it because mm -hmm. they had the list and they said when you built your list, you didn't have to worry about what the TO was going to list it. This was the points. You added it all up and you knew exactly what you had. But at some point, the but TO has to score document. That. Yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't tell. Oh, go ahead, player, score your own because you know well, you, and write you in would, what your score is you would, here. Yes, but you figured out the score, so you knew when you gave it to the TO what the score would be. And if it was different, you wait. Why is this different? Because when I added up, it came to this. 
But then you're, you're putting on the, the shoulders of the TO, and, and that is just a risk that you have to take doing this, um, and the TO would have to plan accordingly and have people at the event to be able to check those lists during the event and, you know, add up all those pluses and minuses. And when you're doing, you know, 80 to 100 lists, I mean, that is painstaking. Yes. Again, they did that at Adepticon, the championships, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. They implemented WPS, and they had people double-check the scores and everything. The one failing they, of that year of Adepticon was they didn't match players up based on their WPS scores. Why wouldn't you do that if you have that well, available you to couldn't. you? You you couldn't. Well, but you don't have to because of the fact that if a, oh, in, in the first round you could, but once you start going, that's what I'm the, saying. You they could have, they should have. You in the could first round. not in the first round because you have no way to check all those lists. before. No, because the lists have to be sent with the WPS scores. You always had to have your list in like a month early submitted, and they had your scores confirmed before you walked in the door. So well, actually, what did they that? did, they they confirmed the scores as the tournament was happening. So See, no, well, that's, that's why they yeah, 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 that's why they couldn't, but. Uh, to me, that is the ideal. See, I think comp becomes a necessary evil, and I think it's because this, at the end of the day, is a hobby. It becomes a necessary evil. Why? Well, I mean, well, okay, let's take bits, for example. How many people are there? About 75? 75, yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Now that I've been going to tournaments for a couple of years, I don't go to as many, but I'm noticing here in the Midwest, I am seeing the same dozen or so people at the top tables Every time. These are the people who are playing to win. They're playing their best list that they can. I'm not saying it's perfectly optimized or it's filth. They've optimized their list. They're good players. They've gotten their paints together. They've got everything together so that they can play. But when you're playing at Adepticon with 150 people, I would wager that at least half of them are just there to have a fun time. Now there's those people sort of in the middle where they could do kind of well, but not where you they you know they don't you don't want to go there. I mean, I've gone to the last couple of tournaments and gotten my teeth kicked in and been in the bottom third because I've taken really fluffy lists. And I was telling Chris on the break, it's making me start to wonder if I'm going to go to a tournament. Should I start to optimize more? Should I give up taking the list that I just love to take and I'm having fun with? Because it's kind of frustrating to score so low. You no. should try it no, once. No, not at all. You well, should you try it so? once. I, I think so, just to see what it's like. Just, I mean, to balance it. Do you like it? Does it feel dirty afterwards? Or That's what she said. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's a competition. You're competing. You're True. In your game, in your painting, okay, your but sportsmanship, I, if you want to. Yeah, maybe then who, what, what podcast was it? Somebody was talking about not playing against the player. Don't let the player intimidate you. That's Curry. Curry, yeah. no, oh, yeah. Yeah. Curry has no, what is it they said? He has no respect. For, for the for player, the player he has right. respect for the army, and it's not that he's mean to the player, but it's like he's trying to impose his will. He's upon playing, the game. yeah, he's playing right. what's a, what's across the table from him, not the not necessarily the person. Not the player, yeah, right. So as far as comp though, um, you see a lot of times those really good players at the top, they they don't always have the the optimized army or the they don't no, always they don't, have no. those. I mean Brian Moyer is a great example of that because he never really takes. I mean he, his ogre army was one. Um, one Iron Blaster, one, um, one Unit, unit of Mortem Fangs, uh, Thunder Tusk, uh, one, you know, yeah. okay size of Ogres, you know, one or one or two Fire Bellies, I think. Like, it was well-rounded. You know, I mean, just yeah. a well-rounded yeah. army. Um, but so so the thing well, with that, but that... And that comes down to he plays a lot, too. So once again, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, skill and a lot of uh, experience there that maybe some players don't have. Like I said, I go in just hoping to do better than I did last year and have a good time. Next year, it'll be really easy because I came in almost last. So <laughs> it'll be much easier to do better. We were talking about walking into the tournament knowing 
what you're going to get. And also, um, another way that I've seen it done is like tiers. So I think Buckeye Battles does it this way. Wapaka does, or Wagpaka does something like this where they basically, they, they'll give you like three tiers that your army could be in or four tiers. And you, your first couple of rounds, you're going to play against somebody in those tiers. But even that, so that as well as the TO scored ones are going to be, they're basically the TO saying, here's what I think Warhammer should be. Or here's here's what I think is well, better. And then you run a real risk is. and where you get the complaints is you two come with almost identical lists and his is scored as a tier two and yours is a tier three. And then it's like, well, what the hell? Why is mine worse than his? And it might just be he, you know, didn't, you know. I, it's it, opinion. It, it is. It's right? so subjective. It's why I don't like a lot of comp. Uh, I mean, I, I understand why people do it and why people think they need it. Um, and it does add variety. But the human error uh it it's plays just, too big a factor. There's so many, fa- and what's a, so you're just in, uh, how how I know Helen Hammer said it. He even said when we were talking to him about it when he was on our show uh, a while back. He go, you're just moving the goalposts. You're not really solving the problem, right? And if you really do, like I said, with, with my one, ex- or okay, there's no level six spells. Remember when they did that? There's no level six spells for any Who lore. Did that? That was at the beginning of eighth. That happened in a bunch of tournaments. Yeah, yeah, there was a I've bunch heard, of tournaments. There's a couple of them where they've eliminated that. They said there's no level six. You can't take any level so six out of all the BRB lores and all the race specific lores. Um, I'm not 100 percent about race line? specific, but I know for all the BRB lores, all the, the the number six spells were just out, gone. And there was one recently that I heard that was very similar to that, uh-huh. and I don't remember where that was. I think it was maybe Painting Tables was talking about one that they were at, where they pretty much got rid of all... Nah, I don't it remember who that, it was. You know, but you there take was a these, tournament around there where they just got rid of them all. Basically, you know, in, in our local group, this spell is, you know, people who know and use this spell effectively really dominate, so we just wipe it out. Well, okay, but now... So lo- no lore fire flamestorm, huh? No, uh, no, the, no way to dwellers that hundred man or that thir- you know forty man unit of uh, yeah. If you take away that tool, then hordes become hor- well. And once again, dominant. you you fix one problem, you created two more. By the end, you're like in that Three Stooges episode where Curly's doing the plumbing and he keeps adding pipes to stop the water, <laughs> right, right. and then at the end, he's in a cage of pipes. He doesn't know how the hell to get out. That's- <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's. I mean, but that's it. So, so um, the last way to do it and to kind of wrap it up is that um, is to do the army restrictions and adding and adjusting points, kind of like we hear so common in the UK. We hear about listening to painting tabled. That's how they just do it out there. He he. They talked about coming out here and, you know, being in this uncomped environment is, is strange waters for them. And, oh, my God, I played against a, a, a dark elf army that actually, you know, sack daggered a whole bunch of people and cast mind razor on me. I, I can't believe it. So that like it was it was foreign. So we're almost the the aliens here. We're the minority here that believe that uncomped, uh, uncomped, uncomped Warhammer is the way to go. So what you know? Why is that? Why why do we see this? Why do we see it as this way? Is that's really it's that you know, laid back Midwest attitude. What can I say, man? Back. Hey, play the game, relax. <laughs> so, and, and and I hear that from New York, six tide dweller, man, relax. Six tide dweller. Hey, <laughs> if, it, if it happens, it happens. But I mean, 
Yeah, it, it it seems like the overwhelming response to no comp is, well, you know, there are spells that ruin a game. There are spells that, that destroy the game. Didn't we talk about this last episode where we talked about how we were so worried when 8th edition came out that things like Slan throwing six dice at uh, a six die dwellers or a six die uh, purple sun, purple sun is going to ruin your game. And I mean, we've both said that's happened to us each about once in two years. Yes, it can ruin your game if you don't. And I think Ben Curry said it best when people were all screaming about ogres. Oh, the Mornfang are unstoppable. Oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. And what did he say? He said, play better. And so, you know, don't line up all your guys and let him run across your flank and throw a <laughs> right. freaking purple sun. Right. That's exactly what I do with Christopher. I moved my whole army up six inches. It was dwarves. He flew his Lamasu into the side and went, purple sun. Game over. Well, that, that was there my is, fault. There is something to be said for the UK scene where they mitigate the, those t- types of broken spells and, and comp things. For those people who are traveling, you know, flying, in some cases, eight hours or whatever, to, to spend their weekend, spend money and time away from their family to play in these tournaments, you don't want the game to end like that, like a purple sun down the line. Very true. One or two, and they're sitting around for two, three hours with nothing to do, and they're in their tournament rankings or whatever, uh, pretty much down the toilet. So I, I can see why some do it. I, I just, I feel fortunate, really, that we locally don't, necessarily do it that often. I don't mind playing it. I right. just wouldn't like to see it all the time. I mean, and maybe maybe it's just maybe we're competitive but not to that point over there cuz I mean I don't I mean when is the last time anyone at least in our area had a serious discussion about where we are in the rankings? I mean, I think we're all on rankings HQ, aren't we? I have no idea where I'm at at the I moment, am, but I don't really I, I just to like it. to I just like to mention that um as of me checking, like three or four days ago, I am higher than Relian. <laughs> really? See, yeah. And there you I go. Was, I was floored as well. I have no clue how that happens. Well, because they take your four best tournaments out of if you play twenty tournaments in the year, it's still just your top four. Right. But my point is, like you said, that I think that's the extent that we use. Because I remember when I first was playing, when we first played like two tournaments in uh, in eighth right, edition. <laughs> I think we had played at UGG and then we played at Adepticon. And I was higher than Grant on that. And I was just like, yeah, I'm better than Grant. That's, uh, that, I think that, <laughs> that was the extent of, because he was literally like two spots below me only. And then the next tournament he went to, it was like, boom, he was 20 above me. But, I mean, do we ever really, I mean, this is not something we we look at. But then again, you're, you're right. I don't, I don't have to fly somewhere to play in a tournament. I don't have to no, drive, drive 8 or 10 hours. 45 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, maybe an hour, you know, tops hour. And I mean, I could. And there's people around here. I mean, I know, like, I mean, Rellion's coming from freaking Detroit to come here to play. Do you think That's a those, five-hour do you drive? Think those that support comp are more concerned about their rankings HQ rank? I don't know. I mean, how, how could I know? I mean, we're just. I'm just trying to come up with ideas. I mean, we're saying, you know, maybe, like you said, you don't want to come for a whole weekend and have your game in turn one, right? Or sure. you don't maybe want to face. You know what? Six of the but, same but list. But it can or end turn one, no matter what. I mean, if you, if what the hell? The Grant's mic microphone is, is moving away, away from, from him. <laughs> I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> so, I mean, but it could happen anyway, right? I mean, you could you could roll a two two sixes on two dice and have your sorcerer profits sucked into the warp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. Yeah, you <laughs> could lose your general. You, you could lose your need. general. Turn one, and if it happens to be an army that crumbles, 
Or, oh, or you can panic and have your uh, general's block flee off the table. Oh, geez, do, you, you do, do you comp that? Like, oh, your first panic check, you get to roll four dice and take the lowest two. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. I'm well, playing but, that turn. But I think we've all seen that, too. Harrison had it when he was playing the Empire guy, and his his one unit broke in panic. Heck, when you were playing at, was it at uh, Wapaka, not this last year, but the year before, you played against the guy with the high elves? And yeah. your hell cannon drove off the one thing, and then it ran off the other half of his army, panicked, and ran off the board. Yep. I mean, that stuff happens, and it sucks. I mean, you can go to a big tournament, you spend the whole week in there, and the second game of the tournament, the ringer knocks you out in 20 minutes, and you're walking around the goddamn, <laughs> you're walking around the seller's room, I got two hours to burn, what should I do? I'm going to go get a sandwich. Sandwich? Yeah, sandwich. a sandwich. But seriously... I mean, it happens. It happens all the time. So, I mean, is that a mitigating factor? I don't know. I'm just, I mean, it's a weird conversation because it's funny. We're all discussing comp, and it's like none of us really, I don't think any of us really like comp per se. Uh, I mean, I understand why it's there. Um, I want to explore it for one reason because there is a plan brewing in my head uh -oh. to oh, have you heard anything about this? <laughs> no, or nobody it? has. Oh God! No, this is this the first the first vomiting of this idea <laughs> out of the world. <laughs> Call so Leckman. I, I, vomit I'm, on us. I, I'm thinking about. Oh, after don't. That's not what she said. My, <laughs> my uh, whatever makes it happen. My invasion Kenosha experience <laughs> Try about once. trying a my hand at a one day tournament, uh, smaller sized venue, kind of like Invasion Kenosha, but. Try some sort of heavy comp to make it different. So is it just going to be plasma in the sun? I, I hear a lot of people. I don't know. No. This <laughs> is aside from I don't know when it would be. I don't know when my wife would let it be because <laughs> I already do so much for Warhammer. Um, and, and it might be so laid back or such a laid back type of thing that I may even play in it myself. Um, but just something to try something different in the area um, because we don't have comp. Anywhere in this area, so running one event to change it up, um, throw in some wacky rules well, or something maybe, like that. Maybe something. not try to reinvent the wheel. So maybe borrowing a South Coast GT comp or um, any sort of comp like this, something to to change it up a little bit while not being completely wacky. So so we're not just doing an offbeat. Everybody gets giants and everybody gets this. Um, but but changing that comp up, and I don't know. So I'm kind of throwing it out there, just seeing if anybody would be interested in, in attending something like that, or um, I, I don't know. This I is, understand this where is, you're. This is my idea forming in my head off of Invasion Kenosha because you can run a successful, you know, one day type of thing. I like the idea of having options. Yeah. So. Yeah. And like I said, I understand where you're coming from because with the campaigns we've been running, I've been wanting to run a narrative campaign. But can we get everyone to agree to it? Can we get everyone to play with? You know, uh, like I said, I've been trying to think of a way to play with teams or play with something, and it might. But the thing is, you run a risk of it not being balanced. And the question is, is everyone willing to play in a game or a campaign and play six, seven rounds where it might not be a hundred percent balanced? Uh, you know, and if you're, if you're, once again, it's like any compact. If your players all agree to it and they all sign up and they all go, then everyone's happy, That's, aren't you're, they? You're, you're I mean, agreeing to a rule set. If you make a crappy, if you make a crappy, crappy comp set of rules, and nobody shows up to your tournament, or very few people show up to your tournament, I think people have spoken right there. I mean, you can see like what are they going to accept, what are they not going to accept. You know, I mean, I know there's some no comp 
uh, tournaments in the UK because they talk about them every once in a while. <laughs> what was the tournament I heard about that said no demons? That was on the. That was the. Uh, um, Sorry, you just can't take demons. That was the dude from Florida who came Nord, up and Nordlander. Oh, Nordlander. Nordlander. Does the podcaster challenge? That was their. Uh, Sorry, nope, demons. This is your well, comp. And that was their. <laughs> and that his comp. And where they play that comp list is pretty. I mean, that's a pretty harsh comp list. And people did. Uh, he posted on our forums, and some people really jumped his backside on that. And I know Christopher had to step in and said, "Hey, hey!" Jumped his backside on that. Okay, they jumped his ass on this. <laughs> wow! But yeah, no, people, no, people kind of piled on. I mean, Domus. I mean, Domus was like worst comp ever, and people were like taking it out on him. He's like, "Dude, this is just what we play with." It. I mean, I'm not saying we have to play this way. I mean, Christopher actually stepped in. He's like, "All right, guys, I'm putting on my moderator hat. Be nice." But uh, it was. It was like no demons whatsoever. Uh, it was just. Uh, it's it to us. I think they comped out Lore of Shadow as a whole. Yeah, no, no shadow magic whatsoever. I mean, it was just—it's like I'm okay with that. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing I mean, that can kill chaos warriors or chaos dwarves. I, th- I think it was no unit more than thirty, or I mean, or something it was I mean, like that. I mean, it was it was it was it was comp left and right. It was a ve- it was a severe comp. It was a very strict comp. And we're just so not used to that that we looked at that and it was just compl- it's completely foreign to us. But as he pointed out from Nordlander, was that's how they play every week when they get together to play. This is the comp they're using. But that's what I'm saying. Why not just play the untouched pure rules out of the rule book that everyone globally has access to? I mean, if you're playing in a group and everybody universally agrees, hey, nobody's taking demons because nobody in our group can beat them and it's broken and it pisses us off to play them. Then eventually nobody takes demons, you know, and that becomes part of your comp, I guess. I'm I'm interested in an environment like South Coast. How many of those lists? How many of those lists within that comp become identical then? So, now how, just, I mean, I mean, you mean identical or close within within other. a couple hundred points? I mean, because yeah, there's yeah, always yeah. A, not a, identical, a tweak. but yeah, yeah. How many times have I heard You're Curry moving the goalposts? Yeah, you've right. heard Curry or uh, you know Brian uh, Carmichael. You know, okay, this is your set of rules. How broken can I make it within this set of rules? How optimized, how perfect can I make it within your rule set? You're 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 changing the shape, but you're not changing the volume necessarily or or the or the real content. You're saying, Okay, this is everybody's net list. I'm not gonna let you take this net list anymore. Okay, well but these are the rules. Okay, well, I'll find it within there. And if there is a you know, uh, something that I mean, people find it, and you wind up getting a lot of similar lists anyway. And not to not to call anybody out, but like in this the last invasion Kenosha um, that we just went to, there's you know Paul, uh, he found a way within this quote unquote comp that you were allowed to take Storm of Magic to take uh, you know basically a hero or a, a Lord level caster. As uh, no, a rare, yeah, I was a hero level caster as no, a rare. It was a level three. Was so it level three? Yeah, oh, so then it was a Lord level character. Yeah. As a rare choice. As a rare choice. So instead yeah. of three actual units, he had a unit of bulls. He had a unit of Mornfang, and then he had all characters. Right. And then that, and especially getting a, a lord level character that was Shadow, which I don't think ogres can take Shadow, can they? No. Mm-hmm. So I mean, totally stepping outside within that rules of that comp. You know, I mean, I would it would have never crossed my mind to take a character as a as a unit because it. Normally, characters aren't units. Yeah, I just I wonder if he if if next year if he keeps if John keeps the same rules, will we see more, um, you know, just just 
arbitrary Lord level or rare choices. <laughs> it's possible. Or will John come in and say you still need to have three actual units and uh, and uh, 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 a character like these don't count towards your core. You know the, the dark emissary and the uh, the good version of it. The truthsayer. The truthsayer. Right. Don't count as a unit choice towards your three core minimum. I mean, might might he say that? And this isn't to jump on Paul. I mean, no, he played, not at all. He, he played, played it within, right the, within the rules, the dude. He totally played it within the rules. But once again. Someone adjusted the comp. He saw something that was going to work for him, and and jumped and grabbed it. And we all sat there and said, "Wait, is that even a legal list?" I mean, I, that was my first question: Is that a legal list? And it's like, "Yeah, it is," because that's a it's a rare choice. It's not considered a character. Well, you know, good on you. You figured it out. I mean, I didn't even really look. I didn't look at the monster star. I looked down the list of what I could take. I said, "I don't own any of those models." <laughs> Push it aside. At that point, is it about? creating a better gaming experience for you and your opponent on the table, or is it about how do I break the system to maximize my opportunity? Well, okay, and like, let, let's stop. I don't think any of us would... I mean, we're not talking about Paul here again. No, no, that's okay. not personal. Right, 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 right. I don't want to jump him. I know he listens to the show sometimes. I want to jump him. <laughs> that's what she said. So, um, in, a, in a naughty way. <laughs> but, but, I mean, that's that's what comp... Uh, you know, what it, that's what it comes down to. Here's Are you If you're going to play a broken list in a no-comp system... Because you're gonna bring a, you're gonna bring the most broken, hardest hitting thing you can. Because you want to win and you want to beat face. You bring me the comp. I bring you a comp list. What are you gonna do? Okay, I can't do this anymore. So now, what can I do? And you're gonna look for the bro- most broken, beat face list you can within that new set of rules. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, and I think in these in, in these tournaments, it's it's really if you're somebody who's going to bring that hardcore list and you're going to you want to be at those top tables, play at those top tables and beat face by all means, go ahead, because somebody probably wants to beat face just as much as you as you and can probably beat your face. Anybody can win any time at yeah, this. I yeah. mean. Well, as the tournament progresses, those uh, hard as nails lists will be matched up against each other, most likely. Right. Yep. And so, they're either going to knock each other out, or one guy's going to. Well, gonna, they, they could draw, and then yeah, someone well, will leapfrog them. And yeah. You, you hear so many people say that the place where they like to sit, and and it's truly where I like to sit now at a tournament. I like being in those the 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 middle to middle to top tiers because it's you know, you're still a little little competitive. You still have you know usually a little bit tougher armies, but the games are a little more relaxed because you know that. Um, maybe you're going for best in race, or maybe you're going for something a little little extra. But you're not going for the general. You're not going for 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 the top spot. So, um, but yeah, shouldn't just you not be? quite as not quite. I mean, isn't that the not, same thing as when, me when saying I don't have a chance of winning? When, when you're, you're when comfortable you're, in the I'm saying when you're in like you know fourth, fifth round of the tournament, and you're playing those games, you know you're not. You're not. Oh there. well, yeah, because all the pressure's off once you get to the point where you're like, I can't possibly win this whole thing. Then the pressure's off, you know, right, and then you're right. then you're just then you're then you're having a good time. And let's face it, I mean, if you're not having a good time, what the hell are you doing? I mean, I have I have been at tournaments and I have sat there when I'm you know when I'm done playing at the bottom table and my game's over, walked over and watched those, some of those top table games, and the tension is palpable. I mean, there is stress there that you can cut, and they're looking. And I mean, it almost looks like they're not having fun, and they would totally deny it. No, we were just concentrating, we were playing, we were having a lot of fun. But man, it's a completely different feeling watching those games up there where something big is on the line, as opposed to the games where once you know it's not. You know, it's almost like a, a chess match, intellect versus intellect. There's no discussion going on, but there's a lot being communicated. Right, 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 right. 
And you know, and I know this is a totally different discussion. I don't want to open this up right now, but it's something that I was thinking about. Maybe we can discuss at a later time. Is um, and I think you guys brought it up with the Mantic thing. Do the prizes affect that? You know, honestly, I mean, you look at a lot of the a lot of and this. I was talking to my good friend Greg Dan, who will be here for Gen Con, and he was saying how in most of the most of the UK tournaments, your prizes are trophies and plaques, and that's it. Whereas here, it's all about prize. You win. Here's your here's your here's your certificate, and here's. I mean, dude, at Adepticon, that's one of the things that always just shocks me is the like the guy who wins is handed. I got twelve by sixteen by twelve box full of stuff. See, to me, it's less about that. It's it's nice, but there are a lot of people, especially at the that top tables, that stuff. play to win. But the thing is, it's not uh, like at Adepticon; they just hand you a box of models, like you were saying, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get to pick and choose what it is. They just give you stuff. It's still, a big box of models. But you don't get to choose what it is. It could be an army that you don't like, or you as never long use. as it's unopened, GW will take it back and you can exchange it for something. I mean, it's not like you can't. I'm. I don't know if it's a big factor because I've never been handed a big box of prizes. <laughs> But, I mean, there are places that give a lot of prizes, and I've heard people talk about, I want to win that prize. It's not, I want to win best general. I've heard people saying, I, you that, know. That's, that's one thing. And I, I can understand the, the drive to want to win to fund your next army or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking $1,000 cash money, that changes it completely. Uh, oh, I'm not even comparing the two. A box full of two $300 worth of Warhammer and $1,000 cash that you can go out and buy a used car with if you really want to is two different things. But I'm just asking, and I don't want this to go any longer because we got to quit pretty soon. <laughs> but it's, it's something to think about. My carriage is, already turned into a pumpkin. Do the <laughs> I am a pumpkin. But uh, you're wondering if the prizes affect the competitiveness, yeah, and, and, and sportsmanship. Well, I mean, you guys asked it on the big thousand dollar prize, but if I'm playing in a tournament where it's a two hundred dollar, it's a battalion and a and a box to go with it. Am I going to, you know, is it competitive? I mean, how many, I mean, Grant, you know, I mean, we've played and it's like, man, I really wanted to win that prize. I know Harrison has said, man, I really want to win that prize. I mean, he's 11, but still, I mean, it's, there's motivation to that. Well, I I agree with that 100%. We've talked about that before. I I wanted no prize for the The last campaign campaign because because it becomes competitive when those last couple games. Yeah. Because it, with the campaign, it was a $50 gift card to UGG. Once again, you could pick out whatever the hell you want. But, but doesn't it mean more to you if you can walk away from a tournament saying, yeah, I won first place, uh, best overall, versus saying, yeah, I walked away with a box of best of gore? Uh, if you're a person who tends to constantly place and podium in tournaments, then... Well, what about you, Dave? What's one more what, win? What would, you rather pre- what would you prefer? Okay, as a person who's only... I came in third at Core Comp, the thrill of winning would be everything but that's because i've never actually won a tournament you know i don't know i mean i could be dead wrong i'm just saying if you win a lot of tournaments alex and i have talked about this a couple times and uh for him that the prizes that he wins uh-huh. he, he could care less they just sit in his closet if it's for an army he doesn't use or he'll give them away or right. sell them or whatever well, yeah. so the prizes are not a, a, a driving factor for him at all okay no i mean maybe you're right i was just asking i was yeah. just asking if anybody thought that the prize makes the competition stiffer because, like you said, the bigger the prize, 
the more competitive people are going to get. Well, it's, I mean, it, the bigger the pri- I mean, that is a fact. The bigger the prize, the more competitive people will get. I mean, that that's true. I mean, it depends on the size of the prize. I mean, what what was it at Adepticon several years back when they had the? It was like a four thousand dollars worth of miniature army, a bunch of Forge World and a bunch of. Did, didn't you ever hear about that? That that giveaway it was for forty k. And you know the the level of competitiveness got to an, a, a really heated point, and they decided to never do that again. Yeah, give away that much. So I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just when, when the prizes get big. Maybe you know, really big, it might motivate some people. I don't know. I, I just think people in this, in this hobby isn't recognition enough. That's for, my for, for me. It is for me too. But maybe you know, not for all. I don't know. I mean, I, and I've totally sidetracked us here because this isn't comp, but I just I wanted to ask, you know, and, of course, yeah, we talk forever about it. Hug, <laughs> hugs from Domus are enough for me. That's all I need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? To see Tom McClure's smiling face and get a free cookie from him because he brings a whole freaking box of really nice, soft, gourmet cookies on the second day. I wish Tom McClure would give me cookies. Oh, you were running the you were running the campaign. You're not going to give him. He got to save those cookies for people who are going to help make him the bribe best. Bribe me. <laughs> Is that how he wins best sports all the time? Because he gives out cookies. No, but I mean, he is. I mean, he's amazingly friendly. But oh, yeah. I mean, oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Every 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 tournament I've been to, I've seen him give give, I, give him some cookies or drinks or something like that. Maybe that's just him. I mean, he's just a friendly as hell guy. You know. Uh, you know, he wins sportsmanship, but he happens to give cookies. But of course, when you see the two happening, you can't help but make jokes. Make correlation. Sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know what? I think I think we've gotten absolutely nowhere on this discussion, other than we've <laughs> talked about it. But we've no. Much I, talked I, about, I I well, like the discussion. It's, oh, it's, it's a good, good discussion. It's a fun me. discussion. But yeah. I mean, are we going to come up with some? I mean. If we actually answered the comp question we here, solve this would be the b- most downloaded show ever. The comp <laughs> we issue. Fixed White Tech Veteran U solved comp. <laughs> Warhammer is now the perfect game. <laughs> we did it. We did it. We did it, guys. Good job. Thank you. Everyone have a good night. Nice work. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I think we can agree that in the Midwest, we're pretty much going to stay on comp. And, and, and that's the way that it seems that we like it. Um, and I want to kind of try and push that barrier, and um, not with bits, but with some other event. Well, and I think part of it is that we've also shown, and I think you can look at, if you look at the tournaments and the lists and the stats, we've proved that the net list isn't going to just win you a tournament either. Uh, that it's 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 how good the player is. Like you said, Brian Moyer won, won bits, and he was playing with a stone horn for total. Thunder Thundertusk. One unit of four, one thing, one. I mean, it was a suboptimal list. Um, you know, people who are winning aren't. You're not seeing net lists as the winning because it, it does come down to the skill of the player, really. And you could take a really great list, and maybe that bumps you up from the bottom third to the middle of the middle of the pack. You know, because it gives you that that edge, but uh, it comes down to the skill of the players. And I did from those people that I have heard that that uh, like painting table. They even admitted that they brought their lists that they did not change from their comp environment. So they they didn't change their comp environment list to a non comp type of list, which is why I think they were so shocked and awed by you know uh-huh. stabby daggers. They, they felt a little uh, yeah, they, exposed. They felt, they felt a little a little under their WPS comp yeah. lists, right? 
to an yeah. uncompetent. Is it WPS? Is that what it, I, I think? Uh, yeah, they're, I think so. I thought they were more of a South Coast, but it was more that that style of comp. Yeah, I don't think there is any more WPS. Oh, lists. maybe it was South Coast. Yeah. It's got to be South Coast, yeah, because. I thought W yeah whoever put together the WPS which I thought kind of was spearheaded I I was under the assumption it was spearheaded in Australia because I know they used it a lot they were actually murdered by Jervis <laughs> himself he he was the assassin <laughs> uh, in okay. the library with okay. the lead pipe so um let's let's have a last break and then say goodbye. This is Smeagol, random leading stupid fat hobbit says, to Mount Doom, I'm used to this thing to Garage Hammer. Alright, so we're back. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. I was going to talk about a couple of listener emails. I have gotten so much email and tweets and uh, stuff on the forums about our conversation. About the overrun rule. Yeah, I saw a very volatile um, topic, to say yeah, the least. Um, I had some guy, I forget what his name was, signed up for our forums. He has two total posts. One in his introduction where he just put his name. You're talking said, about Godhead. Yeah. I'm blah, blah, from blah. And then went and it's just wor- basically said he was angry at us by the end of it. We <laughs> My head him still hurts. Don't do that again. Yeah. Right. Uh, which, you know. Um, and I don't want to discuss the rules anymore, but I've gotten a lot of people sending in how these could make it work. And uh, I saw I mean, your exchange with Andy at o- Ohio Hammer. Yeah, on how it could be broken. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, and I don't want to argue that. I appreciate everybody sending so we'll, in their we'll, stuff. We'll play it. And you know, our uh, 4K game. Maybe no, we, let's play it like it's. You know, I mean, it, I don't. That's care. a good time to experiment with it. Right. It's a casual game, right? You know. Well, and like I said, we can talk about it some other time when people aren't going to yell at me for bringing it up. And what's going to happen is eventually that FAQ is going to come out and say, of course, they can overrun and this whole conversation is going to be pointless. Or they're going to say, you can't. And this whole conversation is still going to be pointless because what's the um, I just um, thank you. Thank you for all the emails. Stop it. <laughs> I got enough of them because I got more today. So I just I want to say I've got enough. Thank you. Um, that's about it. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Dave, have, with with your worldwide fame, you, you have to take the good with the bad. I do. <laughs> I, I, I trust me, I do. Um, worldwide fame, yeah, okay. Um, that's about it, I think. Uh, thanks, Grant and Chris, for helping me out here you and, are welcome, and, and sir. hosting. Um, I have no idea who's hosting. In a couple of weeks, uh, I don't know what the hell we're going to be talking about. <laughs> I'm taking my Warhammer break, so not me. That's right. You're going to be gone for a month. You've finished bits. You've done uh, Invasion of Kenosha. Kenosha. Yeah, war- I did it last year, and it was, it's good for the soul. Well, even, even though now I'm, I'm just chomping at the bit from Invasion Kenosha, and I want to do hobby, I want to do all this stuff, but it's good to take a little time off. So, so one month off of Warhammer, spend time with the kids, spend time with the wife, and give them all the attention they need, and, and come back refreshed for Screw City GT. Yeah, I just never need that break. I don't run a big tournament, and I'm honestly, my hobby just always comes, I mean, you guys are here, you know what those three are like. It's a whirlwind, so I get I get my painting time in when I can, but it's never it's never become such a huge dominant thing that I need that break. Although, who knows? Maybe I'll take one at one point too. I, I think I'm going to be in a hobby break. I'll play some games and, and talk Warhammer, but painting wise, I'm going to be on a little break. There you go. So, folks, thanks for listening. Um, oh, and I want to definitely thank uh, both Casper Cooper Store. And uh, 
and Unique Gifts and Games. They have both um, renewed their sponsorship. They for need the a, show. they need a, uh, a a jingle or something. We need to come up with something for Unique. Them. Gifts, gifts and, and games. games. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really strange. Oh, that was not even planned. Um, but they both renewed, so we've. They're both sponsors up through episode 75, so we've got them up nice. until then. So, um, and till 75, we're alive. Episode 75, so we will be hitting our three-year show status and a couple more episodes. We're guaranteed to go that far. So, yay for yay for that, nice uh, folks. Um, please uh, leave us. We haven't. We've only had like two iTunes reviews in the last like month and a half. So, it wouldn't be bad if we got another. And uh, of course, as always. Go to the store. Whoever bought a mug this week, I just got to say <laughs> thank you. Someone bought two steins from us. Hey, thank you. That just nice. happened. I got the email yesterday. That just happened. It did. It just happened. Uh, so buy a hoodie. Come on in. And um, we will see you all in a couple of weeks when we're discussing I don't know what with I don't know who. What's the What's the, the title of this one? Um, I think it was Invasion Kenosha. Uh, something about Invasion Kenosha. The spam bot takes Kenosha? <laughs> I don't know. It's 8.30 time for spam. I don't think that would quite get the... <laughs> I, I, I like the spam my conversation. <laughs> I like it too. We'll see if it actually made it in here though. I might have uh, That's an after the show thing. I guess. Yeah, there you go. Alright folks, see you in a couple weeks.